Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. Hey, Brent. Yes, sir. Uh, I have raided your basement. And you made it back. Yes, yes. I, I despite, really kind of forgotten what you look like. Yeah, despite all the feedback and, and the people saying, uh, don't, don't ever come back, don't ever come back. Uh, I, I got lonely, buddy, and I was like, 85 can't happen without well, me, man. I will. I mean, I'm not saying, but I'm saying, that maybe I got a few texts, emails, carrier pigeons, someone wrote, you know, Skyrider, carved yeah, it in the front yard, yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, written or, out in gasoline, and yeah. lit it on fire, basically How, said, goes. you know, you rock, no more Whitney. <laughs> no more Whitney, yes. And... Uh, but here you sit. Yeah, here I sit. We need uh, we, we need the uh, the whole Nick Baldridge carrier pigeon and the shotgun <laughs> sound is is really what we need. <laughs> we should bring back all the old all the old gas. Yes. All the old gas. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. But I will say this: uh, being back in the chair definitely feels good. It, it feels a little. It does feel a little odd. How long has it been? Say, it's been it's been two and a half months because I was going back and looking at the calendar. I was going to count, but I, th- I didn't want to take my shoes off. <laughs> yeah. So well, we are in Kentucky. You know that that would be allowed. <laughs> now, love it or leave it. I love it. Yeah. It's <laughs> exactly <laughs> love it or leave it. You just love it. But. Um, yeah, it was the middle of August, and then here we are rolling into September. Well, Brent, actually, by this recording, by the calendar, it's probably three months if you go it by weeks. So, I told, as that I may told be. You, I'm, not, it's, I'm not taking my shoes off to count this out. <laughs> we'll just stick with that. How about that? Well, I mean, I can see it here, Yes, but we're talking about it. So give us the rundown. Where have you been? been other well, than here well i've i've been i've been pretty much uh, a lot of places but i i figured that but done nothing at all but well actually actually fairly fairly uh fairly busy but let's say one and see two four five six seven eight and then uh then a myriad of trips i've been to at least we'll say 10 different places over Jeez. the over the course of that time but let's save it for the uh, let's save it for the updates okay because, all right uh, because maybe that's where uh, maybe that's where it fits better, but I'll just say I've been out of the country a few times on top on top of all the all that list as well. But see, that's folks, all fun stuff. See, folks, that's I, that was what we like to call in the podcast world a transition. But in the real world, that was a smackdown failure because when he turned it right back on me, which which you have a tendency to do. Yeah, you it, know, it's, it's called heat reversal, is oh what it gosh. is. Man. There's, it's not gonna. There is something coming up, not in this show. Yeah. We're going to hold it over. Okay. But it, I, I, I spring something on Whitney, which failed miserably. He went right along with it, never batted an eye. <laughs> oh, and yes. Then, I know what you're talking about. Then I got in the middle of, uh, of another thing, yeah. and I swore up and down that Whitney was in cahoots with someone else, <laughs> and then the, the, the trick was on me. Yeah. And I... I, this is all recorded. You oh, all yeah. Hear it yeah, in, yeah. We'll, in, we'll talk about shows. it for the Grand Old Game Room Expo. So, that's, that's where this is coming I, out of. I can't, I can't win. It's gotten to, it's messing with you in a loving way, Whitney. Not yeah. that I would do it, you know, yeah. in a harmful way. Yeah, I get but it. Messing with you has become a quest for me. <laughs> and it is a total 
failure every time. Well, I am fairly unflappable, but but the unflappable Whitney, the unflappable Whitney Roberts. But uh, I, I will tell you, I, I've been trained well over the years. Okay, seriously, man, it's. Uh, I think it, all those conflict resolution classes yes. that I think you've had to, you, you had to take some of those. For, oh, for oh, oh, I'm, I'm telling you, man. In 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 my line of work, it's high stakes business. Yeah. So you, you we po- that, poker face does a man well. I think that came. I think that's come to play. Yes. yes as it, it relates to you dealing with me. <laughs> that is that's awesome. But <laughs> I will say the segment that you're talking about was uh, well, it was the podcasting after dark, and we'll at the Grand Ole Gamer Expo, yeah. and then we'll we'll roll that. I think what next month, it, probably, and we'll we'll see how the we've got so much content. We've got we'll so much content. Like, we'll talk about all that out. But uh, yes, that was uh, that was absolutely that was absolutely good. Is what that oh, was. That, it was good. I think, and, and this this is standing tall. I think that is the best like breakout segment that we have ever done yes especially considering that where we what we started with was literally nothing oh yeah because we we all sat at the table and you could feel the slow i mean we're sitting there and jay patrick looks over at us and we look over we had a couple ideas yeah we had a couple ideas ideas. it had had some ideas but it's like priming that pump and where's this going to go and it it was a little slow to start but man once it once it found its legs it was on i was about 10 minutes in, I, I didn't know where I was. We're teasing it. We're teasing it, was, it hard. It was yeah. good stuff, though. So before we get into why I haven't been sitting in this chair for a couple of cycles, uh, let's uh, let's talk about updates. Because, it, Brent, I, I think when when it gets to my updates, that's that's where I think this becomes a, a bit more relevant and interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, let's start with Firepower. Okay, so it uh, when I last we last left Brent, yes, he was getting ready to uh, tear it down, and, and I did. I tore it all the way down, tumbled all the hardware, finished out the rest of the LEDs, uh, which was the GI in this case. Uh, addressed some playfield issues. Yeah, you showed me a lot of those while we were down in yeah, Nashville and, too. And, you know, and this is a question I've got to people that have done full playfield swaps. So what mm-hmm. I ended up finding was a couple broken posts, and the the posts I'm talking about in in newer style games, if you have a metal post that goes through a plastic star post, mm-hmm. it tends to be a fine machine thread, mm-hmm. and there's a T nut underneath fine. it. Yep. In a lot of your Pro, I'm sure even back into your uh, your EM games and your older games, your earlier solid states like Firepower's of System 6, a lot of those posts, those metal posts, ha- have the, the, the coarse end, and they screw directly into the wood, okay? So this is my question to people that have done playfield swaps. You get your playfield, and I think like CPR, I think they come dimpled, so you've got all those start places. You know, you've got a frame of reference, you know, and and the factory does this too. We saw that at Stern years ago, and I know you've yeah. been back since. Mm-hmm. They've still got the same machine that what were we, what were we told? The same machine that was used by Data East, mm-hmm. Gottlieb, and back as far as Gottlieb, back as far as Gottlieb. And, and what it, what it does is is it the playfield slides in it, and then it's got I guess I, I would have to have a top and a bottom. Mm-hmm. It, these these panels that fit above and below the the new play field and out of those panels are all these 
hardened steel pins. Mm -hmm. And this machine is basically a modified press. Mm -hmm. So then they sandwich those together. I mean, not like super tight, so it pushes all the way through, but it puts all the little dimples in the in right all the, spot in all the right spots yeah. where all the screws and, and everything would, would go or, and even drill holes, I, I'm assuming. So yeah. you have references to start drill holes. Yes. yes. So it pre dimples all those places. So as it goes down the line and it's assembled, okay, there's the reference for where yeah. this goes in. Zoom, yeah. zoom, zoom. Nobody has, nobody has to guess. There's no measuring. Yeah. It's already it's set already, up. It's just there. And, and as I understand your higher quality, Replacement play fields. I know they're CPR. Mm-hmm. And then I can't think of the name of the place that's out of, is it Germany? Out, out of Germany. Yeah, it, it come up. I'd have to go back and It was look. mentioned several times over the weekend at Grand Ole Game Room Expo. Yeah, it, it was. A couple of our, of our friends that actually used play fields from them. But oh, regardless. Gosh. The name escapes me right so, now. So when you're doing these play field swap, swaps, listeners out there, do do are you pre-drilling those holes or are you just shoom, shooting it in? Or what are you doing? Yeah, oh, Mir- Mirko. 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 Yeah, okay. thank you. Mirko. Don't know why that just popped in my head, but that's what it is. Yeah. So what I had happened was a couple of those coarse, coarse threaded posts that had snapped. Okay. Mm. So now you're in a position of getting it out. And if it snaps flush at the play field, you're kind of, it's a problem. And, you know, what I ended up doing is I took... Uh, Whitney, have you seen, and this may be something that's lost on people that don't have Harbor Freights or tool or little places like that around here. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming it's kind of a common tool by many names, but it's like a, it's like a self punching punch. It looks like a punch that you would use to like to, to punch your hole, like to start to drill in a piece of metal. Mm -hmm. It's a little bigger round and it's spring loaded and you, you know, you put it where you're going to use, use it, push it down and it goes you know, clicks a little anvil in there and pop and it makes its own little little point. Yeah, I don't have one, okay. but I, I mean, I totally know what you're talking about. I've just never really had a need for, I mean. Oh, I use yeah. them all everywhere. Do you? I okay. just randomly walk around and get somebody <laughs> in the ribs with it, you know? <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I promise I won't tell anybody. Okay, all right. Yeah. So I, I took one of those and then just basically got it as centered as I could because it was they, they're not clean breaks. Mm-hmm. Popped a little divot in it and then took a small drill bit and started drilling it until I could, you know, holding the drill at different angles and just really, really slow. So I didn't skate off and make the problem worse Yeah. until I could basically get a hole that was going straight down the center or as close to it as I could. Yeah. And then I would just step up to the next larger bit and you just work your way through. Yeah. Until I eventually just got through all of it. Yeah. And of course the hole's a little bigger and then I'd do the toothpick trick. I'd yes. put a little wood glue in it and some toothpicks yeah. and refill it, cut it flush, and, and, and away I went. Yeah, yeah. So I had a, a couple of those to repair, and that that just takes time. You know, it's nothing you can you can do quickly. No, you can't you can't rush that, especially for what you want to come out of it. Mm-hmm. So I, I get that. I end up replacing all the finned star posts. So that game has instead of that a typical faceted star post, they look like stack little stacked saucers and they mm-hmm. call them a thin star yeah. post yep it still had the original ones on it from back when i had it and, wow. and i i reused the ones that were on it okay and 
there were several that were just faded. And, you know, back when I did it, when I had the game originally, I just rotated things around so they weren't like in the immediate line of sight. <laughs> yeah, just 180 degrees. Yeah. And I mean, there was it, no reason. Yeah, you know, the bottoms I, became the top and the top became yeah, the bottom. If I yeah. can put them under something or, you know, there was no reason to replace all of yeah, them. And yeah. at this point, after them having been on and off several times and little chips and getting brittle, and I just, they were inexpensive enough. I just, I went ahead and replaced every one of them. So oh. it's like 50 of those little buggers. Yeah. And that's a lot of work in and of itself, man. I mean, it's, well, just, te- take, it's just tedious. Well, no, you know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. So I've already yeah. got it all the way apart. So when I just reassembled it, I just get a new one out of the bag yeah. instead of, I'm not talking about like taking a new game and disassembling it so I can put washers under the star post to hide the play field Ooh, issues. Well, now, yes, I went there. That, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that happened. Yeah, that yeah, happened. That happened. <laughs> yes. Things like that yeah. have happened. Yeah. Hence my tedious comment. Yes. 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 Uh, and I put, uh, oh, I had another, <laughs> I'm not sore about no, it. No, I wouldn't be or no, not. I mean, no. it's just like a brand new game. Why yeah. would you anyway for yeah. Let's just move on. <laughs> I had another display, uh, screw up in it. So I ended up putting a second display glass in it and I had, I had some, some display still in, in my, in my stock. So I was able to do that. And other than that, the displays have been rock solid. It, it's just, ah. Uh, I've looked, have you looked at the pin scores? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. That honestly, to me, after I've seen them in person, the orange one, and so there's pin score, and then what's the other? X pin. X pin. Okay. Yes. I was thinking pin X. So yeah, it's X pin. No, it's X pin. Yeah. The X pins you can get in different colors. You sure can, yes. But the pin scores are just in the orange, that's, right? That's how I understand okay. it. Yeah, from the last time I looked at their site, and it's probably been a year ago, but since I since I looked at them last, but I don't, I mean, I'm sure it's, well, you I doubt there's a lot games, of movement in that space. You don't have any games that use Mm-mm. a display like that. Well, I, I, used, I used to. I used okay. to. I used to have a high speed. So, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had a high speed for maybe a year, year and a half or so. Mm-hmm. And, and I was, I was looking at, uh, looking at potentially doing something with the displays on it. So I, that's, that's where I did a lot of my, that was the time period that I did a lot of my research there. The first time I saw them, it, they look, the color is right mm-hmm. to my eye. Yeah. They look like a, a plasma, a gas plasma display. They're beautiful and bright. But nice and bright. And if you could say anything about them, they might just be a shade sharper. Okay. And I, well, and they, they, they're going to be. Yeah. And it almost makes me wonder if I'd have seen a gas plasma display when, when it, was it was brand new. When it new, was new, yeah. Did it even look like, it yeah. may have looked even closer to the, the yeah. LED versions. Yeah, yeah. And well, for like for like a high speed or well no no, no I don't know about high speed because it's it's uh, multi seven whatever it is I can't multi multi segment yeah display. so it's alpha yeah. it's alpha yeah. numeric that's yep, what I was yep. thinking whereas it's just a uh, uh, numeric for firepower the firepower setup all of it the master and then the four satellite display, it's like two hundred bucks. Hmm. It's not bad at all. No, that's that's not bad. I mean, it's I mean for for a firepower, it's, it's I mean it's a good looking game. You and I played you and I played it several times mm-hmm. down at down in Nashville, and I mean it's it's not a it's not a bad game at all. I'm thinking of getting a set for the high speed. That if it sets in a track mode, I haven't dug into it, and, and I've said this before on the show. That game, I did so, some basic cleanup on it few things here and there and a little bit of electronic work on it. Mm-hmm. But it's basically like it was when I bought it. 
I, I don't know how many years ago in Atlanta at Southern Fried Game Room Expo. Yeah. How, do you remember how many years they've been at the new venue? Is it uh, three? It, they've been at the, the new venue all but two years. Okay. So I bought that, I think the second year, I, th- I bought it the last year at the original venue. Well, that'd be, that would have been the second year of the show. The second year of the show. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so I haven't got, I don't even know if I've rebuilt the power supply in it, to be honest. It's been rock solid. That would have been 2014. Has it been that long? I think that would have been 2014. Yeah. Well, sitting there in a tract, it's got this kind of this rolling 20, hum. Yeah. And it, it, if you study it, it seems as if it goes with the activity in the displays. Oh, I see. Like if it's just showing to scores, it's kind of low. Uh-huh. But when it's getting a little bit more active and it's it's scrolling, then you yeah. hear you hear a little oh, more out I, of it. I, I see. I see. And I don't know if anybody's had that. What is high speed? Is that an early system eleven? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If if anybody knows what I'm talking about and they've run into it and they know what the cause of it is, I'd love to hear hear from them. It, it doesn't bother me. Other than like, if I just have the game room on, yeah, and I can just hear it. You can hear it, yeah, yeah. yeah. If it like, it's just me down here. So yeah. Anyway, so yeah, firepower went and it came back. It's sitting back here behind me. Yeah, and it survived the show. Yeah, well, really with no issues. It had one little hiccup where it hung a ball in the trough, and other than that, it was it ran the whole show with yeah with with nothing going on. Yeah, it's I mean it is it, it's a pretty game, but are you going to are you going to hang on to it or No, I'm not going to hang on okay, to it. Okay. So no. uh, so I guess the it's next, right it's right here. Again. We don't want to hurt his it feelings. Can't hear me. Well, fortunately it's turned off. It's right here behind it, me. It kind of like Ziggy the clown. It's Oh no, it, Ziggy's it, always it, it, even when he's off, he's on. He's on. That's yes. what I'm afraid of. <laughs> so what? I guess March is your next opportunity to sell that then. Yeah, at, I mean at the Louisville show. It's going to set here through the holiday. I say that like it's a bad thing. It yeah. will be here through the holiday holidays i'm going to have uh, my family over here for thanksgiving and then i'll have my an annual get together that i have here so it'll be down here for that yeah and honestly it just depends on time if if i do anything with it before little arcade expo yeah yeah no i get you and uh, you know <laughs> i've talked through the summer uh or the last few shows however you want to look at it. i guess it's been the summer about what else am i going to do and like everything else things keep popping up, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. And, and I have really wanted to not do anything arcade related here for a while. I've wanted uh-huh. to get away from it and yeah. I've not been able to. Yeah. Yeah. And pretty much now I've to the point where I've decided that once I get through December, right uh-huh. into the holidays, and then there's no more engagements here at my house. Yeah. I, I, I think I've mentioned this on the show. I've got two, getaways yes that i've had forever yeah, yeah and the intention has always been to to bring them both in here and i have to do it here in the middle of the floor yeah out in the, the basement proper there's yeah. not enough room in my my shop in the back yeah and take you know take them both apart and go through them both simultaneously yes and th- that's th- i've resolved myself to do that yeah to one build myself a getaway yep. and two get the other one running get it good and clean and offer it for sale and get it out of my way. Mm. That's, that's what it's going to be. You yeah. know, there's no use in doing one than the other. Let's just do them both. Let's get a big table out in here and just do it all. Just, so, just do it all. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be, I guess that that'll be my winter project. Yeah, no, that, that'll be a good one. I mean, where, so what's going to move in order to bring getaway oh, I, into the lineup? You're, you're assuming that I've thought that far down the oh, road. Fair enough. No, fair I, enough. Okay. I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, that I, I don't, I mean, rotating video games in now it's one thing. Rotating pinballs is another. It's just, 
it's one it feels different to have a video game sitting out in in a garage it just seems like more things go wrong with a pinball when they sit when they sit yeah as odd as that sounds yeah it's just so what it's off what difference does it make it just seems like there's more things that go wrong. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I get it. I, t- I t- totally get it. Well, and speaking of updates, my Ghostbusters, that, that's kind of got something like that. So the Ghostbusters side updated it to 117. Okay. I've only played a game on it. Mm-hmm. I have played 117 on a pro at Rec Bar. Yeah. Have you have you messed with it at all? So I know you've been tied up. I, I've been tied up. I, much, I updated my code to 116. I had time to do that. Okay. And played a few games on it, and then um, I had to put it back under wraps. And I'll kind of talk about that in the in my update section. But I have not updated mine to 117 because 117 came out very quick, like within maybe a week or a week and a half after 116 came out. It didn't take long, so. Um, but no, I, I haven't had time to update it to the latest, latest. Well, I'm kind of surprised you did 116. Yeah. Cause I, I remember saying to you as it people, mm-hmm. I, I just, I knew that after having not put code out for ever for that game, yeah, that as soon as they put out code, there would be a fix. Yeah. I just wanted to see, you know, for me, I no, just wanted, enough. I just wanted to see what was there, you know, just kind of walk through, uh, you know, to play the, the um, Are You a God mode. And I was going to say, did just, you get into it? Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Do you I, know of any other game where they will let you go into the software and just jump right and enable it and jump right to the, the wizard mode? Not not that I'm aware of right that now, is, no. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty awesome, the I, way that it's set up. I wonder if that's kind of a, okay, well, here's a... A little, I'm sorry, and we're going to offer you this because yeah. that's been a, a real point of contention. Yeah, but I wonder if that'll also turn into like a standard for Stern. Well, it, it very well could because just being able to walk up and play that one mode and mm-hmm. then kind of dump the game, it's it's awesome for for what I would call you know casual players just to walk up and bat it. Yeah, and just in in bat bat around a bunch of balls and just and just accomplish one thing and say yeah. That was awesome, and then walk away without without going through the progression of the normal code. Yeah, the grind. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the grind or the progression of the code. So if if you haven't played it, or and you know someone's got a Ghostbusters, you get into the the settings. Yeah, and then I would go backwards through them because it's really toward the end. Yeah. I can't remember the number. Yeah, and it just says you know enable God mode, and you enable it. Then when you start a game. It instantly drops you in the wizard mode, and you have to collect a hundred ghosts. Yeah, yeah. So the Slimer target counts, and as do all the targets with the little Ghostbuster symbol with on it. With the little Ghostbuster logo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, if memory serves, when you collect it, it takes a couple seconds for that to reactivate. So you can't like continue to spam over and over a shot that you're good at. Yeah, yeah. But there's there's tons of them across the playfield. There's lots, <laughs> and it starts out with a however many ball multi ball, and then as you reach milestones up through the hundred and i can't remember what the numbers are like say the first one's at 25 ghosts you uh uh it'll add a ball so say if you've drained so many balls out you know it'll pop another one back in you'll get a ball add it back yeah and then then there's some uh there's some reloads in there like uh, along with like the i'm assuming it follows i haven't played enough of it but i'm assuming it follows loosely the the general multi-ball rules where if you drain a ball within so many seconds you get the ball back Mm -hmm. but once that timer expires 
the only way to really add a ball is to to get to the next milestone. Uh huh. Yes, and then there's correct. certain there's one target or a target in it. This is also a timed mode, so you you've got to do certain things to extend time. To extend the time, yeah. And then when you get a hundred ghosts, it's like left ramp, right ramp. You got you got to do like four shots or something. To is beat it, it. it yeah. in order to finish it? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I think I've played it maybe three, maybe four times didn't make it so it's but it's just it's just awesome that because the game the game i I don't understand how the game feels different how the game could feel different but i will tell you code makes all the difference Mm -hmm. in the world it really does the game feels way different than it did and i i'm just i'm just glad that i held on to it because oh yeah yeah yeah, because now it's now it's pretty much gonna gonna be at the potential that it had so yeah yeah it's pretty sweet well i fell into this talking about game sitting. Mm-hmm. So I know like the library scoop on mine right now is kind of iffy. Oh, okay. And, and I mean, it doesn't have a lot of plays on it. Yeah. It's, it, it's uh, new in box. Yeah. I mean, however many years old it is. Yeah. But so I don't know if the switch is just a little tarnished it, those switches don't have the best track record. I think <laughs> yeah. we've talked about that particular type of switch on prior shows. Yes. If there's something to keep in your store, it's, Hey, look, get the scoop switch. Yeah. You know, if you've got any stern game with a scoop, like the jukebox at ACDC, the library, and it's also, I'm sure it's going to be in the containment unit on the pros on the right, you know, where it's okay. just a saucer. Yeah. Uh, get them because yeah, they, they they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're not known for longevity, mm. but yeah, it's so I'm gonna have to break it open and get in there and monkey with it and, and figure out what's going on with it. Either gotcha. replace it or maybe tweak on it a tweak little. on a little bit. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, that's all fair. And it, and I'm sure it's just from honestly in this case it's from sitting. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I've I've done that, but other than that, in the fire power took a lot of time because there was a lot there there was a lot to be done, and uh, you know a little chasing the displays and revisiting a few things. So man, that's that's been about it and. The other thing I did want to touch on, and this is kind of a quick revisit. I tried to find when we did this in a prior show. Okay. But I want to do a quick touch on the soldering gear again. And and I want I'd like to do it here because we're not really going to do a tech segment this this month. We've got a lot of content coming from Grand Ole Game Room Expo. Oh, tons. Yes. Yeah. And then I've got... <laughs> yeah, you've got quite a few updates. I've yeah. got... Well, and then even just... Just talking con- about shows and... Yeah. Yeah. And then even just uh, segments from... Uh, we'll get into Portland and things like that. I mean, we're going to have additional segments for us for probably the next four months, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would think. Yeah. But I wanted to bring this up again. Because I, oddly enough, I have been asked by two different people within the past week uh, about the desoldering stuff that you and I've talked about multiple times on the show. Yeah. So we've mentioned things back and forth, and I tried to find the show for our notes where we did a deep dive, and I couldn't. So, so I don't know, maybe your search foo is a little better than mine. So I, I will I will say this: we have we discussed this um, back on episode fifty seven. Episode sixty nine, and then um, and then episode oh, okay fifty four, fifty seven, and sixty nine. Now, are you searching just desoldering no, or just, hacko? Just hacko. Okay. So so that that's that's the the three months where where hacko is in our show notes. Uh, I'll put it that way. I looked. Uh, 
I see, and for whatever reason, I didn't get three hits back. But okay. then again, I was just kind of looking real quick. I, I may have, I, I may not have actually even searched tackle. I may have done desoldering. So, so the big one, the, but I couldn't the, find the big one. I the found big one was episode. The, the big one was episode fifty-seven. Okay, and that's that's July of twenty seventeen. So that would be that would be the big one. I want so that's so go back to July of twenty seventeen. Would you say episode fifty seven? Fifty seven for the yes. full rundown. But yes. I, I, I did, let me just run through it here real quick yep. because, like I said, I've had two people within the past week or so ask me about this. Oh, stuff. is that really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and it's it's like, hey, look, I'm ready to kind of go up to let's I don't know any other way to say it the next level. Okay. I'm doing a little bit more work. And braid and you know, the, hand, thumb, the thumb pump and, yeah, and it's cutting not, it. It's yeah. not cutting. No, it. and it never. Well, yeah, exactly. Yep. So the the I don't know the show favorite, the show darling manufacturer <laughs> is Hacko. Oh, there's no doubt that that's that's who Whitney and I both. I, I don't know. Do we, I don't know if we endorse them. They're not advertisers, Whitney. What, have, what kind of hole have I gotten myself into? No, here, we're, we're just satisfied customers. We're, we're, I, yeah, we're fans. Yeah, we're just fans. Yeah, yeah. From a handheld perspective, I've got the older 808 model. Mm-hmm. Whitney, you've got the newer FR301. Mm-hmm. Now, how those model numbers line up, I have no idea. No, because they pretty much both look about the same. Well, no, no. The newer one is much more compact. Are you talking and, about the the purple one? The blue, purple. You're not colorblind, are you? No, no, They're not kinda, at all. It's kind of blue, right? Is it blue? Is it blue? Yeah. No. Then, then you and I have you and I have the black one. Oh, so, I thought you had the small, no, the newer no, no, one. No, 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 no. I do not. Oh, no, I do not. I have. I guarantee mine looks like yours. Okay. All when, right. When it okay. comes to that, so then we both have the older 808. Correct. Yes. So that's been replaced by the 301. Correct. Now I didn't know if that was blue and yellow or if it was purple and yellow. I I had, well, all the Hako stuff now is like, I let's be fair. Okay. I call it blue, but okay. I could see where someone would look at it and, and maybe call it purple. Yes. Uh, no, that's, I that's, that's her color scheme is that whatever the bluey purple and a yellow. Yeah. On all I, their soldering gear. I, and, I can, I can guarantee you that I am probably one of the least colorblind people on the okay. face of planet earth, fortunately, because of all of the, um, yes, it is. I'm looking at it right now. It is a kind of like a darker royal blue and and yellow. But I, I'm telling you, I have seen pictures where it it indeed looks almost like a almost like a a, a purple. Oh, have you? Yeah, okay. yeah. But anyway, it, it, that could have just been the picture. But yeah, dude, all the work we've been doing in our house and Jackie and I've been going back and p- picking paint colors and stuff. And then after we get it done, she looks at me and she goes, "You got an eye for color. I'll give you that." <laughs> it's like, yeah, Whitney, I know, you, I do. Maybe you missed your call. I, I think, I, I think, I, I. Let's put it this way: I think that if I if I were to ever need a uh, a career, I could a career change i could at least work the paint desk at lowe's okay i could at least do that i think that would be less stressful <laughs> honestly well let's put it this way i don't want to do it anytime soon I, i'm just saying that I, I can pick color so well i mean i've if something happens and i have to change career i've got ideas and fair it's enough. nothing to do with what i do now okay fair so. enough yeah <laughs> yeah fair enough so yeah all right, I thought you had the the three hundred one. No, I don't. But you know something, I, I can totally see why why you thought that because uh, I bought mine a bit after you got yours, and both yeah, of, I've had mine for years. Yeah, yeah I had yeah. it before I moved here, and I've been here ten years. Okay, so see, I've only had mine maybe uh, I'm going to say six, and when I bought mine, 
the very next year, like I bought mine in a fall and the very next, like after the holidays, the FR301 came out. So they, they it, it's like they were both on the market at the exact same time. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, so hence, hence confusion. So there it is. So if you're going to buy one new, it's going to be the 301. If you're going to buy one new, it's going to be that. I've not really used one. I mean, I've, I, I've had one in my hand and I've like popped out, you know, one or two little solder joints with it, not like extended use. Yeah. They're a little lighter. They're a little bit more ergonomic, but it does the same thing as the the 808. 808's pretty good, man. It's yeah. it's got good balance to it. So looking at it just now, like Googling it for the picture, I, I brought it up on Amazon and they run about 260 bucks. And yeah. that's new, you yeah. know, ready to go out of the box. Best 260 you'll ever spend. Yeah, once you yeah, once you start using a proper desoldering <laughs> tool, no yeah. matter who makes it, you're yeah. like, yeah, yeah, this is yeah, this is this is the bomb. You're you're doing cap kits and you're just like zip 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 zip, zip, zip and zip. they all fall out. It, that's exactly right. It, yeah. It's yeah, you're, you you'll never go back. No, you will not go back. Desktop wise, I have a force this Hako as well, uh-huh. a four seventy two B and a four seventy two D. Okay. Basically, they're the exact same thing, except the external case looks different. I see. All right. Yeah. A lot of the parts interchange, the handpiece interchanges. And I think, Whitney, you have a D. I have a D. Yes. Okay. I do. And and what I've I've got both of them on my bench. And what I've done with them is one, I just have a wider tip in that I use for like monitor, older monitor. Yeah. Handy. Yes. And the other has a more. Uh, much more refined, smaller tip in it uh-huh. that I could use, say, if I'm going to change out and, and I see if I'm doing <laughs> like board type work. I know. And what I wind up doing is I'll use my, I'll keep one tip in my 472 and then keep one another the, tip in, in the, the 808. In the 808. And because changing tips is, is let's face it, it's kind of a pain because you have to wait for the gun to cool down yep. and you have to take it apart. And anytime I change the tip, I always knock out all the old solder and mm-hmm. clean it and everything like that. And so a tip change winds up eating up 20 minutes. And you have yeah. to let it cool. And you have to let it cool. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't just take a pair of pliers and cr- And this goes for even a regular soldering iron. Yeah. When it gets hot and it expands, uh-huh. it lo- the threads will tighten up on you know whatever mechanism is used to remove the tip yeah so until it cool you know when they cool a lot of times you can just grab them with your fingers and spin they just off. spin off yeah but yeah don't grab a pair of pliers and think oh i'm just gonna use pliers and slide this off because it's hot and then end up just stripping it yeah so yeah. yeah you have to let it cool you gotta let it cool and then, then you say well is it worth spending another 250 bucks to to have both of them to have a let's say a narrow tip and a wide tip available honestly once you get into it it kind of is yeah <laughs> well from from the handheld perspective honestly i think i would buy new mm-hmm. and from the desktop perspective they get pretty spendy that they do so if you look around on ebay you can get the desktop units relatively inexpensively like 150 to 200 dollars if you do a little hunting and it's not uncommon for them to go much higher because they can bring it Mm -hmm. and you know it's a lot of times an open bid type auction sometimes you'll get lucky and no one will pay attention and they'll go low sometimes everybody wants that one unit for some reason it'll go stupid high so like anything else on ebay if you just watch you can get them really reasonably and it comes to the consumables 
like if you've got shared equipment, like we've both got the 808s and I've got two models of the 472. Whitney has the, the 472D. Correct. All the tips are the same. Yep. The, uh, in the case of the 808, the paper filter is the same as one of the paper filters that go in the hand pieces of the desktop units. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of overlap, yeah. you know, so you're not buying well tips for this and tips for that. And well, this has its own unique filters and this had, no, there's a lot of overlap where yeah. you can kind of share pieces and parts between them. So let me, add, let me play devil's advocate here and say, what have you found to be the biggest advantage of the desktop over the handheld or vice versa? Just, I, I'm asking for, I'm asking for the audience here. If I'm doing a lot of work, when it comes down to it, the the handheld, it, it's really designed for like field work. Uh-huh. So it's got a pump built into it. Yeah. And it's just a little heavier. Yeah. So when when you got the desktop unit, and this is an important key when you're looking at the desktop units, there's a lot out there. Hacko and Pace is another kind of leader in this area. Uh-huh. And, and I'm sure whoever else, they use, there, there's two, two, two different flavors. One's with an internal pump. And ones that require what they call shop air. Yes. They have to be hooked up to an air compressor. I've never looked at them. I'm assuming it takes that air pressure and it passes it past a Venturi or something and makes a vacuum out of it. And it for to, it to pull. For it to pull. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to have that compressor. You have to have that compressed air to make it work. Yeah. And, and it's, you can get them cheaper. But you also have to have a, a little, even if you got a little pancake compressor set in there, you have to deal with that. <laughs> and the noise and yeah. everything. It's just, it's crazy. But, you know, if I'm doing a lot, if I'm doing a fair bit, um, I just, you know, I flip them on there. There's nice stands mm-hmm. that, whereas with the 808, the 301 Mac, does it come with a little stand or something? It may come with know. a stand. I, I'll, I'd have to look. The, the way the 808 is made, you can lay it on its side. Uh-huh. And the tip won't touch the ground yeah. or the table or whatever. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, it works It works fine, but you just have to be a little bit more cognizant of where things are because it doesn't take anything to bump that cord with a knee and, and, and then it starts moving around. And, and, and it starts heating stuff up. Yeah. 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 What I have found is that the 808 is fantastic if I, if I can get a vantage point on a board and then I, I've got the I've got the 808 in my hand, and I can just go zip 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 zip. Okay, mm-hmm. and then pull and then just let's say do the same process twenty times over. It yep. works great, but because of the because of the sheathing on the cord and the gauge of the power cord, it's pretty heavy. It's yep. pretty heavy, and it doesn't flex very well, yep. and and it doesn't bend a whole lot. So it would be great, like you say, for field work. If you just if you yeah, had to remove yeah. a board, and that is better than nothing. It, see, it, because it is, it's better than nothing. Yeah. But the desktop unit is just so much more nimble, and mm-hmm. and the gun is so much smaller, and it's so much lighter. And all you have to do is just line it over the pen and just go click, and it just and it's done. And it, so it, your it your is, desktop unit has the pistol grip, the gun style. Mine has the gun style piece, pistol right? grip yeah. with, with the with the pump built in. So mine does not require shop air. Mm-hmm. I just plug it up, hit a switch, let it come up to temperature, and uh, and then and then let let the pump run for just a second to build up vacuum. And then mine is mine's good to go. Now the only thing that I will say 
The disadvantage of having the desktop unit is I have found that I have to clean the gun out a little more often than I would with like the 808 mm -hmm. because the gun's smaller and the reservoir just collects solder yeah. faster. Mm -hmm. You know, but but if that's the trade-off, I'm willing to deal with it because that gun, I mean, it is so light yep. and you just put it back in the holster and then everything then you don't have to mess with anything yeah you don't have to mess with anything flailing around flailing or, around no. or catching something on fire it just it that that concern is just gone so like if you're looking at the desktop units and and i don't care if it's a b or a d for, first of all make sure it's a not it the the b's and the d's have built-in air pumps all right mm -hmm. and then there's others in the 470 series that are shop air uh, yes and if you don't know just did, all the hackle manuals are online. Just pull yeah. it down and look at it, or just buy a B or a D and just uh, yeah, and be done, and just be done you know, if, with it. If you yeah. see pictures of them, if they got a picture of the back, the yeah. ones that need shop arrow have an air a nipple on the back where you plug an airline into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So you you can tell. Yeah, and and, and then you've just got to if you're going to do shop air, then you're probably not in. Maybe you are in a home environment, uh, it, but you're going to have to contend with you're going to contend with routing air, and you're going to have to yeah. contend with an air compressor. Well, I've and got it's just, ugh. I've got one of the small little pancake compressors. Yeah, I do too. That you use like for a small air nailer for a small air nailer. And that's then, right. And then I've even got a smaller compressor that's like two little hot dog shaped tanks. Yes, yes, yep, yep. And those are so cute. And, oh, they're just they're, they're darling. It's actually they are. stored in the in the back room here. And if I need to like retack a, a floor in a cab yeah. or some of the they're I mean, I'm telling you, man, they're handy because oh, they're yeah. so light. And they're and it, it, even even as small as they are, they'll run an air nailer. I just charge it once, and I can do whatever I need. Yeah, yeah. But I still, I don't want that behind me going. <laughs> I know it, it's not loud, <laughs> but it's it's loud enough that I don't want to be sitting there focusing on something, and all yeah. of a sudden it goes, yeah. and I'm, yeah, yeah. Well, it, see, like for for my specific situation, my workroom is downstairs in the basement of the house, and that's also the room where I like when I work from home. I work from home from that room. Mm -hmm. And you don't need something else hanging around. Laying on the floor. I, I just, I just don't need another. I just don't need yet another thing sitting on the floor to trip over. Yeah. So I will pay up to not. And have it's not that. much. No, no, it's no, not no. much. It's, it's not looking, a big deal. But but we were talking about the hand pieces. If if you had two units side by side, the trust us. The preference is the one with the pistol grip hand piece. The 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 B unit that I've got's got like the pencil hand piece, mm -hmm. and I use the word pencil loosely. It's it's ac it's um, axial. It's lengthwise, but yeah. it's also relatively large around. Yeah, and you almost hold it like a lightsaber handle. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then what do you do? Click a button? No, you push your thumb over the button. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So it's like I could point it at you. And oh, yeah. It, it's nimble is the word there. Yeah. It's, oh, it's a little cool. heavier and it's a little bit more difficult to wield when uh -huh. you compare it to the, the pistol grip style. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I, it's, it does work. It works just fine. It works just fine. But I, I do like, uh, so the D has got the pistol grip and I, I, I do really dig that because it's so light and it's just. Now you can, I can change the, the hand pieces between the two units. Okay. So, and I don't know if the D uh, I, I'm trying to remember when I bought mine, it seemed like I did see some out there that had, I think there's a sub like D and some sub actual SKU number okay. that says you get the pistol grip or you get the oh I see the the lightsaber handle style yeah but it seems like the pistol grip ones are more common on the D the yeah. D's see when I bought mine I got it um, I got it in, during like a holiday sale 
and then I stacked a pin side discount on yeah, top you got, of it. Cause you were able to get yours new. Yeah. I got mine yeah. new and I got mine in the money. So yeah. it showed up in a box brand new. And so uh, I just, it, it was like I say, it was, it was over a Christmas sale and then the seller had them on sale and then honored a pin side discount on top of it. And it worked out. So yeah, I was pretty happy about that. Uh, man, and other than that, I think actually, that was a little more on it than I wanted, but that's fine. I mean, because if it helps somebody out, I'd rather run a little long on the topic Fair enough, and yeah. then not do it justice. Yeah. The only other thing to bring up is parts. Uh, we've mentioned this company before. It's Hisco, uh-huh. H-I-S-C-O. Yep. That's where I've ordered a lot of my parts from. So like you get, say, say you eBay yourself a unit mm-hmm. and you know, what do you need? Tips and filters. All right. So you can, as I mentioned, you can download, even if you buy the FR301 new, you can download the manual off, off the internet. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and grab yourself a, and the, the new units will come with, you know, enough stuff to get you started, but it's consumable. So yeah. you'll go through it. So, you know, get yourself a uh, some replacement tips, get yourself whatever, you know, sets of filters it needs. The desktop one, so that you're aware, it, it'll it have two actual paper filters. Yeah. There'll be one, or foam filters. There'll be one in the handpiece, and then there's one right where the the vacuum tube from the handpiece goes into the face of the unit. Mm-hmm. That little cap screws off, and there's one under there. Yeah. So, yeah, don't realize that's under there, and, and don't just, because as it starts to clog... You're like, okay, what's happening to my vacuum here? Well, yeah. there's another filter downstream. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. All right. And that actually, one of those paper filters, the one that's in the handpiece, if I recall correctly, is the same one that's used in the 808. And I'm assuming probably mm-hmm. in the 301. I do know the tips are the same through all of them. Yeah. All those models. Yeah. Uh, the desktop units have a spring, looks like a... Well, it looks like a spring, except there's no gap between the coils. Yeah. And the end of one end of it comes it's tapered. up to a, it's tapered. Tapered Thank to you. a point like a cone. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's the solder catcher. Yeah. They're actually pretty inexpensive, but yeah. I, I've never, I've never replaced them. I just let it cool. I pop it out and I stick a soldering iron in the, in the taper point to, to melt it. Uh huh. And then I just flex it a couple times and the, the solder will fall out of it and I put it back in. Oh, fair enough. I don't know yeah. how, is that what you've done, Whitney? Or have you just what, re- what I do? I mean, I've got a handful of replacements, but what I've done is, uh, <laughs> and they're cheap. They're cheap. And, and so I, I ask myself, is it even worth doing anything to it or just replacing it? But I've just taken a, uh, a really small flat blade jeweler screwdriver and just run it around the inside of the, of the cone tip uh-huh. and just knock the solder just out. It out and then just all the little balls the little solder you know the little solder balls will just fall out i just do it over a trash can and uh then just put it back, put it back in, in and, and go, go. Again. yeah the only one i've ever had to replace is from having kind of opened it up like turned it backwards against the coil to flex it a little bit to break the solder loose yeah and I got a little too aggressive on one, and I, I stretched it. Stretched a bit. it. Yeah. So I was like, "Well, I mean, I've got a whole bag of them." See, that's it. I mean, I, I I ordered I ordered a handful of them, and on the tips, what I had wound up doing is because I've got the eight hundred eight, and that's kind of I guess like my travel iron. I've got a full complement of tips for it that I keep with me, and then I keep a full complement of tips on my desktop as well. So, well, what's I, a full complement? I'd have to go back and look at my sizes. Yeah, there's there's but probably only, six or seven oh, tips. I only ever use two different sizes. Yeah, okay. Whatever I deem as my large and my small. It may, 
I've gone through that and that's just the two sizes I've honed yeah, in on. Fair enough. Fair enough. And that's it. it I'll, I'm out of large ones and I'll make a note, whatever the part number is. And I just order it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've just, I, I'll just order them as a set and just get, just get them all in okay. because I, I've, I've just found that maybe I've used like three out of the six, two or three out of the mm-hmm. six, pro- probably fairly close to you, but I guess my the the OCD in me says uh, if I if I reach for a tip and I don't have it when I could have had it then I get mad. Oh, I understand yeah. that. Oh, yeah. entirely. Yeah. And the only other thing I would suggest is if you're buying a used unit, grab the manual. Like I said, there's a parts blowout in the back, and I'd order the the enough parts to rebuild the pump just in case. The the when I bought both my units, I bought off eBay, and I when I bought the D, which was the last one, I opened it up and it. I think the auction said it'd come from maybe a school or something. And it, it, physically, it looked great. It didn't look like it had been handled rough. It was probably at the last desk no one ever went to if it came from a school, if I'm remembering that correctly. It definitely did not did not appear to have had a rough life. But I opened it up anyway, and honestly, everything looked great. And when I say rebuild the pump, I'm not talking expensive parts. And the only thing that's in there of really any consequence that would be, in my opinion, consumable is there's a gasket for each of the two pump heads when you take the pump apart. And once you're in it, there is a, uh, uh, basically they're just like rubber flaps mm-hmm. that, that, so when the pump goes through its stroke, yeah. the flap will close it's, so it can, yeah. it could build vacuum. And then on, on the, on the upstroke, it can expel the pressure. Yeah. And, you know, I can see that wearing, I don't know if you've ever rebuilt an aquarium pump, Whitney. No, I haven't. It's the same concept. Okay. So it's just this little sheet with uh, um, specific little cutouts in it. And those cutouts make the little flaps. Yeah. It's it's not involved at all. Yeah. It's all, it's like six Phillips head screws to get the entire thing apart. (laughs) And then just swap and put it back together. Yeah. And maybe clean it out if, you know something got through and like I said, I bought this one used and this particular one was fine. Yeah. I didn't have to really do anything to it. Yeah. Really the only thing I've ever had to do with mine, I mean, I've not had to service the pumps. I've just had to just clean them fairly, you know, fairly. Yeah. The normal, the normal just, stuff in that. Yeah. Just keep, just be consistent on the cleaning. Like I said, I didn't have it since new. So I just opened it up. Yeah. Oh, I would have done so. I didn't, if memory serves, I just looked at it. And I'm like, there's no reason to replace any of this stuff. And I just I screwed it all back together, and then I yeah. just put the parts in a bag in case I ever needed them. And called it. I mean, it was it was all cheap enough. All yeah. came from Hisco, yeah. so yeah, it's good. And I, I will say this: um, I like I say I know you've mentioned Hisco, uh, but you can, and I've I've seen them on eBay as well. You can you can a lot of times if if you need you know if you need one and you don't want to pay. Uh, you don't want to pay shipping on on just one. A lot of times, I f- I found the the tips on eBay and they'll, they'll oh just free, individually yeah just yeah. individually free shipping stuff like that. Just so, make sure you get real hacko. That's the, that's the, yes. the key. You've got to make sure you get real hacko. And that's that's even like uh, with uh, soldering iron tips like Weller. Mm-hmm. Make sure you get real Weller. And there's there's one company that makes a decent aftermarket and the name is escaping me i'd have to go back and look through my parts yeah but once you st- if if you get the guy or the girl that's selling your your weller soldering station tips for $2 free shipping 
you're going to get what you pay for. Yeah, that's this much is true. Yeah, and especially like with the hacko tips, they 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 get a, they get a bit pricey. I yeah, mean, you they, start stacking them up, yeah. and it's like whoa, they're like twelve to fourteen dollars a tip. That's exactly right, and it's you, like whoa, 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 I didn't realize that I could burn fifty or sixty bucks on just what what literally just fits in your hand for a couple of tips for yeah. three, three tips. But, but it's like yeah, you'll do it. But they're nice and they last. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that they do. But and the rest of the stuff, seriously, it's it's not. It's not super expensive. No, 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 no. But by the time you outfit, hopefully you only have to do that once. So there's that. All right, Winnie. So my short updates, I've rambled. <laughs> and, and, and I was thinking well, about... Know, I was well, th- welcome back to the show, I know. Whitney. This is how this goes. I'm sitting over here looking at the time. I'm like, gosh. <laughs> um, I mean, I could continue to ramble on and rant about Facebook just to continue with the with uh uh you know the the, the theme the sub theme of the last few shows well but i may but, just i may just go ahead and turn and, yeah I, i'd say i'd say we put that one out to pasture yeah. because everybody I, I i guarantee you everybody goes oh yeah me too yeah yeah i'm just <laughs> me too i i'm just i'm over fuse x on game seriously th- I, that was an example i've pulled from recent things i've seen posted on facebook i'm just changing the names to protect the innocent yeah but, Fuse X on Game Y keeps blowing. Any ideas where the problem may be? I don't know. Get out a manual and see what that fuse does. Yeah. I just learn to use a meter. Just uh, just grasping here. Yeah. Anyway, it's uh, it's called the human condition. Yeah, I've man. got example after example. My, my other my other most contemporaneous favorite is this flipper is sticking. Advice? Question mark? Question mark? I I don't know. Have you taken the glass off and looked at the thing? Yeah. I give me give me. Throw me a bone here. I'm just... Uh, that's not going to happen. This is turned, Whitney. Go ahead. What have you done that's been fun? Well, man, I, I will... Bring, t- bring me back, Whitney. Well, I don't know that I'm going to be able to do that <laughs> because uh, at least at least not up front because, uh, yeah, like we said at, at the beginning of the show, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't been on since the August episode. And I wound up uh, wound up actually running into uh, running into something, Brent, that I and for everybody else that I did not expect. And I do want to say thank you to the folks that that did reach out uh, personally and just said, "Hey, man, are, are you doing okay? What you know, what's going on? How come you know? How come you guys? Uh, how come you guys didn't you know didn't re- release on time? Or Whitney, why weren't you on the last show or anything?" But um, you know, I, I promised that I would be transparent about this, and and I and I want to be. I'm not going to get. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go down a whole whole road on this, but I, I do want to say I do want to talk about it here for just a few minutes because because I, I owe him that. But um, what I wound up having happen, and I did talk to Brent about this, and I, and I I told Brent for everybody listening, I'm like Brent, I, I don't I don't have the gas in the can, and it's I, I can't. I can't record right now. It's like I have no interest whatsoever mm-hmm. in sitting down and talking about arcade games and pinball machines and and chasing through what is undeniably a fun hobby and we've devoted a lot of time to it and um and it's it's just one of those things where it, it just it just didn't feel right because because it just didn't feel it just didn't feel proper, and what wound what wound up happening is um, I, I lost my dog, and I he he was a yellow lab, and his name was Buster, thirteen years old, and uh, and if I get a little choked up, it just just mm-hmm. bear with me, and I apologize in advance, but it's been two months, and I don't even know that I have 
I don't even know how long you're supposed to grieve, okay? Because we don't give pets and members of our family. We we treat pets as members of our family, but I don't think society allows us to treat <laughs> those pets as members of our family outside of just a passing. Oh yeah, I, I understand, you know, because everybody has an animal, and or for the folks that do have an animal, but. I, but I'll say this is. Well, they're members of your family. They, they they are they are in in Buster Buster was special. They always have been mine, and they always have been mine because yeah. I've pretty much had a dog. I've had a dog, uh, save for the four slash five years that I was in college and working. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not have I did not have a dog, but every year of my life since before and after I've had a dog, and um. He he wound up uh, he wound up I wound up having to put him down, and um and it it was it was a tough scenario because he was he was special and I know all dogs are special but he was special to me because um, he was a gift from my father and my dad had raised labs for uh, years and had had numerous litters uh, out of the labs that he had. And as dad was getting a bit older and he had just gotten to a point to where, uh, he had had, he had gotten very attached to a few and, uh, he actually wound up losing one to a coyote attack. Mm. And, um, and then this last one, um, he, he, he met an untimely, an untimely demise as well uh, due to an accident, car accident actually. But before that happened, uh, he had one last litter and there were two yellow brothers out of that litter, and he gave one pup to me, and he gave one pup to my brother. So my brother and I had brother pups out of my dad's litter, okay, out of out of my dad's lab. So there was a deep family connection there, and what made it awesome was that it gave something, it gave my, my father, my brother, and I something to commiserate over because we talked about, you know, how, how, how the pup's doing, how are, how are they doing? How's, mm-hmm. you know, how, how's dad, how's the dad pup doing? How's the two brothers doing? And we, especially my brother and I, we, you know, we grew together over that 13 years with our dogs, our, our shared brother dogs in tow. Okay. And he was my shadow and he was, I mean, he was everything to me as far as, as far as a dog and, and, uh, and, and honestly, you know, a pet and a friend could be. And, um, and so it's one of those things that, uh, he had wound up getting, um, getting sick and, and none of us knew it, Brent. So what, what had wound up happening is I've always been told that they hide it so well. Oh, and he did. Oh, he hit and, it so well. And I wish I had known because now it, it hurts my soul. And to think back about not catching something or not knowing something. You know, and, and this isn't this isn't me this is this is me trying to I guess as a buddy. Yeah. understand and console. I appreciate that. And, I, and I do. It's, because I feel like I'm interrupting, but yeah, I don't want no, you to feel that fine, way because you're not the only one that goes through that. Yeah, you know, yeah. I I know I don't have kiddos, but I know I'm sure you've gone through this. I've seen my family go through this. Yeah, and it's 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 perhaps especially when they're little and they don't your kiddos aren't talk they don't want to talk yet or communicate. It's yeah. difficult. And then that look at look at how yeah. I, and I get the same way with with 
you know, sh- uh, studio dog Maxine. Yeah, yeah. It's like, how did I, how did I miss that? How did I miss? I'm that? with her all the time. Yeah, and how did I, how did I miss that? So and, don't beat yourself up over yeah, that. Yeah, trust I, me. I appreciate it. I, I and and what what makes it a bit more poignant though is that, uh, you know, uh, Grace has Grace has seen us lose a couple, but because this was the one that she grew up with. From from start to from start to finish from his life cycle, um, that it, it made it even that much even that much more poignant. But um, but w- what had wound up happening is uh, he he has he, he has enjoyed he had enjoyed such perfect health, Brent for all thir- for all thirteen of his years right up until the very end. Mm-hmm. It actually defied death a couple of times. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just it's amazing the the run that he actually wound up happening. Because you know, we live in the country and he was, you know, he was never quote unquote put up or anything like that. He was always he was always able to roam and, and have a good time. But that that came with a, that came with a couple consequences from time to time. But he always pulled through it and and he was always chipper and good to go. But, but what wound up happening is, um, I would say it was, it was mid, uh, early August and he wound up having a seizure and he wound up having a really bad, massive seizure, uh, lasted probably uh, 11 or 12 minutes. If I, if I remember correctly, cause I was at home that day and grace, this was over summer vacation and grace was at home as well. And, uh, I was working and downstairs, and I heard her yell down to me. I'll never forget it. Daddy, daddy, come quick, come quick. Buster's going to die. And I'm like, oh, oh, boy. And I shot up the stairs like a lightning bolt. And he is laying over kind of in, we've got a vestibule, kind of like an entryway in the front of our house that's tiled. And he's laying over on the tile and he's having and he's having a seizure. And I said, Grace, get out your phone, start the timer, because we've got to time this and to just you know to see how long it lasts. And uh, she did. She she held it together. She timed him, and uh, he never stopped breathing. And his his heartbeat never got weak. But he but as he was going through the seizure, he just wasn't there. He, he just was not himself. And um, and uh, you know, I talked with him, kind of rubbed on him a bit, and everything. And and eventually, the seizure subsided, and he came back. Now that he was really disoriented for the first couple minutes after after he came back, he got he got pretty aggressive with me, and I was I was holding him up by the neck and everything like that, and talking to him, and it's like Buster, come on, buddy, just just chill, just chill, 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 because man, he was growling and barking at me and snapping at me and everything like that. Because well, he, he, he didn't know. He didn't know. Yeah. I mean, he his clock had just been cleaned, mm-hmm. and he didn't know. He didn't know me. I could tell, Brent. He he had the thousand mile stare. I could look straight in his eyes, Poor and guy. he just wasn't there. And it took him a couple minutes to figure out what was going on. And when he did, oh, he just he just went so docile and just so uh, you know, just essentially so subservient right Mm -hmm. there, you know, right there on the, um, you know, just went prone right there on the spot because he knew what was going on. And, um, I picked him up and had to, had to take him outside and clean him up because as he was having a seizure, he, he lost control of himself Mm -hmm. all the way across the board and everything. And I had to clean him up and clean me up and everything like that and got him cleaned up and, and everything and brought him back in the house. And, you know, and he was walking fine and no problems. And, um, I, we, 
I, I had to travel that night for work, and I was very, very concerned about him. But I was in a, I was in a, an immutable position where I, I couldn't change my plans or anything like that. And so I told Jackie and Grace, I said, just watch over him because I'll be home. I'll be home tomorrow. And then if he needs to go to the vet, we'll, we'll get him to the vet. But, you know, he snapped right out of it. And then he was, he was fine. He walked over, you know, got him back inside and he walked over to his bowl, ate, drank, wagged his tail, sat down and life was good. You know, Buster was back. And, uh, he wound up having another seizure that evening, but it was a real small one. And, um, he, it only lasted for about a minute and he came back in no problems whatsoever. I got back from my travel the next day and, um, and, and took him to the vet the very next day. They ran a full panel on him and everything. Couldn't, the vet could not find anything wrong and said, we need, we do need to though, put him on seizure medication or anti, you know, anti-seizure medication. And, uh, and the vet prescribed him phenobarbital and we put him on phenobarbital and for the next six weeks, he was, he was okay. I mean, it took a few weeks for a couple weeks out of that for him to adjust. And he just never was as sprightly as he was, um, before, before the seizures. And, and so the, the medicine, I, I know the medicine did him some good, but it definitely it definitely dulled him just just ever so slightly, you know, because you know what your dog is mm-hmm. like, yeah. and then you know what your dog isn't like, and and so we, I mean, we had him back and he was good, but he was moving just a little slow, and the problem is is that over out of that six weeks, I would say five of those he was pretty much normal, okay, per se, as normal as as normal as, as he be. was going to be. But that last week to 10 days, he went downhill so fast. He got to the point to where he'd walk into the kitchen and uh, his his hips would give out on him and he would just fall and hit the ground, It'd just fall and hit the tile. And I'd, I'd hear him and I'd walk in there and pick him back up and kind of prop him back up. He'd be okay. He'd walk around for a bit and then it happened again. And then it just got to the point to where he couldn't get up. And even when he was up, he couldn't, he couldn't like really move or anything like that on his own. And, uh, and it got to the point where I was having, uh, it, it got to the point where I'd have to pick him up and take him outside for him to go use the bathroom because mm-hmm. he couldn't negotiate steps. Mm-hmm. And he, and he went, he went down literally that, you know, that fast. It was odd. So, it, so once, once he got to the point to where he couldn't negotiate the steps and couldn't walk on his own, I, I took him to the vet and um, and and uh, took him to the vet and went to a different vet because this was over a weekend. And I knew at that point that something was something was serious. And um, it wasn't just him not responding to the medication or him just being dull from the medication. He he, he something was going on and. Um, Got him to the vet, and they wound up running. Um, they wound up running some sonar scans on him, and uh, where they could do some some imaging of his. Oh, so it wasn't like an X-ray ab- abdomen. Okay, it, yeah, of his abdomen and everything like that, because they were wanting to see why his front legs were, why he why he had ambulatory um, ability in his front legs, but his back legs oh, so, just so did literally, they, was it a, like an ultrasound? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah so we've yeah. had, we, I've gone through that as well. Yeah, yeah. So they wound up doing what is an effect, an ultrasound yep. of, of his entire back half of his body. 
And what they found was a couple of uh, tumors or cysts that were wrapped around the base of his the base the base of his spine, and were encroaching in on uh, a couple of his lymph nodes. And the doctor came back and, and told me she's like, "Listen, this this is what's going on. Um, what you saw with the seizures and the reduced motor capability is likely due to neurological." Uh, degradation due to these uh, due to these tumors or these cysts. Well, they could, she couldn't really call them a tumor because she didn't. She, yeah, it, we hadn't done the panel work mm-hmm. on him or anything like that. There was a mass. There, that, there yeah. was a mass. Yep. Okay, that, that was that, that was essentially a cyst that was collected as a mass there. And um, and she said, "Listen, it, it's this is likely leading to the neurological de- degradation and, and the decline as to what you've seen." It was likely the cause of the seizures at this point two months ago. And so she said, there's there's really only a couple of ways that this ends. She said, you either go through the process and we we determine if, you know, we we determine if it's cancer. And if it's cancer, then there's a treatment path for it. If it's if it's not, then there's another treatment path for it, both of which are extremely invasive. Or, um, or essentially, you get him, you give him palliative care until you decide that it's time. And uh, I, I mean, I'm sitting there looking at my looking at my buddy, and it's I, I knew what I was going to have to do because you know, th- 13 years for him was a life extremely well lived, and I was not going to put him through surgeries and um, all the recovery and and everything Mm -hmm. on the chance that then the next step is chemotherapy and everything like that. Uh, And if the next step was not chemotherapy, then I've put him through all of that and he's, then he would really be no better off and we would be back to palliative care after he had just undergone a very invasive procedure. So um, I, I just asked the doctor to, to uh to make sure that he wasn't in any pain and then I, I took him home that night that was a Saturday night I took him home and it was Saturday night I'm sorry I'm repeating myself took him home and well, you've uh, got a lot going on with yeah, that's okay <laughs> yeah and it took him home and uh, got him home around midnight that night and uh, Jackie and Grace were still up and uh, poor Grace she she knew what was going on and she was crying and crying and crying and I'll, I'll never forget it and you know she was like daddy how, how how much longer can we keep him can we keep him for a week and, I, and I'm like honey no we can't because he's in pain and he can't make this decision for himself and he depends upon us to make the decision for him mm-hmm. and uh it's all right man and, and that's that's what we had to do and <laughs> And so the next day, um, we just, uh, you know, we had to take him back to the vet. And the good thing about it is, is that you, we were there with him and we got to, um, you know, we, we got to say goodbye to him in a, in a very dignified way. And we got to, we got to take care of him. Yeah. And, and I think that we did. You, you showed him the respect that, that, that he deserved. That, that he deserved. Yeah. I, <clears throat> excuse me. I'll pull, I, pull myself well, back I, here. I'm, I'm trying yeah. to, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm and, trying not to disrupt you, but yeah, I'm also trying not to it. be in the same. So yeah, no, no. And, and I, I appreciate it here <laughs> and, I, and I'm fighting it. And I, I, I think, I think I pulled it back. So anybody that's been around us knows that, uh, yeah. you know, we're, we're very passionate about oh, our family. I, I'm passionate and our, about everything. Our, our <laughs> hobbies and, and 
And yes. 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 And that we're, I mean, to us, I have, the, I have, this is family. This is family. And I'm going to tell you in my 48 years of being here on this earth, I have absolutely no problem sitting here getting choked up and wear my heart on my sleeve. Mm-hmm. Because if that's, if that's how this goes down, that's, that's how, so be it. Yeah. That's how this goes down. So we were able to get him, get him back, get him to the vet and, and take care of him in a very dignified, humane, and what I, what I feel is uh, the, the most respectful way possible. One of the, definitely one of the hardest things that I've had to do because, because he was, he was my shadow and he was, he was my guy, you know, he was my buddy. In a house full of women, he's the, he, he's the he's the only go to I had, you know. So, uh, so all all that being said, uh, he was a wonderful, wonderful companion, and um, uh, labs labs are special, and uh, in, in all dogs are wonderful. Labs are special, and I'm looking forward to getting another one, but it's going to be a little bit mm-hmm. because. Two months isn't enough. I don't feel. I don't well, feel you'll know, like you'll know when it's right. You'll know when it's right because I still look at other labs and, and man, I'll tell you, I get on Facebook and I go into like these dog owner groups and and I <laughs> oh, sit there. In, I sit there for seven minutes and then it's like boom. I, I dump the browser and get up and walk away because I can't. Them, I know. Because every every lab I see is him right now, and that's the problem. And I, I can't. I'm not at a point to where I can where I could take another one on without without having a whole lot of the vestiges of that whole process still looming over me. And so I'm I'm hoping here within the next maybe maybe within sometime next year I, I think I'll probably be in a good spot. At least I hope I am. And then that way I could get another pup. But I, I'll, I'll get another lab pup for sure. And uh, do another one. Here's the here's the thing about sharing this on the show is, yeah. is that you and I are comfortable enough to do that because for sure, for sure we look at we look at you all. You know, yeah. there's a lot of our listeners that we interact with, uh, and there's we know what our download numbers look like. Oh yeah, there's far more people that hear us yeah. than we that that act, then actually interact with us. Oh whether, yeah, yeah, for whether sure. Whether it's email. Oh yeah, yeah, or yeah. Tweets or Facebook or whatever we see regularly on at shows. Yeah, we know we know who's out there. Yeah, and we to us, you all are like family. Oh, there's there's no doubt about it. It's it's as much as us sitting here talking about the things that drive us passionately in the hobby. Yeah. As it, as it is family stuff and it, what it, goes it on is. in our lives, it, it, it is. It really is. And, and and you know, you all are therapy for us. It, it, well, and that's that's and, and I'll say this. I'm trying to bring a little light to this, Whitney. I, I, I'm sorry. I appreciate I don't, it. I don't, no, I, I'm I trying my best. It. No, no, I, I appreciate it. And the good thing is, I, I'm, I'm just about I'm just about through through this because I wanted to I wanted to talk it to a certain point. Uh-huh. I wanted to pay respects to to my to my to my pet to my dog. And, uh, and, and then move on to topics because we can't, I mean, nobody, nobody tunes in to, nobody tunes in to be drugged completely down. And I get that. Well, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying, I wouldn't say drug down, but I think people tune in, not just for things that we talk about on topic, but just to, Hey, what's up with them? Yeah. What's up with them? And I, yeah. And I totally, I totally, I, I know get my, that in respect. Yeah. That. I, yeah. So I, I think you're on base. I think you're, it's I, all good. I, I appreciate it. I, I mean, but I want to be transparent about it. it is so I'm, I'm gone for that amount of time. And to bring this back around full circle, 
I mean, going through that immediate grieving process when when the time came when the week came up for us to record, Brent, it was the week it was the week of that happening. And I told you, I'm like, I'm like, buddy, I, I've I got no gas in this tank, and I, I can't even I can't even begin to feel good about leaving my family and and coming over here and sitting down and and talking about this stuff when my family I felt like my family needed me and and so and, just, and they did yeah absolutely and, absolutely and and it just it's just taken honestly it's just taken me a bit to get some of the enthusiasm back because I was just uh, I was just a little burnt because um, things things just felt heavy, you know, for for a bit. So, all that being said, that was uh, that was what was up. That's the reason why uh, why I haven't been on. And uh, the good thing about it is, is that I you know I I came back this month and and I, I felt like I, I felt like I wanted to sit down here and talk because it's like I need I need a bit of the therapy and I need a bit of the discussion. <laughs> Need a bit of my Brent. I need a bit of, of everybody in order to in order to kind of pull this back and in in to say okay that that happened. Uh, I, there's there's uh, there's a way that I can grieve and there's a way that I can deal with it and then there's a way that I can move forward and and go on. So um, so there is that. I, all I can say is um, just just be 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 good to your pets. Go go give them a hug because they're they're wonderful. <laughs> they're absolutely <laughs> wonderful. So. Um, you know, all that being said, uh, but as far as uh, as far as I, I guess the the other aspect of that or the other half of that, you know, I've, I've I have had a lot of travel. I mean, I, I would I would uh, be chatting with Brent and I'd either be on a plane I, I had or no idea somewhere where you're else. At. Yeah, and that's true. And I, I did tally this up. And over the past, let's say, eight to ten weeks, I have uh, two, four, five, six, seven, eight. I, I've I've taken eight trips, two of which were out of the country. <laughs> And uh, two of which took me all the no three of which took me all the way over to the other side uh, to the left hand side of the United States over to the West Coast, and uh, man, I, I'll tell you, I've been everywhere. But it but it's it's been cool because uh, a part of it has been a necessary distraction from you know, kind of what was going on with uh, with with uh, Bubby there at, at home. But I, I, I will say that uh, I will say that you know, I did get a chance, Brent, to spend some time with uh with with our buddy Jim, Jim Hale, and uh who who was so gracious to sit in for me last month. And oh, he I, could, I, yeah, he was he I was ready so to go. He, and he I, jumped right in at short did. notice and, and he, worked around my schedule and yeah. we, we got it done. And I and I appreciate it. Thank thank you to you and thank you to Jim because he did what he did what a true friend did. And he he, he rose to the call and uh, I, I asked I asked him for some help, and he was he was right there, and he did it. Uh, and and Jim and I wound up going out to uh, to Portland, Oregon, for the uh, the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, and that was uh, October eighteenth through the twentieth. And I, I needed that trip because that was just a couple weeks after um, after uh, we we had to put Buster down, and uh, it was good just to spend a few days and and just have a, a little bit of of a distraction and. And I think Jackie and Grace were tired of seeing me mope around the house as well, because I'll tell you, buddy, when I mope, uh, I, I mope with the best of them, man. I, I mope pretty strong. I go in going pretty deep, good. Yep. So, yeah, so went out to Portland, uh, was able to meet up with uh, Rich, uh, Rich Lent uh, at, at this old game and uh, Kendra and their daughter Stormy. And I, I did wind up... Uh, 
well, actually, Jim and I went up going out to Rich's shop and did a nice kind of walkthrough. He showed us all of his equipment and what he does and everything like that. It was neat to see that and did sit down and, and I got a really, really good interview with Rich. And that's going to be on an upcoming show. Um, I've, I've got to do some edits on that because there's a part, I mean, we we had a great discussion. Uh, there was a couple parts that Rich asked me not to uh, not to air publicly, <laughs> and I'm going to honor uh, that request. Uh, oh, I disclo- yeah. disclosed too much. Yep. <laughs> well, it, you know, it, well, it's, you- it's amazing. It's amazing some of the uh, drama that goes oh, on I could only in, inside that business. And uh, well, Rich was very transparent <laughs> about several things. And I really respect that and appreciated that. But to keep it, but to keep it right, yeah. there, there's a couple parts that he didn't want to air and I'm not going to air them. And, and, and all, honestly, you know, you sat down with someone that we've recently met or uh, a celebrity, mm-hmm. if, for lack of a better term, in this, in this hobby, in this industry. Yeah. And even if we've been on a panel with them before and they've got some, we've got some rapport with them, that's totally different than sitting down with someone like Rich, for example, yeah. whom you've worked pretty closely with, very, even though we're on closely. different coasts exactly. for yeah. quite some time. Yeah. And, and you're like, I, I can definitely see it because I know I've done it. It's like, ho, 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 wait a minute. No, that's some, that's too far behind the curtain. That's yeah, it's let's just, way too far. Let's just bring that back a little bit. Yes. And, yes okay. Exactly. Not a problem. So, yeah, I understand that it, entirely. It's, it's conversation that's great in the moment, but it's not conversation that needs to live forever on the internet when, if, when if it you're comes not, to that. If you're not subscribed or following or whatever the, whatever the kids do these days, I don't know. As long as they get off my lawn, <laughs> as long I don't as they care. get off your porch. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. Um, <laughs> To this old game's Facebook page, yeah, yeah, you have to because every once in a while a few things leak out, some of that, and it's it it's hilarious. And it kind of follows me and my rant, my endless rants oh. about being over Facebook. Yeah, y- yeah, you just yeah. Oh, Rich, Rich will pop a rant every now and again, oh, and, yes. and they're pretty. They're actually they're actually very very humorous. It's like, so, go Rich, go, go yeah. Rich, it's go. like it's like Rich. Rich says what we all think. There's no doubt about it, but. Uh, but Rich and Kendra and Stormy, they were absolutely fantastic hosts because they they took Jim and I around to a couple of restaurants and they, you know, they made sure that we had shuttle service to and from the hotel a couple times. <laughs> there you and go. They were they were just they were just awesome awesome hosts and they they really took good care of us. So, uh, Rich, Kendra, and Stormy, thank you all so very much for for accommodating uh, Jim and I. Now, one thing I will say about uh, PRG Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Uh, I'll sum it up in one word. It was it was pretty awesome. Well, that's two words. Uh, so anyway, it was pretty awesome. And the reason were the, the reasons are actually many. And and I'll I'll, I'll kind of do a flyover on this because uh, there's there's I, there's a lot here. And Brent, I know when I look when we look in the show notes, it's like that'll take an hour to get through. It's like no, it really won't. But I I wanted to pull out the high points because this this show this show did it right and and it did. And it did several things right. So, so here, here's the deal. Um, the show is primarily focused on console gaming, it, retro console gaming. There's, there's no doubt about it. That's where, that's where it feels like it has cut its teeth and, and where its, its pedigree is really best represented. So, with that, you've got the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, you've got the NES, the SNES, Game Boy, GBA, Game Boy Color. They're all well represented at at the show, and it has got 
it has to be one of the largest uh, vendor halls that, that I have ever seen. Uh, this picture that you've got, this overview picture, yeah, it looks like a it looks like a fairly good size Comic Con in terms of the layout and the aisles and the number of vendors. Yeah, it's, it, it's and, wild. It, it's, it's big, and that's not even all of it. I, I mean, I don't think they could they could get everything in frame, uh, at least for the camera that they were using, or the camera, the lens that it, I'm sorry, the lens that they were using on whatever camera they used, or a smartphone or what have you. So they didn't. It's not a panoramic shot so it's it's a fixed frame shot and so you can only see so much but it it tells a, a pretty big story and um, I'll put it in the show notes for sure there were over 200 exhibitors or vendors inside the the vendor hall that was running strong for essentially two days two full days and the modern consoles were represented well also I mean you've, the Sega Xbox Sony I mean they they were all very very well represented from uh, you know game availability standpoint a lot of sw- a lot of uh, you know swapping and trading going on outright buys I mean it was it was pretty nuts. There were, there were a lot of artists and a lot of what I'd call uh, kind of glitch option vendors there as well, just selling things like glassware and stickers and magnets and and you know jewelry and beadwork and pictures and posters. I mean, you name it, it, it was there. So that that was cool. Um, the Atari Age booth. So if you're on AtariAge.com, uh, the, the Atari Age booth was there. It was large. It was in charge. I've got several pictures of it. I didn't put them in the show notes, so that's a, that's a fail on me. But uh, it, that booth was big, and, and they had tons of homebrews out there, box to buy, and a nice table, double-sided. Uh, t- actually, it was two tables sitting face, face-to-face where they had just rows and rows of 2,600s. Uh, are, are they are they based on the West Coast? Uh, they are okay. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So, so or, or the next option is is that it's just such a big show; it's worth the trip. It, they're, they're they're, at. Yeah, yeah it, so it's Albert uh, Yeruso, who is the owner and operator of Atari Age, and uh, and he he's he's located there. So uh, it's pretty much as I understand it, his his home show. So uh, yeah, the Atari Age booth was awesome, and then from the show goers perspective. Uh, it was really split up in, into three areas. The console section, which was which was just huge. I mean, you had table after table after table of every console imaginable, even going back to like the Fairchild and the Magnavox Odyssey that you could go back there and sit down and play. And then home computers were represented there. I, I kind of fold those into the console section because you could sit down and play a Vectrax and Intellivision and then move one table over and play an Atari 400 and then eight in any of the 8-bit computers and Commodores and stuff like that. It, it was it was very, very well done. Um, they had a pinball alley that was uh, probably three, I'd say three rows of pinball machines, all all fairly modern. They had a, and they had one specific row of like Gottlieb wedge heads and stuff. That was very, very neat to see. And then, of course, they, they had the classic arcade, which was a full complement of, uh, of, of just that, just classic arcade games that... Um, the people brought in and it was just, it was just nice. I mean, probably, I mean, if I had to put a, a, a number to it, I'm going to estimate this probably a hundred to 120 arcade games, probably easily, I'm going to say 60 or so pinball machines. Wow. And that, and that not being the focus of and the that show, not being the focus still, of the show, it was, huge. it was, it was huge. Um, I did run into, I uh, did run into a good friend, Victor Marlin from the 10 pence arcade. He and his wife, uh, came, came out to Portland for, for the show specifically. So Victor and I got to hang, hang around a 
little bit and uh, played some games together. I mean, he and I got to play Warlords together. We, you know, two player Robotron, and we so got that to was kind out. of a surprise, it, it right? Neat. You just turned around. There's Victor. Well, I knew he was going to make it, but he was delayed getting in. But eventually, I turned around and there was Victor. Oh. You know, and it was just surprise. You know, and I, I say that in so it wasn't a, a severe Fox surprise. Yeah. No, it wasn't. A, it was an expected. I was expecting him, but it was a surprise when he showed up. I got you. Okay. That? All right. Yeah. So I'll say it that way. So, uh, so yeah, we were able to uh, you know spend a couple of hours and walk around and play arcade games together, and that was that was good fun. Uh, Stern Pinball was there. They they had uh, not the not the full on you know let's say tent uh, you know showpiece that, that they put together at most of the major shows, but uh, now but, does Stern do that too? Because I know the tent that I'm that you're talking about like the pyramid type thing. Yeah, that's, that's Marcos. Yeah. That, it, it, Yes, and Marco was there as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, All yeah. Right. So I just I just hadn't gotten well, to Marco yet. Marco, okay. Yeah, but but Marco and Stern were both there. Oh, so right. they, okay. they had a, they had a couple of folks from Marco that, and a couple. That folks That would be from difficult Stern. because to, they that, that's literally coast to coast for them. To it move is. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can it see is. That. So uh, so Mike Vinicor was there and a couple other folks. From I've Stern. heard of him. Yeah, yes, I heard of them. And uh, and Rachel was there from Marco from the Electric Bad Arcade. I've, I've heard of her. Yeah, yes. I've heard of her. I've she was yes. she was there from uh, from Marco. And they, they had, I think, five games there. So um, they had a, a couple of, uh, let's see, a couple of Jurassic Park pros, a Star Trek. And uh, at this point, Elvira wasn't on the streets yet. It, uh, no, no, it was yeah. not on the streets yet. And the thing that was made it tough is that this was the same weekend that uh, Expo Pinball Expo was happening in Chicago. So all, oh, all the it? Elvira goodness was in there. Chicago okay. and not not in Portland. And they had a Deadpool and, and a Star Wars and stuff, so they, they had enough to play, but uh, but it just wasn't. You know, it, it they were there and they had a presence, but it just wasn't the normal sized presence that you would see at at, at some of the other shows. Um, before I get to the panels, the one thing that I did want to mention, and I saw I saw a lot of uh, saw a lot of odd things while I was in Portland. <laughs> I'll just say that a lot of things that made me take pause. But the one thing that I think sticks out the most was a full on in full regala, a Darth Vader cape and all, <laughs> cape and all, playing a set of bagpipes while riding a unicycle, <laughs> riding through the event, and it was so. I have questions. It was so alarming and disarming <laughs> that when he when he rode by, it you knew it was coming, you could see it coming, but when he rode the unicycle by you and you stared into the helmet of Darth Vader <laughs> with bagpipes stuck inside the mouthpiece, you're you're just still not prepared for that visual at all. <laughs> but I will say he was very skilled at playing the bagpipes. The, how, du- the dude was good. So how did he not get his cape caught in the wheel of the unicycle? He kept moving so that he had he <laughs> had wind. a wind he had a wind at his back at all times. Is so, that like when you see the guys ride the big high wheelers? Yeah, they they, they just pedal like mad. They just, they, <laughs> the, the thing is, once you get started, you can never stop. And he would he would work his way through the vendor hall. He'd work his way through the arcade section and everything. And nobody nobody gave him a second fl- a second's worth of fluff at all <laughs> everybody had reverence for darth vader playing the bagpipes riding on a there's unicycle a lot, there's a lot of skill going on there. there's, there's 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 balance there's bagpipe skills there's, yes there's uh breathing coordination yes and there's just the presence of darth vader there's the, trying yeah. to see through the the, the helmet <laughs> yeah there's all of that so uh it, it was it was pretty cool the one thing that i will say that i take away from 
uh, the Portland show is the pan is what made it such a great experience on top of everything that I've mentioned is the panels in the panel presentations, uh, Brent, they are just unmatched when it comes to the people that they pull and the content that they provide. So I'm going to do a quick rundown on this just to, just for familiarity, uh, just so that everybody has a, a sense of scale here in, in number and everything. Uh, and I, and I will say that I did get permission, and I'm happy that I was able to do this. I did secure permission to run the audio for all the panels that I attended uh, here on our show. So I'm going to mention all of this, and then over the coming months, we'll be able to run these a couple, probably one or two at a time on an episode, and everybody will be able to hear this. And then hopefully you'll get a sense of the quality here and and hopefully want, want to go to, to, uh, to PRG at some point in time, PRGE at some point in time. So... Panel guests. So it runs like this. One panel was Dan Kitchen and Gary Kitchen, the Kitchen brothers from Activision, as well as David Crane. Now, between the three of them, their resume from an Atari 2600 and an Activision development standpoint is almost unmatched. You're talking Dan Kitchen, uh, known for Crackpots and Ghostbusters, F-14 Tomcat, uh, Akari Warriors, Commando, River Raid 2, Kung Fu Master, it goes on and on. His brother, Gary Kitchen, uh, he did Keystone Capers and he also did Donkey Kong uh, for the uh, for Coleco to release on the 2600. And of course, David Crane, uh, he needs really no introduction. Pitfall, Laser Blast, you know, Dragster, Fishing Derby, on, you know, on and on and on, Freeway and on. Then there's Howard Scott Warshaw, who did Yars Revenge and E.T., uh, several Atari and uh, Nintendo of America uh, alumnus. You've got Todd Fry, Ed Log, Ed Rotberg, Pamela Smith, John Sowitz, and, and Howard Phillips. I mean, it's in each one of those individuals. I'll leave it to the listener to go look those folks up, but trust me, the resume is long well, and the, distinguished. I know all of these names from Retro Gaming Roundup exactly. They do a lot of focus on consoles. Yes, and you know, of course, then it's classic stuff that kind of really fits into like when you and I grew up from the Atari perspective and the like, and it's just kind of amazing to me that you, you can tell the size and the scope of this show to have all of these folks in in one shot for yes weekend, yeah and, and this isn't just one panel where they all just sit and you just get one and done mm-hmm. no these are these these folks that i just mentioned they hosted like four panels over the course of two days and, and that's that's one thing i did want to make make note of these panels run from like 10 in the morning all the way through 10 p.m each oh wow. each night and brent they there there's not a repeat panel and they have so much content across all of these panelists that and i, I i'm not even telling I, i'm just listing out the ones that i went to go watch so not in the ones so, that I, not, I understand this isn't even inclusive i understand their focus but out of all that you're not even getting into like really pinball and arcade no 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 That's not it. at all this is this is mostly all console gaming and early early arcade just because of the familiar just because of liaison with atari or nintendo the from back in the day some yep. of the crossover but this is mostly all console so you've got those guys and then bob smith he was one of the founders of a magic and he and he created video pinball and star wars for the atari 2600 you've got tim lapatino he he did the book the art of atari and he did an entire panel discussion on the influence of tron in in modern pop culture in science fiction today it was wonderful we'll have the audio for that pat country who's known as uh, the nes punk who is extremely prolific on on the the nes and the in the 
the Super Nintendo library. Uh, he he did actually a couple uh, a couple of console or I'm sorry a couple of panel discussions on the consoles and on the games. Then if we get into like the YouTubers who YouTube on on uh, console gaming, you've got Metal Jesus Rocks, the real John Hancock, the Angry Video Game Nerd, Kenzie Burke, Kelsey Lewin. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on for all these people that were at this show and were doing these panel discussions. It was it was it sounds it was unbelievable. It was (laughs) insane. And I'll say this, like the line to get in to see the angry video game nerd, to to get in to see his panels, you had to line up like 45 minutes in advance and the line would go down a hall, down a stairwell, you know, down to another floor around the stairwell and then down the hall. And I mean, it was nuts to get in to see Metal Jesus Rocks. It was almost the same way. That happens to us. Oh yeah. All the the time. Yeah. I mean, you're talking an entourage for an entourage to keep an entourage (laughs) in check, you know? It, it, it was the 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 scale of this show was impressive. Okay, impressive, and so you know when I sum it all up, it was well worth going. It's well worth return visit. The vendor hall and the panels they really set this show apart from any other show that I've ever been to. Uh, I still want to go to the Midwest Gaming Classic. I still want to go to Replay FX and, and a few others. And I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm some some way somehow, Brent. We we got to go. I want to go. I want you to go and, and experience some of these as well. Um, it was it was it was awesome. Oh, and, and one thing, looking through the show notes, I, I don't want to miss this. I did get to get Jim and I did go to Ground Control uh, Arcade and Bar one night, and it, it was okay. But, but Brent, I mean, <laughs> I, I want to tell you, man, rec, rec bar, rec bar does it, does it good. Oh, does it? Rec okay. bar does it good. Okay. And so when, when I'm just doing the rank and file, because how, how do you, how do you, how do you judge something? You judge it against what you know. And the guys at rec bar have done a really good job, but ground control, ground control was good. was good. It was, it was definitely an, an, an okay well, visit. So I know the name. So there's I, Portland. I know that, that what comes with the name and the, you know, it's long-standing respected arcade mm-hmm. is it just you talking yeah. about like just layout or just yeah game it's it's a, it's or? a multi it's a multi-floor layout so you have to go I do up remember and down that from some pictures yeah you yep. have to go up and down staircases and and we're getting old we it, don't want to do that a lot <laughs> well fortunately you and i are in pretty good shape so we're okay <laughs> on that right now but what i will say but. <laughs> but what i will say is that you know different games are on different floors and so you have to traverse a bit and they've got a couple of different bars different menus at the different bars and in the place was just loud it was so loud in the crowd there was a big crowd so they're doing a really good business but i guess i just like things at kentucky speed you know what i'm (laughs) saying there's something to be said for that i'll tell you what i've got no trouble health-wise going up and down the steps yeah it's just that i'm i'm getting a little on in the years and i just like things a little quieter and a little slower well that's whitney speed i'll tell you and what I've gotten in the habit of doing at like rec bar here in, yeah. in, in Louisville or even at shows is I'll put in a set of earbuds. I am, and, I am going to start doing that from now on. And, and yes. I look at, look at people and I just, if it's someone I'm having a conversation with and, and I'll look at, and I'll say, look, I, I'm not listening to something over you. This, and this an earbud is like, an, it, yeah, it isn't like an ear plug in yeah. that it just, you, it, well, an earplug isn't going to knock everything out, but yeah. you're not going to get the 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 
the knockdown of the noise, the DB reduction with just an earbud all the way in your ear canal, like you would an ear plug. Yeah. But it's enough to take a lot of that all away. It just cuts the highs yes. is what it does. And that, and that's huge. And I, I can stand in the middle of a floor at a show and have a conversation with somebody face to face with no problem. Yeah. Just like I had him out. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I've, I, I said that several times. It's like, Hey, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, but I'm not ignoring you. I've just, just got these. I don't yeah. even have these on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I have got uh, low grade tinnitus, so I've got to be uh, a bit more protective of my mm-hmm. hearing. And uh, I'll be quite honest. After after going to SFGE this this summer, it I, was a little I, ear ringy, and I'm sure I, they'll address. That. I'm sure they'll address yep. it. But that caused me that caused me material pain. And so I'm, I'm approaching the shows differently. So, uh, and now that you say that, that's, yeah. uh, that's actually when I started doing the, the earbud thing. Yep. 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 For sure. You know? So yeah, packing, packing earplugs and stuff like that. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm currently looking for a good set of earbuds that, uh, that I could wear that would allow a little bit of flow through, so I, I'm, I need to do a bit more research on that. But uh, for right now, I've, I've got to have something to assist on that because otherwise the tinnitus just gets worse and it's not worth getting worse. So trust me, you, it's something you live with forever. And Fr- uh, friendly, friendly tip from your friends here at Broken Tone. Yes, 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 yes. Hearing protection is a wonderful thing. <laughs> so being able to hear, being able to hear is, as you get older. Yeah, yes. it's it's really nice. So so there's that. So that was the trip to Portland. Uh, I and I. I wound up actually doing a, another trip to San Francisco and Brent, that was a wonderful trip because I got a little bit more than I bargained for because from where my hotel was, uh, not to shift gears, but I didn't want to shift gears from where my hotel was. Oh, I didn't even was, realize this was a separate trip because yes, I was just looking through the pictures. Yes. The show yes. Notes. No, this is in San Francisco. And I, from where my hotel was, I walked, uh, what I consider down, but being in San Francisco, part of that was also up. So, <laughs> you know, I, it did I walk down? Did I walk up? I don't know. I think I did both. But I walked to Pier 45, which is uh, Fisherman's Wharf, to get a look at Alcatraz. And I timed my I timed the walk perfectly because I was able to get some beautiful, beautiful shots of Alcatraz at dusk. And I, were you I, playing in an escape? No, 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 <laughs> no. But but I did get to go to the Alcatraz gift shop and bought some really cool swag for the family while I was there, and so it worked out well. Here's a little rowboat. Yes, here's a little rowboat. Here's the, here's here's a jail T-shirt that looks plan. really cool. Yes, in an escape plan. Yeah, exactly. And a cake. Everybody a needs cake. a cake. You know. So now I want cake. Okay, yeah. go ahead. So I bought a cake, a rowboat, and a shift. But anyway, so there's uh, so while. I was there, got to look at Alcatraz and see it. And that, that was awesome. And so before walking back, you know, I, I was debating on getting, getting something to eat. And then you know, I was, I was walking around and just looking for a place that I that was, was going to be satisfied with to sit down and eat. And I saw this place called the Musée Mechanique. And I think that's how it's said, but I'm going to go it, with it. Okay. The way it's highlighted and there's multiple vowels here and there. Yeah. In the queue, it looks very French to me. Yes, I'm going to go with mechanic key right now. Okay, I because think it's men- mechanic. Me- mechanic. Okay, Me- maybe musée mechanic. Maybe yes. that's it. Okay, so 
regardless, it's a mechanical museum. Okay, that that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna bowl it all and down. I've to. I have actually seen pictures of this place, and the only reason I know it oh is because uh the the flooring is very not and I don't mean this in a bad way, but it looks very aged. Yes, and then the very last picture of what appears to be the proprietor. Yes, yes. So go and ahead I, and, and, and get I'll, into I'll get into yeah, that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take it from you. No, no, no. It, it's fine. So I walked into the museum. And I was greeted with, uh, and I'll, I'll have all these uh, pictures in the show notes, and by the time that this uh, show goes live, I will have posted a Facebook album to our, our, I'm sorry, I will have posted an album to our Facebook page uh, a day or two beforehand saying, hey, listen to this, we talk about this in episode 85, so everybody uh, will have hopefully... Uh, seen the pictures and then can reference this as well for the walkthrough. But this is essentially what you would consider a penny arcade slash museum. Because as you walk through this, it's it's almost like a, a hangar or almost like a I, I don't know. Um, like it looks like looks like, like an old a, warehouse. Like to a me. warehouse. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I'm basing some of that on the flooring. On, on, the, on the flooring and the ceiling. Yeah. And you're essentially walking through this we'll call it a warehouse, an open floor warehouse, where the the proprietor of of the museum has intermingled uh classic arcades. And even some new Stern pinball machines, as you can see, Brent, I've got a picture in the show notes of a brand new Stern Star Wars sitting right next to what is undoubtedly a very early EM machine. And you walk through this place and it's and it's this odd eclectic mixture of old and new together sitting side by side. But you go down a couple of the of the hallways or a couple of the aisles and you see what can only be described as a perfect preservation of the arcades of yesteryear, mm-hmm. okay? Because you're looking at everything, uh, all of these cabinets that are, that are in beautiful, beautifully maintained wood, um, you know, dark oak or walnut. I'm, I'm looking at a couple now, and they look like they're perhaps some kind of music. Yes. So you because you've got long shots, not you know, not not up close shots. Yeah. yeah. But but I do have up close shots to go on the Facebook oh, okay. on the Facebook album because okay, I, I probably took thirty pictures while I was there. I just cherry picked a couple for the discussion here. But you've got strength testers. You have got love meters. You have got um, well. There's one thing here. What's this thing under the the below the Star Wars picture? There's this big blue. So that and, and it looks like it. Go go ahead. Yes. I have an idea what you're so, going to tell so me. So what that is is that it's huge. It, it's huge. And think of think of this as almost like um, I can only describe it as let's say the the dimensions of an upright popcorn machine at a movie theater, and and pack that about four wide and about four or five deep. It looks like it looks like the footprint of a of a small sedan. Yes, it does. With but it's all wood with a wooden canopy top. Yes. It looks very circus like. It, it's very circus like. And, and I see a coin mech and no control. So I'm guessing there, there is no you control. drop a coin in it you, and it's it's a diorama. It is a diorama because all you do is drop the coin and in it. and then watch the watch the action unfold. I love those and things. like that one in particular was a diorama of an army base, and you would drop the coin in and then you would just watch little jeeps run around and watch the little tanks move and watch the little people, you know, the little mick on a stick kind of kind of move around the diorama and everything I like that. I love those things. And and there were several of those dioramas. That there and they all worked 
perfectly. The thing about it is, is everything in this museum works perfectly. You're talking about the eclectic mix, and then just right across the aisle from that are, are two whack-a-moles. Yeah, two I mean, whack-a-moles. Yeah, it, is, two two completely digital modern whack-a-moles. This is awesome. Yeah, and, and then then you know you walk through. There's a couple of Zoltar, Zoltar, Zoltan. I don't know which I think one it's Zoltar. it is. Is it Zoltar? Okay, a couple of Zoltars, and then there's a couple of other puppet based coin, a puppet based coin there's a, operated there's, like fortune teller machines. There's a ton of, of, I think they're called mutoscopes that you look into and you spin the, you the spin crank, the, you spin the crank wheel. Movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I always like those. There's two. several of those. And, and, and I mean, there's just a, a, the selection of the, of the machines of the mechanical machines that are here is just unbelievable. And then, um, the the one thing that really took me by surprise is the gentleman that uh, I caught moving around, and when I say move around, I say that with the, with as much sincerity as possible, because there was this guy. He was dressed in blue jean, a blue jean shirt, and blue in in blue jeans. So he was all blue from head to toe. He's like Mister Green jeans, but he's blue, you know. And he was wearing a pair of roller skates and knee pads and coin changers on his belt. <laughs> And he would literally zip through this entire place on roller skates and get change for people as they needed change to operate the machines. <laughs> Can you check out the change machine? It's down. It's it, down. You got to go to him and okay, let me fix this wheel bearing. Yeah, exactly. And and so the, <laughs> he's the way back that, on the road. He's back on the road. And the way that you would get his attention is at several different places throughout the museum. You could hit a button and ring a bell, and, and the bell would sound, and he would zip over to wherever the bell was being rung. <laughs> And I I stopped him and talked to him for about a good solid five minutes. And the only way that I can say it is his story is amazing. You have to go to the museum mechanic, okay? Mechanic. Mechanic. That's where I'm going with this. Okay, fair enough. We'll go with that. If you go to the website, we'll have it in the show notes, and go backslash story, okay? You can read all about the back history of this establishment. So since 1933, this establishment has been run by, first, this gentleman's father, and now him. Family-owned and operated since 1933. They they exist, their, their entire financial picture is built upon people coming in and playing these machines, so it is a it is an arcade in every so sense of the no word. No alcohol, no no food, no, no soft drinks. No, just keep going, and I'll it's say no. Coin drop. It's coin drop and coin drop only. And it was so amazing because he took me back into his workroom and showed me his workbenches and everything that he does. He has got metal lathes. He's got a CNC machine. He's got drill presses. Because these parts. They don't, for some, you're, they don't you, exist. You he just makes them. have to make them. He makes them yeah. is what he does in order to keep these machines up and running. One of the more interesting people that I have talked to in, in recent weeks slash months, no doubt about it. So it was a fantastic find. I stumbled into it completely by accident. I had no idea this place even existed in San Francisco, let alone on Pier 45 when I was down there just kind of daftly looking looking at Alcatraz. Okay. See, now, I've been it down was, there. It was awesome. But it was it was years before I started in the hobby. So it never occurred to me. As to what it really was, or no, uh, to to go look for something. Oh, like I see. This. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. And I've been in that. I've been down Fisherman's Wharf, and I've been in that area, and yeah. I never, 
never occurred to me. Yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. So I, I will say this for 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 my hiatus due to a, due to a definitely a bad event, but my travel. I, Brent, I'm going to say this. I am blessed. I am blessed in career and I am blessed with job and I'm blessed that, that I can travel and can do some fun stuff that goes along with that. So this was one of those scenarios where the travel worked out and I got to, I got to book in, you know, PRGE. And then I got to book in going to San Francisco with some personal and some work travel. And and man, I want to tell you, it was just awesome. It was just awesome. I'm, so I'm looking through some of the pictures. Yeah, uh, that's so, yeah. Some of the diorama, uh, diorama type machines, some of the puppet type machines, and then yeah. uh, then there's uh, a picture of a Star Wars vector upright. Exactly, yeah, and it, it's all there. And then you walk right around. You play a Moon Patrol, and yep. then then you put in a, you drop a quarter, and then you do an arm wrestling machine. You know, it's 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 absolutely. Did you amazing. spend any time on the kissometer? Insert uh, no. coin and kiss your mate for answer. <laughs> well, and it no. looks like it spins around. Yeah, yeah, it's some crazy stuff. And I've got pictures of quite a bit of that that'll that'll be on the on the Facebook album. And Brent, to close out the updates as far as where I've been and what I've been doing, um, the 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 saga with my house. Uh, good thing is, it's just about done. <laughs> and uh you know almost just a, a little bit more just a little bit more but this is a situation where three repairs has turned into 13 projects and i will say it's all good stuff it's just created an opportunity for uh for mrs roberts and i to fix a lot of stuff uh that that was broken or may not have been broken how i'll just i'll just well, put you, it that way you get into the lot you a lot of the i was about to say you get into the honeydews or you get it's not really that you get into the I might as well's yeah, well, while I'm here. Well, and, and there's been a lot of that, yeah. but a lot of it has been stuff that Jackie's been wanting to do for a while. And there's never been a reason. There's never been a compelling reason other than we want to do it to tackle it and to take it on. And I mean, Brent, I, I want to do a lot of stuff, but I don't get to do everything I want to do. And, until you have to until you have to and admittedly some stuff at the house from a from a project perspective it just wound up getting ignored because we didn't have to do it you could say oh i would love to do that but it's number 87 on a list out of 100 Mm -hmm. does it need to be done oh no doubt do you want to do it no doubt but it's number 87 not number three well this this whole scenario with the house has caused all 87 of those things to become (laughs) number one number two and number three in a rotating fashion so we've been getting a lot done but it has come at the expense of of some hobby work so the game room's on lockdown still due to construction uh plastic's been draped over everything but the good thing about it is is that i'm i'm coming out better because i am going to get to rearrange the entire game room uh, i did lay down some new ceramic tile in in the game room uh that floor is in it looks absolutely amazing if i say so myself and so that everybody knows and if you're new to the show you actually put um Oh, what are the Teflon casters under all your games? Yes. So you could skate them around on that Move on that around. tile and have no no, no problems. Com- yeah. No issues. No and issues you're not worried whatsoever. about gouging and nah, all that no, stuff no. just moves. Yeah, because I, I had like a cheap uh, like Pergo and well Pergo 
implies a certain amount of quality. I had uh, less than Pergo. I'll just call it vinyl flooring. Okay, like the snap together. Did you have, did you have per per stop? Per stop. Not yes. Pergo. No, it was not Pergo. Okay. It was per All stop. Right. Yeah. Ta and everybody just destroyed their <laughs> podcasting device. I'm done. It's, it's all good, yeah. done. But um, it's a shame no that, one's going to hear the rest of this show. That, that's that's <laughs> true. But you know what? In in grandiose style, we're going to keep right on going. So the the cheap vinyl flooring was pulled out. I I put in a very very nice tile base. It it looks absolutely beautiful. It it complements the colors and the in the carpet that's in that's in the game room now, and it really fits the the theme and it 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 does the game room justice. So in all of this, Brent, I, I'm going to be rearranging the game room. I'm going to create a pinball row down one side of the game room and a smaller arcade row down the other. I will always, and and for the duration, have my Nintendo games. But what this is going to do, Brent, is this is going to cause me to downsize. And that's probably for the good. So I'm thinking... Oh, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I'm thinking spring, summer, fall next year after all this home stuff is behind me. Whitney is going to be uh, hitting the Facebook groups and um, probably some other venues, and Whitney's going to be lightening his load is what he's going to be. Because through all of this, what his, what it has taught me is that for for the size of my collection, I'm really only truly interested in about 30 to 35% of it as far as keeping it and keeping up with it. And then pinball mm-hmm. and then pinball. You know, I'm just looking over my shoulder thinking yeah. about what you asked me earlier, what would shift around if I brought in a high speed or yeah. a tales from the crypt or, yeah. you know, other things I want to keep. And it's yeah. just like, you know, how much, and then we've talked about shifting stuff in and out of the, the, the main game room to kind of keep it fresh. Yeah. And then how much of that back stock do you keep? So yeah. Uh, man, I, I'm, I get at, it. I'm at that point. I'm yeah. at that point where I don't need 50. I, I don't need, even need half. I, I just need a, a nice, you know, a, a nice, nice uh, rotatable collection to keep the game room fresh. And that are the games that, that I truly enjoy playing because I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be quite honest with you, Bren, and everybody. When people come over, they play pinball. And they'll play some of the known arcade games. Mm-hmm. But the other stuff like Zookeeper and Mad Planets and the stuff that means something to me, they're they're wonderful, wonderful games, but nobody plays them. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep a small subset of those, you know, like Robotron and, and some other stuff that are just awesome games. But the the bulk of the stuff that I was kind of going after it from a completionist standpoint early on in the hobby, it's like that stuff's not going to, it's not going to, it's not going to make the cut. No, I understand that. I mean, even it's not going to make the cut, even after I have an open for, you know, an open event, let's say that it's not like Thanksgiving where it's just family. Yeah. And I look at what is in all the coin buckets because, and for new listeners of the show, I, I keep quarters down here in a, yeah. in a change machine. You just push in the, the dollar drawer and it spits out four quarters. And so I give you the money yeah. and it's for that arcade experience. Sure. Sure. And so I can, um, I take up a collection of my own money at the yeah. end of the night or the next day. I can tell what gets played. Yeah. And if, if, if it's the height of the gathering and people are looking for things to play it's not uncommon for everything to have a, every every game to be in use. Yeah. But 
the coin bucket tells the story at the end of the night. That it does. And it's the same thing here, Whitney. Yeah. The, the, the drivers will get more play. Uh, Tron will get play. All the pinballs will get play. All the pinballs get play. The vector games will get play. Uh-huh. And then pack will get play. And then it starts to just taper it down. Just fast and, and tape, furious. Fast and that. furious. Yep. Yes, yes. Absolutely. So my Tron will make the cut, no doubt. My burger time will make the cut. My food fight will make the cut. There, I mean, there, there's a few that's going to make the cut, but there's, there's a lot that's not going to make the cut. And so I, I, I will, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and say it. I mean, over the next year, year and a half, I'm going to be pairing the collection down for sure. And, and then last, but certainly not least, and I owe uh, a more detailed discussion on this and, and that will happen next month is I acquired a lit frame from Brad Hunter. And for folks that don't know, lit frames are, um, LED backlit frames that you put a pinball translight into and then hang on the wall. And they're they're remote controlled. Uh, you can control the color of the backlight or you can just have a nice bright white or warm white or soft white, however you want to go, daylight. You can control the spectrum of the of, of the um, of the Kelvin rating of, of the light itself. It's just a very, very nice and clean option for building out lighting for the game room. And so I, I, I did uh, get in touch with Brad, say, hey, Brad, I was interested in, in picking one of these up. Uh, he sold one to me. I got it in, and I, I will give a full review on it because I, I told him that I would. So I'm looking forward to unpacking that, and uh, I, I'll talk more about that on the December show. And uh, that, Brent, I don't know how long that was. Uh, all told, you and I together. Uh-huh. Uh, and 2.5 hours. No, I'm going <laughs> to chop a little off this because I know we had a little uh, pre-chat while I leveled yeah. in the front. So we're we're probably just under two hours. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, yep. that's that that's updates, man. So uh, I am I am totally, totally glad to be sitting back in the seat because this is cathartic, man, and it's fun. And uh, it, it did me some good to, to sit and... and tell the story and get caught up. So there's, Man, there's I'm, that. I'm glad to have you back with well, I appreciate me. that. Thank you. Glad so, to be back. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick little break and then we're yep. going to skate into segment two where we're going to talk about our experience uh, at the Grand Old Game Room Expo or 2019. Yep. And then that'll lead us into some content from that show that we're going to play for everybody. Yep. Sounds good. Well, Whitney, in amongst everything else that we've had going on, we yes. did actually manage to get at the same show at the same time. Yes, it was a it was an odd pairing, but it just seemed to work. You know, I don't know who who would have thought. But no, I mean, all joking aside, it was good. Uh, it was good just to be at a show. We got to play some pinball together. We got to hang out. We got to do some panels, and we got to help a good, good buddy of ours, David Corrigan, and that's always awesome, too. And, of course, that show is the Grand Old Game Room Expo. Yes, yes. One of my favorite shows of all, <laughs> and I've told David this several times, and I will continue to tell him that. I love his show. Yeah, I do. Puts, it yeah, is such does. a good show. It's on a great show. He puts on a great show. He put out the... Attendance. I don't think it was the actual numbers. But he mm-hmm. just put a percentage, and it was uh, it was on his Facebook page. And honestly, I didn't prep for this. This just popped in my I, head. I, I want to say it was fifty percent. I, th- I thought it he was a fifty percent, fifty percent, yeah, yeah, increase over last year. And, and still, the way he's got things laid out and the space that he's got, it's uh-huh. it's not like you felt uh, like you were packed in like sardines. Yeah, you yeah. know, it, you weren't 
able to not find games to play. There wasn't long lines for games to oh, play. No. There was a, and it, I guess maybe it worked out because of his hours. Because the the game rooms open to like two a.m. Two a.m. Yes, and people just were able to filter, in my opinion, filter through through the course of the days. Uh-huh. And you just you just didn't have a like you didn't feel log jammed exactly. And and I will say, just just so that everybody knows, it is a smaller show, but because it's a smaller show, in let's say in comparison to like Portugal retro, you know, the Portland Retro Gaming Expo yep. or or something like that, because it is a smaller show, you're everything is a bit more self contained. But that's the that's the, the, the to me that's the biggest strength is because you can look across the you can look across this big game room and you can see from end to end you can see everything and you can go to everything and you don't miss a single thing that's right. what I love about his show is you don't miss anything you get to take every single bit of it in and I'm not saying it's a smaller show in a derogatory way at all again it's one of the strengths it's one of the things I love about it because the hours are extended. The, the the people as they move through it's like you say there's not a log jam and there's enough hours there and the the balance to the people is perfect that it never really feels super crowded even no. though there's always a good crowd and, uh, and being smaller don't think that it doesn't get capital games all right oh, so I'm, and oh, I'm gonna jump does. I'm gonna jump ahead just to shade sure, in our notes yeah. yeah yeah and and like Music City Pinball. They bring out now in, in the, I don't know what we're, we're 30, gonna, we're 30 gonna, games. Yeah, we're going to circle back and talk about the newer games and Marco and and what they do for the show and sure, all that. That's fine. But like Music City, they sell new titles, uh-huh. but they also will refurbish and and they they offer older titles and yeah. you know DMD titles, solid state titles, all that fun stuff. And w- when they bring games, they are. Beautiful, yeah. yeah, they are quality. They look good. Titles, they look good. I, I played, I played on a on a Gaplus that was one of the oh, nicest arcade looking. and pinball. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, in arcade and pinball. Did, I played did he on have the Dura mode there this year on that? Uh, I don't remember. I don't recall. It. Yeah, it was there I think last I, year. Yeah, it was though. definitely there last year. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I, I played on a Gaplus, and uh, I played on a Gaplus. I played on a Satan's Hollow. I played on a Mappy, and I mean, just absolutely beautifully, beautifully restored games. A Bosconian that was beautiful. Played that, it just looked great. So, a Reactor that was completely restored looked beautiful. So, the I mean, some top top tier games, and, and even the people that that are local collectors and bringing in games. Did you see the creature from the Black Lagoon that was backed up against yeah, my Firepower? Yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, it was, I, it was, it was just, impeccable. It was impeccable. It was phenomenal. It was, uh, dare I say, flawless is what it was. Yeah. So uh, let's back up a little bit. We were talking about, I mentioned Marco, and uh-huh. they did the, they did their tent setup. Yeah. It looks like the the, uh, the the pyramid with the hanging lights. The, scaf- the, the, the scaffolding. scaffolding. Yeah, the scaffolding and, tent. And they brought in what, Whitney? I, I, I think I counted 13 or 14 games, but they had Jurassic Park. They had Elvira's House of House of uh, House of What is the subtitle? On that? No, that's House thinking, of Mystery. No, I'm thinking something else. Elvira. They had Elvira. They had the new Elvira. They had yep. the new Elvira. Sorry, it's a podcasting fail right there, big time. It's the new Elvira. They had uh, Star Wars, the comic edition. And I, that thing was beautiful. Yep. I love the artwork on that. They had a pro and a premium. And Darth Vader, it made me think of Darth Vader on a unicycle playing bagpipes. <laughs> it was wonderful. It was the 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 comic art. 
Yes. It's almost like you, you're like, man, I wish you'd have just built that game. Uh-huh. And then with that style artwork in the, in the display. Yeah, for, the, for the video assets. For, yeah, yes. from the beginning. Yes. Because it, it really... It pops, man. It, yeah. It for, pops. for me, that was I was like, man, that's the game right yeah. there. That's yeah. the way it's yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All, all I can say is Stern, if you're if anybody from Stern is listening, just please sell those translites. The the pro and the premium translate, just please, because Darth Vader looks awesome and I love the group shot on the on the pro translate. I, I just hope I can pick up a couple of translites at some point. Well, they so, also had yeah. a cup they also had a couple more that uh at least one Batman 66. I think they had uh-huh. an Iron yeah. Maiden. They, they had, had Guardians. A, a couple Iron Maidens. They had a Guardians. They had a Deadpool or two. Um, let's see. And then a few Jurassic Parks. And I think there was a Star Trek, if I'm not mistaken, a vaulted right, Star was. Trek. Yep. But it was spun around. It was spun around a corner and everything. But yeah, a, a good selection of modern Stern games. They did have more Jurassic Parks than anything, and I think that was probably an indicator of show game sales. And I will say that Jurassic Park is a fun shooting game. I don't think that it is a theme that I would that, that would find a lot of uh, a lot of acceptance in my house because none of us are like tremendous Jurassic Park fans from a theme perspective, but from a gameplay perspective, that game is fun. It shoots good and it's it, it's a blast. It's a well well done game. See, now, I haven't learned the rules of that game. I know uh, Jim Hale is mm-hmm. pretty deep into it. He, he, he is, and he was teaching me. He quite was able a few, to teach yeah, you. Yeah, some he stuff. was teaching me some stuff on it. Yeah, and then I've played it here. I played the pro here at Rec Bar. Okay, and I've had a good player here in town try to coach me through a few things. Yeah, I've learned a little bit about it. Yeah, and to me. I, I we've talked about this, Whitney. I get it. I totally get it. Just, it's it's all good. I, I granted, I gushed a little over the Star Wars comic. Yeah, and I did enjoy where I, when I played Elvira. But Brent Griffith, personally, right now, late in 2019, I just I, I don't care. Yeah, I, <laughs> sorry. It's, it's all good, man. It's, it's just all, none of this is on my radar. Yeah, well, and don't let that dissuade you if you're looking yes. at these titles. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I get it. I totally get it. Um, it's just one of those scenarios where. I mean, two months ago, nothing was on my radar, not a thing. And I, I mean, nothing was on my radar and I totally get that. So from that perspective, it's all good. I just take it as these titles are, it's, it's, it's great that Stern is cranking these titles out. I'm glad that we have them. I'm glad that they're being successful. And it, it, it was just fun to play a lot of new pinball at David's show, at, at the Grand Old Game Room Expo. Yeah, so I, that was that was sweet. W- with that, I will say I did enjoy Elvira. And did you now? Now, and I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I said that that way, but I did mean Not it. Not only did you I'm say sorry. it that way, but no one... No one could see what I saw, which was that little, like so kind of, the, the the Spock eyebrow. Yeah, the Spock yeah. eyebrow with yeah. the, with the, like the careening of your neck yeah. and your head, kind of to like, yeah. like really, really. Did you now? Like, so you didn't really take that cookie? Yeah, tell me about tell it. Tell me about how how you didn't. Ta- you're the only one here, other than myself, and I know I didn't take the cookie. Yeah, little Brent. Yeah. And you obviously, according to you, didn't take the cookie. How is that? <laughs> that's that's the look I yeah, got from I you. I did not it? take the cookie. Uh, so, granted, the, the I'll, house. I'll, I'll speak on Elvira just here in a second. Okay, so but yes, go so, go for it. So, you know what the concept in theme park design of a weenie is? 
Uh, no, enlighten so, us. So the weenie is the, the attention getter. Oh, so, okay. Like if That's the term. If you've ever been to um, Disney, Disney World in Orlando, okay, and I'm assuming there it's set up very similar in Disneyland. The castle. Yeah, the, you come in and that's the weenie. Yeah. The castle. Yeah. That's where your attention is. <laughs> and then everything else around that is supporting. Yeah. And then in Disney World, when you get up to the hub, which you're coming up to the castle, and you can break off into the other lands, if you look into the other lands there's the weenie for the land that draws and there's yeah like it like at epcot you know stuff like that there's yes i know the term and i've i I have in my mind i have meant to go look up the genesis of that forever Mm -hmm. and i i I haven't yeah and my guess is is maybe it has something to do with old theme parks and food sir i I don't know because regardless i I equate it to like a a a mcguffin or something like that yeah yeah, Yeah. it's it's a term that it's a term that's used to describe something completely different but once you know it it completely it's it's like it becomes synonymous so Granted, the weenie in Elvira is the house. You're doing a lot of interaction with the house. There's a lot of shots with the house. Yes, there is. Uh, There's a few things that go on with, uh, I don't know, the tool shed or whatever that thing is. Around around and through the house. The lower right. Mm -hmm. But the house is the draw. The house is the draw. There's no doubt. To me, the okay, there's nothing super technological there. A lot of it, um, okay. Let's just be honest. Almost all of it is a moving ramp and lighting effects, but it's it's executed well. That's it. It's executed it's extremely executed well, very well, very well. Even down to where they're doing specific little window lights. Uh-huh. And yeah. oh yeah, yeah. So Me- meaning like different different portions or modes or completion status yes. within the game. Yeah, everything there happens for a reason. There's and, and, no and doubt about I, it. And I'm not saying in a, I don't say anything about it. There's nothing new technological. Uh, I'm not saying that in a disparaging way. Yeah. They they did it well. Oh, execution. I enjoyed it. Yes. Execution on theme on Elvira is uh s- extremely good. Extremely good. I almost said second to none, but I, I wanted to pull that back because it's it's really, really, really good. I mean, getting Elvira to film for the video assets and everything, just yep. the the campiness and oh, the campiness just, and just everything. It's it's wonderful. I regret. The reason I can't say second to none yet is because I couldn't hear anything that was going on. I, I, I watched Elvira talk, and I watched Elvira emote, but I couldn't hear anything Elvira had to say. So I, I, here's probably the difference between your opinion and mine. Okay. Uh, I was there midday Thursday. Oh, so you got to hear it. Yes. Okay. I got to walk up yeah, to see, it I almost hear. right after right I after come out of the box. I couldn't hear a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I got to basically sit there and play several games on it with just a little noise as people were rolling games in. Okay. Well then you've got a you've got a much more educated opinion on it than I can. And that's have. not saying much. Well, because you still, met me. well, <laughs> we are on a podcast yeah. after all. Yeah. But but um, we we sit in a basement <laughs> and talk to microphones. Yay! So we don't even face each other. No, we do. <laughs> we do. We do. I, I just couldn't hear it, and and because I couldn't hear it, I, I all I could do was just base it on what I could see. 
And I was left feeling a bit empty because everything happens on the top third of the play field. Yep. And even though it is extremely well executed on the top third of the play field, all I really have to look at on the other two thirds of the play field is just really cool art. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and I was a bit bummed because I feel that the game is just so it's just so bat it to the top and let it fall back down then bat it to the top and let it fall back down they're long shots it, except they're really long shots and there's like nothing in between except for whatever and i say tool shed honestly yeah it looks like a little building like yeah. an outbuilding to the main the, that'll, house that'll kick it you know subway and kick it out the side well it, there, there probably maybe is a little technological advance in that uh-huh. in that the the doors will open and depending on the mode, either it'll be it'll rotate and it'll be a scoop that goes under the play field, mm-hmm. or there'll be a a, a bash toy, mm-hmm. a little like a skull that comes up. Yep. So it's not a one trick pony. Uh, no, I it, get it. It might be a, a trick and a half or a two trick pony. Yeah, but it's uh, let's call it a trick and a half or two trick pony that still is only serviced by the long shots. Yeah. So yeah. you go back up. It's the half his way up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can backhand it, but still, yeah. I, it, I, I just, I just felt like based upon how that, how that design sits, it would be, it would something that game could only, could really only enjoy longevity in my collection based upon the merit of the call out and the theme integration, mm-hmm. not me staying extremely interested in it over the course of the years. That that's there. I said it. That's it. All right, well, that, now, that's fair. Now a game, a, a, a different titles will fare differently for me, no doubt. Star Trek, extremely deep. Batman sixty six theme integration, second to none. Mm-hmm. They, it, it just. I've been playing a lot of sixty six lately. <laughs> yeah, I listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's got it going on. Yeah, it, it does. I, I've it started to on. enjoy it. Yeah. Yes, it's got it going on. Yeah. So, so but I, I I truly, truly want to play Elvira where I can hear it and 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 get the full effect because Stern seemed to spare not a lot of expense in making Elvira happen. Well, and I truly re- I don't I truly know how much expense that. I don't know how much expense they spared, but they're expecting the purchasers not to spare any. But well, now that's that's yeah. a different discussion uh, for sure. Uh, that it probably would lend itself to opening a can of worms, <laughs> and uh, and that's been beat to death on on a couple of other podcasts I listen to. So I, oh, has it? Oh my gosh, yes, yes, it has. And, and admit, I admit that I've been away from gaming podcasts yeah. yeah uh to a certain degree just yeah. i've shift i've shifted my attention over to other things just to kind of change mm-hmm. up a little bit mm-hmm. and oh no I, I'm, so I'm good so with I, it. i've missed that but yeah. i'm gonna have to ask you for some particular show talk because now i'm keenly interested yeah, yeah we'll, we'll we'll get into all that uh i mean we're like i said we're not a breaking news podcast so so that yeah, you know, that, yeah. that particular facet has been has been uh, run up the flagpole and down the other down the down the other side by some by a couple of other shows. I'll just say that there's a certain population that is not liking the price structure on the top tier Elvira from a gap perspective versus a perceived value perspective. Oh, okay. So, they're, they're, so I'll just I say it that. I'll oh, just yeah. Say, I'll just park that there. And anybody who looks at those numbers and then looks at the additive for you know for for what comes with that price increase will immediately understand what I'm talking about. 
So, so there, there's that. But uh, I, I do look forward to being able to play it in its entirety and, and take it all in. Give it a shot. Yeah, you know, I, oh, yeah. I enjoyed it. I, I'd walk up to it, 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 you know, the next show. I, I, I would definitely enjoy playing it. I, it'll only. I think from the call out perspective and the sound perspective, I, I think it'll only get better because I can, I can only imagine how how green that code is. And, and I want to say somewhere along the line, I guess it's fair to say this. I don't know if I should or not, but I think what the scuttlebutt. Let's just go with that. The rumor that I picked up was this: the two games that were there, those two particular games, uh-huh. they were like test type games. They oh, weren't were even they? Production okay. Games. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So that, that just tells you how early. And then how how early it is, and then then we get back in. If that's the case or not, then we can always tie that back into the uh, you know sterning code. And yes, yeah. they're doing better about getting better code out in new releases, but there's still a lot of work to yeah. go. And yeah, it, it it seems better, but it's not there yet. So so whatever. I think regardless, even if they were production games or like pre production type games, it. They it will get or should oh, get better. There's there's no doubt, and, and I'll say in Lyman we trust because oh is he the one doing the code for he's the game? The one doing the code for the game. So well, it, there you go. It will slash should enjoy a nice, uh, let's say a uh, let's say a nice run with Lyman, and he will put a lot to the code. I mean, if you look at, I'll just use Batman sixty six. If you look at it today versus where it started at, it's I mean the the game. It, yes, it may be the same machine, but it's a completely different game. So yeah, there, there's there's no doubt. The the one thing, and I, I've said this before, you know, to circle back to Jurassic Park real quick. If it just if they had asset, assets, you know, because we're talking about like Star Wars, they have assets from from the movies. Elvira has Elvira in it, and Batman yeah. it has bits and pieces and from from the show in it and in the person lot, they have lots of episodes yeah episode yes. uh, uh outtakes and yeah the person that's doing the call out sounds like that bat that batman narrator i mean yes. they've got it down they've got it down and i'm assuming that that's that's all original it's they're not just like i don't know for all i know they're actually lifting language from from the shows and splicing together to make i you know you know i don't know i don't know but but, but they've got the assets but regardless they've got the assets regardless and i just and, don't it's like why couldn't yeah. i don't know if you can do star wars i can't imagine you can't get jurassic parks but i i'm sure there's reason reasons for all of it yeah I, i'm i'm sure uh then man what other than that what tournament so the tournament wasn't actually on the game room floor, which uh, it, that isn't a bad thing necessarily. My no, understanding this year from, it was good. Yeah, my understanding from talking to some tur- tournament players is they kind of like the tournament away from the main game room. It allows for a little bit more focus and a little less foot traffic, and uh, it's just it's it's easier for them to get into their tournament play mode. Mm-hmm. So what? Did you go up to the the tournament space, Whitney? I did. I did. One time I went up, yeah, and, and got to walk through it. And just the dedicated games and the rows and the way that David had all that laid out, it was nice. So, so they had, I guess that was a larger ballroom up uh-huh. on the 10th floor of the hotel. Yeah. And there was plenty of space between the games, around the games. You could lounge. You know, there was chairs and stuff up there. It, it just, it wasn't cramped. And a friend of mine, she uh, she actually came in from Louisville and played in the tournament. Okay, and 
so I went up there a little bit to just kind of check on her and took her some water and, yeah. and all that kind of fun stuff. So I got to go up there and, and to me, it just seemed like it would, if I was going to play in a tournament, that is the kind of a setup I would like. Exactly. And, yeah. It had, was well thought out. Yeah. Had you ever walked in the tournament room for SFGE? Cause I know they moved They're They're in a, uh, in a space. Like if you come in the front door off to the right, I, I've never looked at it. Yeah, I don't know how it's. I, I, ha- I have not either. I've not either. I never walked into it Didn't. once. I remember when it was off to the like in a corner of the main game room when they had the, they had the tournament area there. Like I think back in 2017, they had it like back in a corner. But outside of that, oh, no, I forgot I about yes. Yeah, you remember that? Yes, I yeah. do. Yep. Yeah, they had it over in a corner. You come in and it was to the right, just a, it, to the, a yep. hard, a hard immediate against right against that wall. Against yep. that wall, yes, it was like a little square. Uh, outside of that, no, I, I I never saw where they moved it to. Anyway, so yeah, I, I, I'm not a tournament player, but I've seen enough shows and yeah. enough you know integrations with with tournament games. Yeah, and in my opinion, I mean, it just seemed like everybody really enjoyed. It. In my opinion, it 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 was it was the it was a great setup. Yeah. If I was a tournament player, I think I would have enjoyed it and appreciated it the way that it was laid out. So, so right sure. off the main hall down yep. on the first floor where the game room was, uh-huh. the game room was in, in the large ballroom, but then we had the side rooms that had our console stuff. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and when David does this and David and Julia and, and their crew, uh-huh. uh, when they do this, they've got the classic stuff and they've got consoles from the was did they i think he had an odyssey there so uh-huh. i think that was probably this oldest machine i think it's probably the oldest one that i remember up that through, i remember seeing up through xboxes and 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 then there's even a vr room there's a whole room dedicated to virtual reality type gaming yeah where you could go in there and sit down and it, if you walk past that before, I want to get back on the console stuff and what you were, but did you ever walk past the VR room and just look in? Oh yeah. And there's people. And now of course this is, this is radio at its best because yeah. nobody can see what I'm doing, but I'm sitting here waving my hands because it's people in, in like staring off into sta- space, staring with- off into space with the VR goggles on. <laughs> and you could tell they were just walking around and moving. And it's like, I, I wish I could see what they see, you know, because they're obviously enjoying themselves. So this just popped to mind. This is, have you ever heard of, Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to look it up now. I don't want to get the, the, it's a silent dance party or silent rave or silent. (laughs) There's, there's an outfit here in Louisville and to look at the equipment, it looks, it looks commercial. So my, my feeling is it's, it's, you could go buy the gear or it's, it's a franchise thing or whatever. But, um, what they do is you can have them at your event and you can check out headphones. So okay. either it, it, I saw this J Town uh, Jefferson is it Jefferson Town? Yeah, yeah, Jefferson Town. We, yeah. we call it J Town for J-Town. short. It, yep. It's uh, on the here in Louisville. Yeah, they uh, they have a, a festival every year. So that's where I got to see it this year. Was walking around what they it's called gas the Gaslight Gaslight Festival. festival yeah. And one of the venues there had had this set up in their parking lot, and you walk by, and it looked like a parking lot full of people playing VR games because they're just all flailing around and do. Well, they've all got these headphones on, <laughs> and they all are listening to the DJ. Oh, but it's quiet. Oh, that is that so is nice. You've got this. You've got this dance floor. All these people are having a ball. Some will be singing, uh-huh. which is 
kind of funny to somebody yeah, just standing I'm there. I'm sure it is because you're hearing. Yeah, they they might think they are perfect. Yeah, but, but they don't have the benefit of the background music. No, do they? you're hearing them. Say, it's it's great, and yeah. that's what that kind of reminded me yes, of. Is, yes, well, gotcha. Well, well, I have to look that up and get the exact name of it. But yeah. If it's something you could ever see, I don't know if I want to participate in it. Yeah, but it's it, worth it's worth oh, seeing. Oh yeah, yeah. At this setup, they had two channels, so like everybody had the all the headphones had LEDs in them, uh-huh. and like I can't remember the color, say blue and red. Yeah. Well, everybody with blue was on one DJ, and the the DJs were right there playing. And everybody on red was another. Okay. But they were all dancing together. <laughs> so that's what the VR room looked like. It, it's just definitely, yeah. yes, I can imagine that. That and was it, a tangent. It, well, but. <laughs> it, it definitely describes it because everybody was plugged in and they were definitely in their own world. There's no doubt about it. But it was all a safe place. Uh, you know, it, was, it was done well. I typed in Louisville silent and it came up louisville silent disco oh is that it well, yeah that's it so i'm sure there's a um i don't well that ends up being their their acronym is lsd I don't know if that's a good thing but <laughs> well apropos the word there how about that oh yeah so yeah you'll have to I'll well, put a link to their Facebook page because I'm sure there's, let me see if there's, I'll see if there's some pictures and stuff in here. Oh yeah, there's pictures in oh, here. Cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now you're talking about the console. The console room. room yeah. Yes. So it's, David goes all out. It's talking about like the homebrew stuff. Yeah. So, so for the console rooms, it, it, it's, it's obviously indefinitely a passion of this, of David and it's reflected in this show because He's got probably one of the best console room setups of any show that I've been to. Most most every console is represented, game consoles represented, and it's not just playing some of the classics for each one of the consoles. Uh, David goes out of his way and he purchases some of the latest homebrews that are available for each one of the consoles and has them on display and available for play as well. And Brent, you and I walked in and Jim did as well. Jim Hale, he was there, uh, our partner in crime. And Jim walked in and we sat down and we played what? Mappy and Scramble Scramble for the Atari 2600. Now, those are both Atari Age games available on the Atari Age store. Perfectly, perfectly available today. Worked great. But it was amazing to to sit down and watch you play Scramble on the 2600 and then for me to sit down and play Mappy and it be dang near arcade it was perfect it was crazy the, the sound of the music and Mappy were. was yeah and then overall like you said Dave goes that extra mile it's he just, does it's not just like filling a room with games and okay well I'm gonna put in 2600 Pac-Man and put in yeah you know yeah, it's not that no it's even on um what was 007 Gold Nile uh, that was on the N64 that that's like the 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 most loved platform you know I, I don't think it's aged well as i understand but that that was like a groundbreaking mm-hmm. key game for the 60s yeah. well that's the kind of stuff he's putting yeah, out. yeah he's, he's got top tier stuff yes. is what he has got out there and i mean 
And if you're an Atari 2600 fan, yes, you're going to play some of the greats like River Raid or Hero or stuff like that. But you don't have, and this is no slam on these games, but you don't have combat, skydiver, and basketball out there for the 2600 for you to be out there to play. And skydiver is actually pretty fun. But all things being equal, you've got you've got top tier games to play and in some of the latest homebrews. So, I mean, for for a console destination i would say that this 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 qualifies for that term you know for for that phrase there's no doubt about it i've got to see if there's a silent disco franchise or whatever this is in nashville david's <laughs> got to do this well we will have to uh, hook him up for uh, for 2020 there's no doubt well, you know look looking at it the friends package whitney starts starting at 450 uh 100 headphones and three transmitters interesting yeah. So we could do this. We could bring we could bring Louisville Silent Disco to, <laughs> to, Grand to, the, to the Grand Ole Gamer Expo. I guess we'd have to go all the way to the all the way to the end of the parking lot at the Millennium Maxwell Hotel because I'm not really sure where we would have that big of a rave inside that hotel. You know, definitely not on the first floor because we, we'd, we'd use have, all the space. We'd have a Scott Denisi Techno on one transmitter. Oh yeah, Scott um, Denisi. Uh, what we got? We got to game plan this out, Whitney. We'd yeah, have to, we'd have we because it had to fit. Yeah, so oh, yeah. at least one. So we yeah. have Denise's techno on, on one, one transmitter. Then we then we need eight bit chiptune music on the other transmitter. Okay, and, and then we need Dolly Parton on the third. Oh, Dolly Parton on yeah. the third. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if Dad pulls in for Dolly Parton. I'm in for Dolly. Okay, <laughs> all right, we got this down. Well, Dave, we know hope, that to be a fact. So. Dave and Julie, I hope you're all listening because yes. we're this yeah. is going to happen because this is what <laughs> this you got to happen. This is what you call high value ad right here. <laughs> high value ad. So you all up. It, it's a fantastic show. And the the panel discussions at the show are great as well because they're they're small, but they're well attended and they're intimate is what I would call yep. them. And the the topics are always good. Brent and I are always uh, fortunate. We get asked to lead a few of them, and we don't we don't lead them all. There's there's other folks doing other panels there as well. But uh, it, the panels are, are good. And David features some local talent as well and also some industry heavy hitters, too. So, uh, Brent, we recorded and I'm, I'm counting this up looking through the show notes. One, two, three, uh, three of the actual panels. And then we've got a podcasting after dark panel and then a couple of interview panels mm-hmm. or a couple of interview segments that will run this month, next month, and maybe into January, just seeing how seeing how the flow goes. But um, why don't Brent? Why don't you talk about the the two panels that, that we're going to run here for this month? Well, let me uh, let me ask you first. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, sure. Just touch on uh, the CRT panel you went to. Oh, and so yes. I didn't. I, and don't get super deep okay. because I want people to go see it. Uh huh. I I just because of time I yeah. had, had some other things I needed to attend to. Yeah. I wanted to, I didn't get to, but okay. I know David is going to put. He's got video of all of this. Yeah. So it's all going to be put out on his. I'm sure on his YouTube channel, Facebook page. Yeah. I'm sure it'll it'll make. Just, it just out, touch out on there that for a minute point. and kind of wet my mine and everybody else's appetite. Sure. So we'll make sure that this runs next month because this was a good one. This was a panel on CRT 
uh, just everybody knows cathode ray tube, CRT, uh, arcade monitor, and PVM slash BVM or professional video monitor, broadcast video monitor history. And so if you're in any way, shape, or form interested in how the PVM and the BVMs and to a lesser degree uh, CRTs came into existence, then this panel is, is right up your alley. So this was put on by a gentleman by the name of Steve Nutter. And he owns his own business, uh, and what he does is he restores PVMs and BVMs for the retro console community. And he is very, very active in a couple of the PVM groups on Facebook. In fact, he's probably one of the most consistent voices on those, uh, especially on the Sony PVM and BVM Facebook group. And Steve gives back to the community in a big way because he uh, records YouTube videos and he shows how how the layman can restore their own PVM or, B, or BVM if they were to find them out in the wild. So I'm going to have to go look for a few of these. Uh, I mean, yes. a, few, a few of the groups. I mean, yeah. I've got a smaller PVM that I use for as a test monitor, uh-huh. but I know they come up. Are you you're on the CRT Collective, right? The CRT Collective is one of them, and then the other group is like the Sony PVM and BVM Collectors Group. I I'll, let me while you're yeah. talking, I'll, I'll go back and look. So it yeah, up. I'm gonna have to go look at a few of these. Just yeah, um, I mean just just out of pure interest. I I don't I don't do enough. I don't do any console gaming. Let's just be honest. But I, I there's always something to learn. It's uh-huh. things that I I can you know, use or we can all use in other areas of the hobby. And it, it, it just, it just kind of neat that I, I that was, a, that was kind of a, a niche that I didn't know existed. Yes. And so from, from a, from a console perspective, let's say Atari 2600 onwards, especially if you're big into like the, the, the NES or the SNES or Sega Genesis or um, even you know even moving through the Atari seventy eight hundred or you know any of the you know Sony the, the earlier PlayStation's N sixty four GameCube whatever it may be, the PVM and BVMs are the ultimate CRT to play those consoles on, due to the sharpness and the definition and just the technology that Sony uh, the Trinitron technology that Sony uh, perfected. And then, uh, then refined yet over again for these PVM and BVM monitors, the consoles just look absolutely amazing on them. And so, if you're into the console scene, uh, then you realize that that's the best way to play these consoles, and the money on them just continues to go up. And so, yeah, it's kind of gotten it's gotten crazy, crazy. Yeah. It's gotten absolutely crazy, and. It's like one of those things, I guess, that it was discovered that, wait a minute, there's something better than even a, a, a pretty good quality Trinitron television. Two, Trinitron or, television. Yeah, that I've that I've gotten at Goodwill. Oh, and yeah. I got to do a little hunting, but they're out there and they're the prices is, have, have risen appreciably. Sign- so. Significantly. And so Steve... Steve generates a lot of content for that community is what Steve does. So he was very gracious. Uh, he gave a really good talk, spent an hour, uh, did some Q&A, and I, I talked with him, and he was totally good for us to run the audio from his session on our show. And uh, it, just just a, just an all-around solid guy. So we'll have that coming up eventually. 
Yes. And we're going to have the uh, podcasting after dark session with uh, Jay Patrick and a visit by Kale Hernandez the, of Marco. The orchestrated train wreck that that was. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And, and I, that, I cannot, that's exactly how I'm going to call that. I cannot convey the level of uncomfort that I had in the front half of that show. I could tell you were, you were not. Oh, no. I was not comfortable. You were not comfortable at all. Not at all. I tried. Oh. Oh, and I said it earlier, and I will say it again when we run it. I tried to whammy you in a slight way, yeah, and and you flummoxed me, and then and then I, I would have laid my. At one point, I told Whitney I didn't trust him. I would have laid money that there was a conspiracy afoot, and it was against me. Something strange is afoot at the Circle yes, K. Huh? Absolutely. Yeah. So it was. It was. Yeah, you'll hear it. It'll it will make its way into your yeah, ears. Yeah, yes. but the great thing about that entire thing, and then then I'll let you move on, was that between myself and Jay Patrick, there was absolutely no collusion whatsoever. None, <laughs> none, absolutely none. I, I completely invented it. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was hilarious. And, and they didn't say anything. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't. Uh, they didn't acknowledge my concern. They didn't uh, deny it. Mm-mm. They didn't. Uh, pr- they didn't attempt to no. say yes. We. D- no. They just. They ignored it. We just let it fester. Which made it worse. (laughs) We just let it fester is what we did. So anyway, it was was all good. But yeah, so we'll we'll have that on as well as uh, a couple of interviews to be. So yeah, we'll have interviews with uh, Mike Vinicauer and Kale Hernandez. Mike, of course, of Stern and Kale of Marco. Yep. And then uh, a really good interview that we had with uh, Patrick McKinnon. Mm -hmm. And he is of... Uh, Music City Pinball uh-huh. and uh, Game Grid, and Game yes. Grid being a new facility that he is uh, pioneering there in Nashville. Yeah. So yeah. pioneering is a good word. Yes. Actually, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have believed it until we sat and talked with him. But actually, pi- oh yes, pi- pioneering absolutely. pioneering fits. You'll, you'll get that story, and and honestly, I'm thinking um, probably in December because okay. it should line up. Hopefully. Just strike while the iron is hot and line up right around the time he's he's hoping to get it things sounds, open. Yeah, so, it sounds yeah. good. All right. But now, right now, here's what we're going to hear. We're going to hear our panel with uh, Emoto Harney. Uh-huh. And so for folks that aren't familiar with Emoto, she is right now, I guess, the, the video voice, if uh, there's yeah. such a thing, <laughs> yeah. of Stern, of not Stern, of Marco. Uh-huh. So I believe that, I believe the, the, it's called, they, Marco, Marco TV. Marco TV. Yeah, uh, I was trying to trying to come up with a word to put around it. Not yeah. TV. The yeah. the endeavor. Yeah. The 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 campaign. Whatever. But the, it is Marco. It's TV. Marco TV. Yeah. So Emoto has a, a long history documenting uh, in video format the 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 arcade hobby, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a crossover thing. She she comes from a, a videography background, and. It, it 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 has all kind of married itself together, gaming and and the like, and kind of what we did is we are used to seeing Emoto as the interviewer, mm-hmm. and you know our our idea was to to sit down with her and get her story and yeah. see what brought her to be this face that we all have seen so yeah. many times. Yeah, and and it's it turned out to be surprisingly. Uh, 
surprisingly deep as well. I, I didn't mm-hmm. expect oh, yeah. the conversation to get as deep and personal as it did, but it was very, very insightful. You always wonder how far can you go in an hour? We we went further than I thought we would be I, able I would to agree. go. Yep. Yes. So yes. Uh, then right after that, we're going to have an interview with a listener of the show, Miss mm-hmm. uh, Belle Wheeler. Yes. So Belle and her husband, Sean, we have we've hung out with them for uh, years at this Se- point. Several years shows. at this point, yeah. Uh, they're listeners of our show, heavens knows why. <laughs> and uh, they're, they're, I mean, they're just, they're, they're great people. Just great people. And yeah. the, the, the thought here was to sit down and kind of get back to our roots. Yeah. Where, you know, when we would, we would be able to interview yeah. just individuals. Hey, yeah. what brought you into the hobby? Yeah. What do Especially you early, early, earlier on in the show. Yeah. We, we did a lot more of that. We probably need to get back to it. We absolutely do. Because yeah. to me that that's what makes it real. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no doubt. Uh, l- let's just be honest. I mean, h- how many, how many times can you sit down in the course of a year and talk to someone in the industry side and get a different story? Right, because that's exactly things right. change, mm-hmm. but they don't change often enough as it comes to how often like Whitney and I would see these individuals. So, you know, we've even had folks that say, "Look, I appreciate it, but you know, nothing's really kind of changed right now." So, you know. It, it, that's the nice way of saying, not that I don't want to talk to you. I'd love to talk to you, but I, I'm not going to offer you anything new. Mm-hmm. Go talk to somebody else, get something new, yeah. and then just we'll, we'll catch back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and what I will say is that the, the voice of the collector is heard loud and clear and is strong because we set up with Bell peppered her with questions over the course of an hour and people filtered into that discussion, that panel. And by the time it was all over with, there were people asking her questions and I was surprised that so many, so many people that were collectors were asking, were asking her for her input and her perspective on things and on collecting topics or uh, let's say, how, how do you, how do you accommodate this or how do you deal with that? And it was just good to see the the collectors connect through that discussion. So I, I thought it I thought it was uh, it was a bit homespun, but uh, very very uh, heartfelt. So I, I thought it was nice. So everybody, sit back and enjoy our interviews with Emoto Harney and Bell Wheeler. All right. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the 2019 Grand Old Game Room Expo. I am Whitney Roberts, uh, one of co-hosts of the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. And now that we've got that mouthful out of the way, I'll, I will not say it again for another hour. So, I make him say that because exactly. that's the way I always say yeah, it. Now I've guilted him into it I every say, time. Brent, can't we shorten this <laughs> no, thing down? He's no, like, no, no, nope, nope. brand established can't do it. Can't so do it. Uh, we are sitting here, uh, my co-host Brent, and then we're also uh, sitting here with uh, Emoto Harney from Emoto Arcade. So, Emoto, thank you for uh, agreeing to sit in with us and go through this, uh, uh, I'd say, situational grilling that we hope won't be so bad. It's actually an, interv- an, it's, it's actually an intervention. Yes. The other I word. So we can go and lock the door. We're in a safe space. <laughs> and nobody gets out. <laughs> I have a pinball addiction. Oh yes, we, we do. We do as well. We do as well. I, I saw a meme that says, you know, payday, pinball, and then money in wallet, money out of wallet. And that's, I, I think that's 
probably a, an apt description there at times. <laughs> so, Emoto, uh, uh, we we definitely wanted to you know, take this hour to give uh, to give the audience some time to get to know you better because you are, I would say. Uh, aptly described as a, a one-person force in pinball media, and I, <laughs> oh yeah, I, I just hey, I just checked your I just checked your arcade page on Facebook. You got like almost forty-five hundred likes. I mean, that's that's pretty strong. You must be doing something right. Either that or cutting big checks to Facebook. But, <laughs> right. but, but either way, the end result that's all that, that that's all that matters. But you know, we just wanted to uh, just have a discussion about how the pinball media how pinball media works and and your your role in let's say moving the the awareness and the sport of pinball forward well i was gonna say even to back up a little bit from that whitney yeah. it seems as if like personally i always see you in this position in the interview right. position yes and you know in speaking with you you've got a, some film background and other mm -hmm. media background no one ever really interviews you what brought you here <laughs> yeah. how this did you awkward. get yeah it's a little different yeah, it's, it's a, a little it's awkward a, yeah the, the script has been flipped yeah what brought you to to pinball. Oh man, that's a very long-winded story. We, we've got it. We've got an hour. We have an hour. That makes it easy for us. <laughs> yeah. And the so doors are locked, so I can't <laughs> escape. And it's like you know, chop, chop, get to talking. Let's yeah. Go. So as you said before, my background is in uh, video production, okay, uh, marketing, media communications, and stuff. Uh, my main trade as a technician is a cinematographer. Okay. So I've been shooting my whole life basically until I realized in high school, oh, I can make money for filming, you know, shooting rock bands and stuff like that or weddings. And um, that took me to college and I've always been a gamer my whole life. I have an mm -hmm. older brother and we game together and um, I'm... A so like modern gaming, like console Modern gaming. Game. So just okay. to give you my age, I'm 33 years old. I was born in 1986. I am a Stern pinball baby because I think the new Stern pinballs from 1986 established. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I played lots of console games. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. all your, console, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, okay. Okay. N64. My favorite console? Yeah. Just That's weird. Uh, question. Uh, they're just, all so they're all good. Different. You know, Nintendo just, just has fun reasons. games. It has yeah. the Iconics and Mario's and uh, but, Zelda. She, you're right in that sweet spot, yeah. in, in my opinion, Xbox where you had a lot cool of competition. Shooters. When Halo yeah. came out, that right. was amazing. Yeah. PlayStation that, 4 has exclusives that you can't get on any other platforms that are really fun, like Uncharted. Yeah. So It wasn't like our day where there was one, maybe two like A-level <laughs> consoles yeah. and a couple followers, and, yeah. and the choices weren't as yeah. endless. I was just, yeah. just kind of curious what, what rang the nostalgia bell for you on consoles the most. Because I, I, think, it's, I think it's fair. I mean, I... Okay. I love Atari, the NES, sure. the SNES, and, and a lot. Nintendo but 64 then, because that was the first time really in my generation that you could easily play four players together. Mm -hmm. So there's like a GoldenEye 007 game and, a, yeah. you know, an upgraded Mario Kart and, you know, Smash Brothers just came out and being able to sit there and have slumber parties with your friends and play Whale. all together. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it was yeah. fun. And then that progressed with technology as time goes on so halo blah 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 yeah gotcha. um, internet so i do a lot of digital gaming and i still do um, but we also went to arcades as a family my parents were big oh, gamers wow. nice. so they would be playing the galaga and we would be playing like the fighting games or uh, dance dance revolution 
Uh, I love that game. Yeah. You know? yeah. My daughter uh, does too. I mean, she's like, Daddy, can we please get a DDR for the house? I'm yeah, like, you should. Man. Third mix. Yes. Uh, I'm mix. so going to make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let me tell you. If that's one thing it's that girl exercise. wants, is she wants a DDR. Oh, no. I just want to see you shove a DDR in your house. Yeah. Oh, I, okay. I'll make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Disassemble. Well, now it's, not, now it's not like What's a challenge. Their house? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Not like no, a challenge. it needs to be a challenge. Three flights of stairs. No, no, it needs to be a challenge for me. All right. Sorry. Do it blindfolded. Up on your back, you know. Yeah, oh yeah. If, it's, yeah. if it's not going to be heartbreak to Whitney, then I don't want to be involved in it. <laughs> Sorry. Now back to you. <laughs> Poor guy. This is our relationship. Yeah. This, this is how podcasting goes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So DDR. So yeah, I arcades. played in arcades a lot. I grew up in arcades. Um. I feel like I was a very shy person growing up, and meeting new people in arcades actually helped me become more outgoing. Um. Find my inner ex- extrovert so to speak, you know, challenging people. When you get good at games, then people notice too, right? Mm -hmm. So I would be playing on an old Soul Calibur machine as a little, like, 13-year-old girl, and some big guys come to play me, and I whoop their butt, and then everyone's like, oh, (laughs) you know? Like, that kind of prestige and stuff was Mm -hmm. fun growing up. Um, Then arcades kind of died off, uh, I guess, you know, several times. So my arcade death was in the early 2000s. Like Aladdin's castle so, closed so, down. So, and you totally avoided. It sounds like all oh, the the redemption, rebirth of the no, arcade. No, I love redemption games, okay, man. Right. I still love redemption games. You get little tickets and toys. I know everyone's <laughs> like oh, redemption, but you know they play a, a important role in public gaming too. Mm-hmm. Today, I mean, especially. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kids love it, and as long as they're out gaming, like I'm, I'm not biased. Yeah. I'm not like oh, you should only play pinball or you should only play classic arcade yeah. games or whatever. Like, yeah. gaming is gaming to me. So at some point, you married that love for gaming and then public gaming to your cinematography, to right. your video production. So I was filming a movie in Chicago in 2011, and um, my crew, so I do lots of production managing as well, mm-hmm. so I'll organize the film crew, you know, make the budgets, make the schedules, stuff like that. Um, it's kind of what I'm doing here for Marco, actually, because I, I do their show scheduling and stuff now. Okay. But um, there was Galloping Ghost Arcade. Mm-hmm. I found on Google, like, oh, let's go. It says 20 bucks, free play, 100-something games. And in 2011, nothing like that had really existed, to my knowledge. Uh, so when I went in there, I was just like, whoa, all the games that I've loved and I haven't seen in five, ten years or whatever. So I just like took out my phone and started filming it and then showed it to my friends online. And everyone was like, what? Arcade still exists? What? It's all on free play? This is ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, that just snowballed. And um, it's funny because I would go when I travel for work a lot. Um, I have been finding all these arcades popping up in different communities and cities. So I'll just pull up my phone or my cameras and film that and talk to the owners and stuff. But I'll always be focusing on the video side still, Mm -hmm. right? And uh, I laugh now because I'm I'm so involved in pinball everything that some of my older videos are like, 
All right, here's the pinball section of 25 pinball games. But look at this cool tech and tag game, you know. (laughs) Um, But now it's like, oh, look, there's a tech and tag. Let's look at every single pinball machine. It seems as if that transition is very common. You know, Whitney and I had kind of had the, we've told the story. We've had the classic arcade side, and that has shifted over time. Because I I really didn't grow up with pinball. I don't think you did much either. Yeah, Yeah. I've talked about it on the show as well. I didn't grow up with pinball at all. I mean, I grew up just solely out of the arcades but then after uh, after playing pinball i think back in 2011 slash 2012 it's it's when it hooked and it just started to flip it's kind of amazing so it seems like a lot of people have that story of that shift do you do you have any opinion as to why that you know it sounds like you grew up with video we grew up with video granted a little different generation well all right let's be honest it way different way different generation just just go ahead and call it yeah Yeah, way different you know yeah now now, we do moisturize but it's still way different i just cut the gray out yeah exactly that's how we do it so (laughs) but we see that all the time and i mean what's your what's your you have experienced it what's your opinion on why folks tend to make that shift it's the like kinetic energy of pinball right and i think People, when I interview people too, they say the same thing. It's like having that mechanical thing, you know, right in between mm-hmm. you that you're controlling. Yeah. And then the aspect of like no exact pinball machine is the same. Mm-hmm. And you'll never have the exact same results because environment plays a huge role in it too, right? Mm-hmm. You can play this one pin for an hour, leave an hour, come back an hour. It's not going to play exactly the same it's not like a video game and there's something like really magical about that that i feel like draws you in um draws me in for sure and then um when you get that first good game where you're like oh i understand how to do things oh i'm following there's a storyline in these pinball machines that i can try to accomplish yeah then it's just like oh wow there's so much and then you start following the designers and the artists and you're just like oh that game was made by mark ritchie and that game steve ritchie Mm -hmm. his brother you know that's crazy oh this is pat lawler's game and he's making you know, other games over here. You start here. to recognize the, the yeah. The, it becomes the, like the design styles and pinball is yep. easy to become a fanatic for because there's so much for so many different people. You know, some of my friends only really care about the art. Like you can point out a back glass and they're like, oh yeah, that's so and so's art. Um, where some of my friends are all only into competitive pinball, so they don't even know the designers' names, maybe. But they you know, they're care. winning in tournaments and leagues. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as long as it plays well, right? Exactly. So it's like, and then the tinkerers. I love the homebrew community. They make some amazing things. So to see people like, oh, I can just build this up on my own, it's awesome. So what what about the social aspect of pinball? I mean, is oh, yeah, is that is that something that that you found that has driven that has driven probably more acceptance of of the sport? I'll call it the sport or the hobby over the years because it's it's not like playing a Galaga machine. It's not like playing just a, a one-on-one arcade game. It's right. that I mean that's what I have found is that the, the social aspects of pinball are really what drive a significant amount of the interest for me in pinball to play with friends and, and to go yeah. to places with friends and talk about machines and just gather around a machine while people play. You, you don't I mean as much as I as much as I love arcade games, you just you don't get that today. It's true. And I think there's something, I don't really know the full answer to that, but there's definitely something about the pinball community that has made me just 
want to constantly create content for pinball, right? Everyone's so much fun. Everyone's so nice. Uh, everyone leaves politics and everything um, at the door when they come to play. And uh, you're now seeing like so much diversity in pinball, which is cool too. Um, well, so and other gaming communities are just solely based around competition, I feel like. So everyone's mm -hmm. kind of just, you know, trash talking each other and... You know, you got to get the high score and stuff. Yeah. Everyone here is like, oh, let's just hang out let's and have play. fun and let's nerd out play. together. Yeah. yeah, you went right, right to where you know my next question, which is, what is your focus uh, of your coverage? Mm -hmm. you know, like Whitney and I, we tend to cover you know new releases. We talk a yeah. little about what's going on in the industry. There's folks that cover exclusively tournament play. Right. So, what do you tend, or do you even tend to favor? Yes, yeah, so aspect? as Emoto Arcade, which is my personal brand online, um, I'll do anything gaming, okay. really, because like I said, and there's so much crossover, and there can be crossover, so if I'm doing um, a video piece about uh, last year's Soul Calibur Six launch, so I went to one of the launch parties and did a little like recap video of that. Mm -hmm. um, so now I'm getting fans from Soul Calibur Six and other fighting game communities. They like my page. And then the next day I post something about, oh, the Black Knight pinball machine came out and it has Scott Ian from Anthrax on it. And then those guys are like, oh, yeah, I like Anthrax. Oh, wait, a pinball machine? What's that? Yeah. I only play vids. Yeah. So I think it's important to do that kind of crossover. Like my whole goal is to get... Um, one, more people active into public gaming. So going out and uh, being part of the communities and uh, finding their own communities, you know, and something fun to do on the hobby side. And then two, m like make pinball look fun and encourage more people to play and encourage more people to come into the pinball community because to me, the pinball community is like the most welcoming gaming community. Um, everyone, all the other communities... I've been in and out and seen are great, but everything is like super street cred. If you have the street cred, then you're good. And then people will like want to talk to you and hang out. Whereas like, like a pinball community, it's just like, oh, you're new to pinball. Cool. Let me show you everything. Yeah, let's you know? just play. As in like, like the fighting game community or yeah, fighting I mean, game does community, the board game e community get violent? I don't understand Ooh, the street. Yeah, so I don't do much <laughs> table When, when they lift the tables, they do. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, like, okay, even on the, the vids. And, and I'm genuinely play. interested because yeah. to me, the, the, you know, the channel Whitney and I tend to swim in to steal a business term is the pinball community. So mm -hmm. it, I, I never thought of something outside of yeah. that in terms of like, like the fighting gaming yeah. community. Yeah. So you know how we're like all kind of as gamers, I feel, and nerds, intrinsically, we are introverted. You know, there are a few well, extroverts and stuff. So that, that, yeah, yeah, you guys are good. So people well, come up forcing, to you. We're forcing ourselves to be extroverts. Yeah, that's right. true. That's yes. true. And people come up to you and say, oh, you're the podcast guys, yeah. you yeah. know, and then they initiate the conversation. Well, I feel like that's a lot in gaming, too. So, like, say on the classic arcade uh, community, everyone's chill, but you don't really talk and mingle with that many people unless like that guy is like the high score Gallagher guy and yeah. then everyone wants to know who he is otherwise he's just some other guy just walking around that's, that, so you that's, need that type of street point. cred yeah. sort of thing and um, like an esports you know the guys that play like League of Legends and um, stuff like that like 
you know, they're kind of, they're the jocks of the gaming industry. You know, okay, they're like the football you. team yeah. in high school walking around with their jerseys and stuff. So they're kind of like, I'm cool. So high you know never, I'm cool. High so. school never ends, apparently. No, <laughs> I guess, I guess. Okay, no, okay, interesting. Yeah, okay, he never stops. That's it's a, a good training. High school is good. It's good training, good for, training for the rest yeah. of the for the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you Grown let Grace know get that yeah. once she gets through high school, she's square in the gaming community. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. I'll, it, I'll you know, in on. any right. Yeah. I'm thinking about back to last year when we we had done some panels in. in uh, it may have been this room. There was a mm -hmm. gaming tournament. I think it was Smash Brothers going on in the next room, and it was like being in a sports bar. Yeah, it was loud. It was. They were all in, and and I don't recall ever having seen anything necessarily like that at at a pinball tournament. That's you know, what was, I want in pinball tournaments. Yeah. Like pinball tournaments are kind of like golf, right? You have to be like oh, <laughs> slightly clap, but don't distract him. Don't get in the eye line of yeah. the player. But um, at oh, other minus the at other like esports <laughs> events, people are like yeah. And like waving flags yeah. and stuff, What's and I think that type of excitement would be really cool to add into competitive pinball. I, I've seen and that's that kind of like a side small goal of my many well, goals to, and, to and, bring. And, and that's what I wanted to to ask at, at some point. But since you brought up the, the 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 term around goals, is is with with the work that you're doing, how do you see? You know, how do you see the the additive towards pinball working out as far as between when you started in, in today? So, and I guess said, said another way, what, what do you want that legacy to be as as far as is the content that you're putting out and, and really what you're what you're trying to drive? My legacy? Yeah, in in pinball and media. Um, I don't really think of it that way. I think of every every person that I get to get excited and of into pinball and follow that rabbit hole and to find the community and to just be happy about it like that's a win you know um i i, I can i don't try to like make my content you know oscar award winning i just want it good enough to where people are like oh yeah maybe i should go down the street yeah. because grand old game room expo is happening and I'm just going to sit here and watch Netflix all day or whatever and yeah. let me take the kids out and go check this place out. And then yeah. now they're part of the whole public community and they're experiencing it. You know? yeah. so, We're all so, sharing energies together. So, so with um, that, I mean, with, with, your, with your production company, I mean, have you, have you, I mean, have you seen the, the growth affect what you, the, the type of content that you're putting out, though? I mean, are you getting enough, enough input back from the community to, yeah. to, to shape what, what you feel like you want to bring to the table over, let's say, the next year or so? So as a business perspective, it's, pinball has been great for me in the sense of um, Marco Specialties. Recognize okay. that I am a a pinball influencer or whatever you call us, you know, pinball media, I guess is yeah. what uh, Ken Carmel used in yeah. pinball expo. And so they have hired me to help them make content and then do those Marco TV interviews. So we'll go to shows, we'll interview people, um, anyone from, you know, top designers and artists to, uh, you know, the, we interviewed some 
girl that was just drawing in her sketchbook off to the side by herself. And no, got but that's a, great, Got though. an interview with her, and then she was, you know, drawing the back class art for her dad's homebrew oh, pinball yeah. machine. You know yeah. what I mean? So well, I mean, got everybody's, got a, everybody's yeah, got a story. Yeah, everyone has a story, that's absolutely. Right. And yeah. um, everything, you know, I want pinball to feel very inclusive. I want everyone to experience what I experience when I'm in um, the pinball community, which is just like, super welcoming people and everyone loves to have a good time and and play games and um a lot of people in this community are very smart too so when you have conversations with them you can learn a lot yeah and uh i like that <laughs> yeah. oh that's good so talk a little bit more about the uh the, the marco tv you're you're, right. you're doing the interviews right. here yeah i went on a way transition no no, no that's fine no 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 but, okay I mean, so i'm working heard our with show <laughs> that's what yeah. we did yeah. you know this, we're this, all this over this yeah. marco flows. specialties yep. yeah and I produce content for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so their goal is aligned with mine, which is to spread pinball to as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, to make pinball look cool, to make pinball feel inclusive. You know, everyone can have a good time. It doesn't matter about you. You know, it's about playing. Um, so I create content with them. And then now they've hired me on um, as a marketing director to help with their show circuit. Okay. So okay. now... Uh, like that design out there that you see in the arcade hall, like I'm on a SketchUp app and I'm actually creating that design before we get here, you know, how the truss pieces are going to go, where the pins are going to go, which pins are going to go Oh, there. okay, so floor layout mm-hmm. and lighting and everything like that. Right, yeah, okay. and to create, you know, a cool environment for people yeah. to walk into and enjoy pinball, right? Okay. So, so to me, been- so my personal Emoto Arcade stuff is kind of, slowed down a little because I'm so busy working with Marco. Um, but even though with my Emoto Arcade stuff, so the main Emoto Arcade things, like I do walkthroughs of arcades mm-hmm. and events, any type of gaming event, like I'm going to showcase it sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, with Marco, we're trying to get more deeper into pinball and uh, hear stories from people, um, explore more people's personalities. And then eventually we're working on like an educational series okay. of like, when you get your first pinball machine, how to set it up. Okay, now, okay. a lot of people have done this video before mm-hmm. or series, um, but we are trying to, we're writing the scripts and trying to create something very quick and simple and mm-hmm. easy to follow, little pamphlets. So if someone buys a new game, you can just hand them this USB stick that they plug in, and then it's me being like, oh, you just bought your first pinball no, machine. That's gr- this that's is great. Like 12 yeah. steps to start you know, your first game. Yeah. How to get to plunging the ball. I don't even ask any more questions because that's actually where I was going to go. I know you're doing the interview pieces. I remember that from a recent show. And uh, uh, I was going to ask about expanding that out Mm -hmm. because, you know, I know you caught Whitney and I in Atlanta and some other, um, I guess, I wouldn't call us notable, but some some other folks that had brought in larger collections and that. Yeah. Sure. I, but the story about the the young lady that was doing the the art is, was very interesting, and it's like mm-hmm. you're also doing collectors. All that's going out on Marco's Mar- web. Yep, Marco's YouTube our, channel, our Facebook page, um, which is Marco Spec, and mm-hmm. our YouTube channel is Marco Pinball. But for Marco TV, and so YouTube.com forward slash Marco Pinball. And then coming out, yeah. you're going to start doing these like mini tech type, mm-hmm. that, and that's great. So we're going to start with. You can control it. It'll be very nicely produced. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We wanted to make it short, sweet. Like, there's a lot of great content out there that people in the pinball community have made. 
that's on YouTube and you can find it. Mm -hmm. Hundreds of people have made how to set up your first pinball machine. But what I find is the runtime is usually really long. So mm -hmm. it'll be like the whole three hours of yeah. setting up the game. Production quality is inconsistent. Through. Yeah. And yeah. there's not a whole lot of excitement yeah. built to it. We want to create something that's just like, bam, 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 bam. Okay. You can go play. Yeah. But to instill the confidence of someone that hasn't bought a pinball machine that they can do it too. Okay. Pinball's intimidating. Yeah. I have my pinball machine and I still haven't really tinkered with it. I was going to ask if you still had uh, you're the best pinball machine ever yes, made. Yes, I still yeah. have the best pinball machine ever made. What do you do recall what that was? Made. It is hard body. Of course, hard absolutely. Yeah. 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 There will be never be another. Yeah. It's so good. You're laughing, but you don't understand. <laughs> have you played the hard body? You have the flex saves and you're just like, oh God, it's just so scary because the ball's going to drain. No. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> he says, "Yes, I know." Anyway, <laughs> so so Moto after the after the like welcome to pinball tutorial. I mean, mm -hmm. if you can talk about it, yeah. What what other projects do you have slated with Marco with Marco TV? And, and so many ideas. Okay, cool. Because one one thing that I have found, I, I guess, missing or not in that consistent production quality or, let's say, digestible in time and content is, oh, you just bought a new Deadpool. Congratulations. Here's how you play Deadpool in 10 right. minutes. Or if you're new to pinball, these are the four objectives of Deadpool, or yeah. X number of objectives of Deadpool. These are the three multi-ball modes. These are the modes that, that you can get into. And this is what you should really try to do when you start playing the game. I because agree. Because so much of pinball good. is... There's a there's a certain amount of joy to the discovery, but there's also a lot of frustration in never making progression. Yeah, yeah so... I didn't start getting into pinball really until I realized that there's so many rules and started yes. actually learning the rules. Which and the is, machines are so complex. So that was why Pinball Arcade was awesome because they had like the 50-page rule sheet on each game. Yeah. So you could go to the Scared Stiff and I'd like fall asleep because it's kind of boring just yeah. reading yeah. all the rules. Yeah. But then you knew how to play the game like Totem, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. oh, I got to hit the genie this many times. Yes. Um, I think that content you're talking about is definitely important and needs to be made, and I think Jack Danger should be making that. And I think he would do a good job at mm. that from Dead Flip. Okay. Um, I think he'll be able to tell the rules and use animations to help explain see, that. that is... uh, so that's me saying that you won't see that content from us. Oh, okay. But what you, what you will see from Marco Specialties and Marco TV in the future is like how to do a flipper rebuild. Okay, um, okay. What happens when a coil dies? Yeah. And um, all sorts of things like that on the tech side, yeah. where you need to do a replacement piece or something like that. Um, but in the same format of quick, simple fix. Mm -hmm. You're watching a three to five minute video max of how to do your flipper rebuild, not the entire hour and a half process it takes to do it. Yeah. But hitting on that, you know, key points. It's like, and, yeah. and that fits Marco's vision. Because right. let's just be honest. I mean, Marco is, a, they're, they're a part supplier. Yeah. Yeah. But, know, well, it, they're also a pinball distributor too. So, they, I mean, they're, yeah. they're going to have customers that buy the dead pool. That are interested yeah. in. That are, yeah, that are interested in say, hey, I, I unboxed this, you know, seven $8,000 toy. Now, game slash however you want to look at it. How do and I play it? How yeah. do I play this? I know thing? Papa was producing videos. I think it was Papa was producing yes. videos yeah. like that for a while. Yes, they were. And they kind of fit into that 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 
area that you had mentioned earlier, I mean, they're great for someone that really wants to right. play it, yeah. but they can be a little long and they can be really detailed. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they all, the, there's a little bit of a barrier to entry. Yeah. You have yeah. to have the basics down. And you, you have do. to know the jargon, like the terminology yes, exactly. and yeah. everything. Like and I watch tons of Bo and Karen's videos see, yes, trying yes, to that's learn what I was stuff, bring up. but you're yeah. there sitting for two hours figuring out how to play Iron yeah. Man. Yeah. And, yeah. Right. They have their the place, but I, I agree with you. I think right. Jack would do a really good job at, to, yeah. to bring it down to get people into it. Yeah, yeah he's just, good at that short, sweet yeah. type of condensed format as well, too, yeah. that I think... No, I think that would do. be good, and, and and I think the the the, the quick repair videos would be fantastic, or let, let's say mm -hmm. maintenance or self service videos would be great because they would take care of one of Brent's biggest oh complaints on Facebook. Gonna, is, please do it so I can. No, I'm yeah. not even going to link people to it. I'm just going to say Google Marcos Marcos YouTube page. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. My chief complaint being, <laughs> yeah, is we this, talked about this. In is this broken? Uh, can somebody help me fix this? Or does this look broken? Yeah, yeah stuff like that. Yes. You know, or where yeah. do I find this? And it's like, gosh, just search. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's There's so many videos they can make about little tiny tech repair mm -hmm. type things. Um, and, and I can see the space for that because, yeah. again, there's not – you listen to our show and – we we will ramble. We admit that freely. We do it all the time. I listen to you Once guys road tripping, and it, it, it's perfect it, time for rambling. Like a long road <laughs> yeah. trip. Yeah. 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 Texas. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I'll just to you guys. Yeah, I'm still in the, I'm in Nevada now, and they're not yeah. all the way across the state yeah. of Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty yes, hours exactly. later, I made yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> After two episodes. <laughs> but there there is a there is a huge market, in my opinion. I think you hit the nail on the head for that short and sweet, mm -hmm. and. and We'll, we'll we'll take that for granted as well because we've already crossed that that barrier to entry. Yeah, and it, it's difficult for people to get in that don't understand what a plunger is or what you know actually that that's right. called a flipper and that's that that's going to be awesome. Yeah. yeah. You know? But but in order for pinball to grow, that I mean that's that's a segment of the population yeah, absolutely. that needs to be able to be self sufficient mm -hmm. so that they so that they'll buy game number two or game number mm -hmm. four or game number six. If they have a bad experience with their first game, then they're probably going to find something else to do. Right? Or if it's too hard a lot for them less to money. figure out. Yeah. You I, know, people still don't know where to hit the start button to start the game. Yeah, You true. know, I see it at arcades all the time. They'll put in the yep. coins and then be like, oh, this do? POS. Yeah. yeah. walk away and I'll be like, wait, no. No. Hit this button. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so do you know, does Marco get uh, a lot of questions kind of in that vein? Because this, this comes to me a lot. I'm really interested in a machine, and hey, I'll go talk to Marco. I'll go, but right. what ha I, I'm in wherever, and Marco sends it to me. How do I get individuals to work on it? Is, is that has that crossed your mind? Yeah, is that, and is that I believe kind of we send here? technicians to help for machines that we've sold, or we'll source a local operator gotcha. in your area. So Marco's really good about when you buy machines from them to take care of the customer and help them solve their problems. Okay. And you now know? you'll be able to help out with yeah, the videos. Yeah, just call yeah. or email and stuff. And yeah, and yeah. then with the videos. So that's one aspect. And then there's another even more exciting project that Marco wants to do in the future is a movie. Okay. Right? A movie? Like full production I length? I think Mark Mandeltort's like dream in life was Not a to documentary, be like a movie. A movie like, producer. A movie. Okay. Like is Marco narrative. aware that you're... Discussing this, <laughs> is it? Are you making I'm it happen? I'm marrying him to this idea. Oh, you're making yeah. it happen. That's what you're yeah. doing. Okay, all right. We have a script being written. 
Um, but basically, wow. when was the last pinball-themed movie you've seen? Toy Story had a little... They were Win living inside of a pinball themed? machine, right? I mean, there was pinballs. Not in, pinball in the background. Yeah. Uh, but about and not, and not a documentary. Not a documentary. Right. But a feature film. We have tons film. of documentaries. Yeah. That You're talking are great. feature film. Feature film, narrative, actors, fun, you know, Never? lighthearted. I'd say. Oh, I mean, pro- well, there's like Tilt and Summer Nights. Tilt was the one with the little girl that was nicknamed Tilt, and she had to like I have, battle I, that, these this guys. Is completely. That yeah. was in the 80s or 90s. No, Do you I, know Tilt? Yeah, Brooke Shields' Brooke first Shields. movie. She was a little baby. I have no... I have no I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, right. I've not seen it, so... <laughs> no. I've got what homework. was the other one? I've got homework to Summer do. Summer Nights? Some, you know, isn't that what it's called, where they have the... No, I've never... I've only seen yeah. glimpses. of... It's also just as bad, probably, but uh, <laughs> they have a cool, like... So um, what you're saying is the bar? There's one scene where they're like, okay. you know... Are so you saying the bar's not very high? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and we have, saying, un- we have unmet yeah. need. I'm okay, saying we right. need the content, right? Yeah. yeah. So you put some good-looking faces and talent to explore pinball, you know, in a fiction sense, and um, that goes on Netflix and Amazon and Hulu or whatever, and then they're like, oh... Pinball is a thing now. So, or, is, huh. so let it, me go out and play. So, is it <laughs> going to be based around just the, the the drama and the struggle of maintaining the industry, or I, I mean, whatever? Yeah, that you sounds can like talk. a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please, please, no like reality show yeah. type things. No, yeah, we were thinking more like Blair Witch Project, like oh, this pinball's broken. <laughs> no, um, probably more on the light comedy. Uh, coming of age type of story. So younger, younger people um, experiencing pinball for the first time, there probably will be a pinball competition in there. There'll be lots of like pop culture and stuff environment. So, you know, the pinball movie is always for pinball enthusiasts, but also the goal is to always get new people. You have to be appealing. We want to to always constantly growing, um, Growing the pinball hobby because that's how the industry is going to stay alive yeah. for longer, right? Yeah. So we're going to have to ask Mark when is this movie going to start yeah. production? Yeah. Ask him. So that you're marrying, you, like you said, you're marrying him to the idea. You're putting it out now. Everyone oh, yeah. needs to ask Mark next time they're they see when's the, the movie coming yeah, out. When, Mark? When's the, the movie, movie coming out? Mark? Yeah. Yeah. When, when can movie? I red box yeah, this thing? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I encourage right. you. Okay. To do that. <laughs> All right. Okay. Because <laughs> it'll be cool, right? I mean, I would. Lo- I think I mean, it's I would something love to we see need. something like yeah. that. It, it'd be fun to watch. I, I would like to see, but I'm still kind of interested. And in, granted, this is because there's a myriad of movies out there that focus around something that's not necessarily mainstream. And you, you've got to get a, you've got to get a lot of folks behind it to, for quality production. Mm-hmm. And, you, right. and you've obviously it. got and the skill set it. and then uh, the background and all the support. It. it I'd I'd love to see it, yeah. Yeah, as long as you have good audio, yep. a movie will go far. Good storyline. <laughs> yeah, Once you yeah. have bad audio, it's just like, oh man. And I say that as a cinematographer, it breaks my heart, you know, because the picture has to be perfect and beautiful and oh, lit properly. But yeah. at the end of the day, I could shoot it on a cell phone, but if I have that good sound, then it'll so, be good. So do you have it? No, I don't want to start. I, I don't want to no, give away. On. I was going to say, do you have it focus? entirely on something to do with pinball or is it another story that happens to happen in a setting that like a game the, a the show pin, the pinball or is in arcade it. yeah. or it's about pinball 
Okay. All right. You know, it's she, about she as has much really as, thought this out. Yeah. She thought, that's a, <laughs> it's about pinball. That seemed like a very generic question, <laughs> yeah. but she had a she had a specific a, fast. A answer. very fine idea. So, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You and, know, there's the, always our lives are ninety nine percent pinball, right? And there's always that one percent aspect where we go to Waffle House to eat breakfast, and there's not a pinball machine there. I wish so. my life was that Drinking fun. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm living wrong. Oh, really? I'm totally wrong. wrong. I can't get away from pinball if, if, if I, I can't, want I can't to. either, only because I walk by one all the time, but I don't yeah. get to play it. Yeah. Play them. Yeah. It's, it's sad. It's, At your house? Yes. Why don't I mean, you play them? Because they're broken? Oh, Token? You know, no. It's called duties. <laughs> it's yeah. called... That's a whole other conversation. Yeah, responsibilities. This is about you. It's about us. Yeah. You only get like a certain listen, amount of time listen, a day. Listen to yeah. our show. Listen to our show if you want to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. How, how that rolls. Exactly. Yeah. We I wish we could only be that lucky. But no, that's that's really oh, really. I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm very very intrigued. I'm, I'm very intrigued, and yeah. I'm also wondering if there's a place in the script or the cast for yeah. a couple pod. No. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I want to do. You know, I would love to. So we have we're working with um, another writer director James Moriarty who's been helping us and producing these Marco TV shoots yes, with yep, me. Yes, right? yeah, I remember him because he would give us the media release form. Yep. Okay, yep. all right. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I thought yep. the he's name the guy was that familiar. keeps me in line. Yeah, I run away enough. and try to hide, and he reels me back. Yeah, um, <laughs> Godfather's. But he's also a really great writer, so he's been um, writing a script. And when I read it, which it's like in my pocket right now, and I need to read it again. I want to start adding in the pinball Easter eggs. You know what I mean? So where someone that's a huge pinball enthusiast in our community will be like, oh, yeah, I know what that means. Or, oh, I know that person so and stuff like that. So you have that tie. But it doesn't distract from someone who does nothing about pinball from yeah. enjoying the movie. Yeah. Well, I think if you could feature, quote, people in the real world so that the movie doesn't exist in a universe... That, it's so that, specific. It's so specific to, to mm-hmm. just you the can topic. Cater to both. Yeah, yeah. And, and you can you can cater to both, and then and then tie it to people, quote unquote, in real life. I think that'll make a big difference. Here's, I guess, what I was trying to put in words earlier. Here's the interesting thing to me about this, and that is, you're on both sides of the fence. So it's mm-hmm. like if if I watch a movie that happens to have a, a lot to do with my profession. It's real easy to say that doesn't work that way. This doesn't happen this way. And I can't enjoy the story. Mm -hmm. And you get into some of these really specific movies that are about a given topic. You know, putting down flooring. I don't care. Let's just pick something generic. And I love that movie. (laughs) That's a great movie. It's really slow pace, but at the end, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It finishes well. yeah, Yeah. And it's so specific to that, it only applies to that niche group people right but you like like i'm saying you could i feel that you can cross that border and apply to the general population bring them into the community Mm -hmm. and also that that's 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 the goal too and look at who all our friends are you know pinball aficionados and people that know pinball history pinball news over here Mm -hmm. so you know when we get to the point we want to share this story and the script with others to be like does this seem too far out of your realm or whatever, you know? So I think the pinball people at the end of the day will appreciate it and not feel awkward about it. We're not going to have our talent saying, oh, look, I'm hitting the flappers, you know, sort of (laughs) thing. Or it's the table play field argument that's going on right now. Um, Oh, wait, wait, is there a table play field argument? It's like a table or a machine, right? People call 
pinball machines, uh, the pinball table, and a lot of people are that, like, heated up that, yo, you oh, can't yeah. call it a pinball table. Hot? I've never heard that before. That. I, it seems yeah, like it's bad. Podcast oh, out it's, of it's like, bad. <laughs> is it? <laughs> I see a new meme about it like every day. I'm like, oh. Interesting. Oh. I can't. No, no, I can't. Doesn't do that. matter. Yeah, and, and that yeah, kind of right. that it, comes it back to my matter. comments about the movie. You got if you get so deep in and it's so specific to that group of people, then it's not necessarily appealing to everybody. Right? They don't get the inside joke. Yeah, and yeah. it's you know, it seems like I've seen Table or heard Table a lot on podcasts, like out of the UK and the. But I, I didn't realize that was a. Yeah, a, thing a lot here. of people okay, use right. Table, and I felt like a lot of old school w- people. That was. Old school that, that, people. That's not a right. That would be yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. Be yeah. us. Yeah. You guys enough. use yeah. table all the time. <laughs> we, too, do. Right? we do. We do. We? We've used table on the show. Yeah. Okay. I know all right. Whatever. It. Yeah. I don't feel like I've been there, but okay. People are like, a table is what you put your beer on. Okay. I, I all right. I, I know I have. You have? Okay. Yeah, whatever. I know I have. You're breaking our show yeah, up right, right here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on the table. On the table. Yeah. Just flip it, Dunch. All right. The thing that the, well, this there's two terms here. The thing that the back glass is in. What is that called? Uh, the back box? No. Okay, there you go. Is it, no. a, he- is it a head or a back box? Oh, the head. Yeah, okay, head, all right, right, all right. Yeah, the pinball head. All right. Or the back box. <laughs> yeah, see, there's no, there's no right answer. Yeah, there's because no right there's, answer. Because there's yeah. two wrong answers, you know? That's, that's the making, way it goes. I'm making this worse. Whitney, save me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not doing this well, Whitney. This so, is, so how, how, just, this is what he does. Just out of curiosity, so if you guys, if you all have the script, then how do you how do you create protagonist antagonist in in something that's more so around coming of age and around a topic like this? I mean, have have you gone that far with it? Pinball is dramatic. You didn't get the memo. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> All right. There will be lots of drama. So yeah. so, it, so it generates its own then, right? Right. Okay. That, yeah. that, that's an answer. So. Yeah, we'll start um, slowly revealing more information about our script and the storyline. And okay. um, I think we're going to do sort of a crowd, maybe not crowdfunding, but crowdsourcing sort of thing to get people involved in, I, in, in the project. I am so keenly interested cool. in this because you said dramatic. And I think of, I mean, the root of it's drama. And I think of the argument you're just talking about, table versus so what? And it yeah. seems like so many people get tied up into that. Oh, and, and yes, and there's drama in the media too. I mean, so I want media has I'm drama. So, I'm so interested because of yeah. of the drama or the the drama or that you have to create that's not tied up in the small things. That's right. And, and so I will say that it's not drama about pinball. So the out. movie's yeah. not about oh gosh, chip gate. There's a chip on my my play field. Yeah, yeah. And right. I'm yeah. freaking out. Th- sort of drama. Th- that it's, is just. It's gonna be. That's so more, situationally. Yeah. yeah. It See, just, that's it would just die out. Just that's so what good. pulls me personally <laughs> no, out of the hobby. Yeah. yeah. What and that's why I'm so interested in this. To, to, to see something yeah. that doesn't focus on exactly what you said, this this little minor thing that will yeah. be co- that will come and be gone for the next thing in, right. in, in a week. And that nobody will care about three years from now. So, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So we're not making like a drama, I'm going to be crying at the end of it. Because we want a fun, happy movie you can turn on and watch and enjoy with the whole family. So definitely family friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to keep it PG, maybe PG-13 at mm-hmm. most. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting get kids a, involved is Does anybody get hit important. with a back glass? Oh, that could happen. Okay. All right. All right. I'm in. Fair I'm enough. So in. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, that, that gets you to the 13, so you're yeah, good. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. But All right. I just... I'm also like high, like conscience. I don't like, know how, I much conscience. Drama, I don't, how much tension. 
I don't want to encourage it. someone else to think that's a good idea. Okay, all right, yeah, good very point. true. Like now, yeah. you just taught someone how to quickly remove a back glass <laughs> and point. slam it against and someone's again, face when we have all these arcade bars everywhere. And again, this is why. Yeah, he keeps me alive. Way to go. Okay, all we right. could <laughs> just yeah, cut all that out. I never brought you know, that up. Media is so influential, and I feel yes. like especially movies too. Like we make fiction films because people mirror themselves with the characters, and then you know whether yeah. or not they're. Uh, consciously perceiving it, they're like, that's it, me. It shapes you know? the reality. Okay, yeah, that's so me does. getting the girl. That's me winning so real, this ser- thing. Serious question. So we don't on want them to fight yeah. over a pinball like that. Serious question on my part. I, I hear that quite a bit. And this is this is still related to the topic, media being so influential on people and in that mm-hmm. they 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 tend to see something and oh no, you can't do that. You can't show that. Because someone will echo that. Yeah. It my perception is is I no one. I think in this room, I, and I feel no one here at the expo. If they see someone take a back glass out of a machine and jest in a movie, would ever think to do that. What's your, what's your opinion on that? What in terms of media being an actual influence on the actions of of individuals? I think it is definitely, and we can see that on simple examples with pinball, whereas someone says oh, the Munsters game sucks, it doesn't shoot well. Then all of a sudden, every person you talk to is like, oh, yeah, the Munsters game yeah. sucks. And, and then, and then like, maybe secretly it. they're like, but I have a black and white coming. Yeah, yeah. I really like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah you well, know what and, I mean? And like, even the forums follow. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. The forums follow. Even like, like on oh, pin, Pinsight will, right. will trend that way. It only Just, takes one guy to yeah. start a forest fire. So yeah. We get lots of fires that's in LA, a, That's too. a great point. Yeah, That's a very good point. Yeah, okay, all right. And, so, and admittedly... Yeah, you it, two as podcasters, if you start um, talking crap about a game or on the other side, uh, really highlighting a game, like maybe, Brent, you say, like, oh, I'm working on a meteor and it's super awesome. You should listen to the music because when you're playing it, the adrenaline rushes up and it's like... It, it, it and creates you think your hype. heart's going to explode. Yeah. Now people yeah. are going to, when they hype. go out and they see a meteor, they're going to be like, oh, I need to check out the sound on that. Yeah. See, and you I asked that question and I stepped back and I realized I know the answer. You're 100% correct. I yeah. mean, think of a few years ago, was it uh, Stargazer? Is that one of the games that just went absolutely you know, stratospheric in terms of price? Right. And, and I think that was... If you dug into it, those hive minds. Somebody yeah. said hive this is mind, a yes. Sta- Stargazer was it's in, inter- in uh, Ghostbusters, right? Wasn't it? Was Star- wasn't this, what was the game that was, was in the, the background one that in was Ghostbusters? In the, in, in the yeah, in the background in Ghostbusters, no, and then was, they ended up putting Hole. it. I think it was Black Hole. No, we should Google. That. We should Google that. <laughs> yeah, but that game started going up in price because people were looking for it. You know, because of that, like, oh, you know. I want to be part of this kind of, it's cool. To so yeah. what, what you're driving, this, this has become my intervention because what you're driving home to me is someone had mentioned to us earlier that. Be careful about what you say. You're right. they're listening, yeah. And they won't always tell you that they're listening. It, they won't always click like, they won't even ever recognize yep. that they've listened to your podcast, but they have and they we, will We react. see that. <laughs> well, Go, go ahead, and I got a question. Yeah, on that. no, and so to to that vein, uh, Brent and I, when we first started the podcast, we we definitely sat down and talked about how how do we want our content to be perceived mm-hmm. after after we stop doing this, or if another generation were to pick this up, what do we want that message to be? You know, so I've I've got I've got a child, I've got a daughter, and I want to make sure that 
at some point in time when she picks up the library that she, she's proud of what her father did right. because because he didn't generate he didn't fall into the hive mind mentality and he didn't take such polarizing views on things try to be part of the solution not generate more of the problem yeah. you've got you got to really be be cogent of that because yeah. when you're behind a mic whether it's 100 people that are listening to you or 10,000 people that are listening to you, you do change the course of the river oh, for sure. everybody that listens Absolutely. to you. Yes. It's inception, right? You're yes. just planting a seed, yep. you know, and then it, if it chooses to grow or not, that's not your, under your control. Not under your control, so but you, but you, you, do control, you do control the message that you deliver, though. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, and, so Whitney and I had a conversation as well when we started the show, and I won't tell you because I don't want to. I don't want to guide your answer. Okay, I was like, you don't. But in me? that same vein, wh- how do you deal with feedback? You know, because we know, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, you know, we know our oh, listenership. That's a fantastic to, question. Kind of this conversation. Our, our listenership is much higher than our interaction our direct interaction with the listenership yeah and i I would venture to to guess your experience is the same you have a handful of people that are very active Mm -hmm. and that some that you've even personally probably met and become really good friends with Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it is a small fraction of of your overall listenership but you do get feedback and most of it's negative from that that unseen so how do you deal with that yeah because, your, because that is a great lesson, especially to your younger listeners, because the Internet shapes so much of their own self-image mm-hmm. and their, their uh, sense of self-worth. Uh, yeah, how do you deal with the feedback? How do you deal with the trolls? How, how, do, how do you put forth the positive message even when the pressure is otherwise? I laugh with them. Okay. So if a troll comes on my page and says you know, something that is negative feedback... Um, I don't know. Give me a negative feedback example of what you've guys had. Well, this falls back to, to my general take right yeah. now, which is I, I don't care. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, and, yeah. That too. And, and that's kind Just of a, don't listen to it or the reverse is that, like and that's go how on with them. That's how I'm out of some yeah. of this, like the table versus the, I just, I'm doing my thing and I'm yeah. trying to stay right. positive about yeah. it. And I, and then, and I know Whitney does to a point, but yeah. go ahead. I, I do, of, I do, but because I've got it, because I've got a, a you know, a teenage daughter and right. she's influenced by the media because of coming up in this generation, she, she brings questions to me about, about dealing with self-image and dealing with positivity and dealing with yeah. friends and peer pressure and everything like that. And it's, it's doubly important when you're putting yourself out there. And I've had to have mm-hmm. discussions with her on, you do need to be careful about how you present and, and right. what you put out because it, it is, for one way or another, it's, it's pretty much forever. Yeah. Uh, in, 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 all ca- in, in most cases, yeah. it is. So for, for you, Emoto, for, uh, for, for being a female and for, mm-hmm. let's say, putting forth content that uh, that falls, let's say, from a sourcing perspective, outside of the outside of the norm of the of, of the people participating in, let's say, the pinball hobby. We need more women. We need a more diversified approach. We need a more diversified view on these these topics. How, yeah, how how do you deal with the folks that may resist that? Yeah. So I mean, it's the saying, "Haters gonna hate," right? You don't yeah. make it until. 
uh, people start trash talking you sort of thing. Um, I think the important thing like to tell for your daughter is like the most important thing. And this goes beyond being media or in general, it's just self love, loving yourself, being comfortable with who you are. And then from there, you don't have to worry about anything else. So if someone, for the example, if someone says like, oh, look, what is she wearing? I'll go on there on YouTube and I'll be like, oh, yeah, ha ha, I forgot to do laundry that day. You yeah. know, play with them. Yeah. Don't take offense. Take, because he, people want to offend from, you. Take it away from them. Yeah, yeah take it yeah. away you from You know, them. it's like yeah. uh, judo or, you know, Wing Chun, the resistance. So they're pushing forward go instead of pushing back, you know. Yes. Go Just with them. Steer, you know what I mean? Steer, like, steer it out of the yeah, way and keep trans, on going. Transition the energy or whatever. Um yeah, I don't let the trolls get to you because they will always be there. Yeah. But if you're confident, you're confident in who you are, then it doesn't matter what anyone else says, you know. Yeah. And um, for me, my personality that I put on camera is 100% me, and I, I'm pretty open about what I do in my life outside of pinball. And to me, that allows people to know exactly who I am. And so, luckily, I've avoided a lot of haters. Yeah. You know, um, most of the time, people are really nice with the occasional, like, jest. Yeah. yeah. And then the I'll jab. jest back. It's yeah. fun. It's you know, you I do. come from a gamer community where they are more competitive in. Uh, a little bit you know, more edgy, a little bit more in your face. Yeah, so. you know, we're screaming at each other over mics, you know, <laughs> some noob gut headshot or whatever messed up the game. Um, so I'm used to trash talking, you know. I grew up with um, brothers, so yeah. I I welcome it and I give it right back. Yeah, awesome. So it's not too bad. So, awesome. Um, yeah, for like your daughter, just be confident in yourself. Don't let other people bother you and laugh at their attempt to try to take you down Excellent. and feel bad for those people right because anyone that's saying something negative is because there's something negative inside of them that they are harboring and they're trying to exert it off on someone else but really yeah. it's something is wrong with them so you know you feel bad for those people ultimately that's that's very yeah. true that's very true Awesome. I'm gonna have my daughter get in touch with you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a, that's a great role oh, yeah, model yeah. in a yeah. gr in a great message. I'll stand to on send. my soapbox. Right on. <laughs> that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Moto, thank you. I know we're pretty much uh, right, at, right at time. Do, that was Ooh. that was Do the we fastest have any hour ever. from the audience oh, for a moment. Yeah. Okay. I take nine. Oh, fair enough. Is hard body? Is hard body going to feature in the movie? Yes. Dang. It's. Kind of has to, right? Yeah. Well, it does now. How about that? Yeah. I know. Well, there's that whole. Um, I think she, I think you've just married her hurdles. to the idea. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now she's gonna walk that, out of here and scratch something down. Possible is Rachel McLish still alive? I and know kicking? that. I don't that know. That sounds terrible to say that. I don't but, know. Uh, have to look maybe that we up. can get her to do a cameo. Um, I know it is gonna become a licensing thing when we get to pinball as far as showing all the other games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. So we're going to yes. be reaching out to a bunch of people and making yeah. sure that we're, we're good on that. So you're not watching this movie and all the back glasses are blurred out. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be fun. Awesome. Yeah, well, It's not like coming out tomorrow or anything like that, but you know, everyone starts to think about it then. But January it'll yeah, be it'll, here. Yeah. Right. January. <laughs> well, I mean, the best of projects, they, they just take time, you know? Yeah. It's, and we want to do the educational videos first. We want to do that first series of 
when you buy a pinball machine, this is how you set it up. Yeah. You know, instill a little confidence in some more people. And then um, in between doing all of our other kind of tech videos, I think we're going to try to get this movie. In. Awesome. You know, also on top of doing shows and the Marco TV interviews and... Well, speaking I'm of Marco, time will find itself, though. Yeah, yeah that's what they itself. tell me. Speaking of Marco, let everybody know where they can find you. What? All of your URLs. There's a lot. Just go to Google, type in Marco Pinball. No, <laughs> not, well, like Komodo Arcade, yeah, yeah. So, your YouTube um, channels. For yeah. Marco's specialties, our content there, you can find us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com forward slash Marco Spec, mm-hmm. like S-P-E-C. On YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram, you can find us as Marco Pinball. And if you're just looking for not necessarily pinball-related things, but more so what events are happening around, maybe in your backyard, new Mm -hmm. arcades popping up, come on over to Emoto Arcade. And I post most of my stuff on Facebook and YouTube as Emoto Arcade. Awesome. I am OTO. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you for your time. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's it's been see, and, and we were you know we were all worried about man, where do you where do you take an interview after the first couple questions? And look, an hour just evaporated, yeah, just like that. We kind of got philosophical for a while. You know, that's, you know what though? That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. There is absolutely a space for that. Yes. You know, it, we're not covering not that there's anything wrong with it. Who won this tournament? Yeah. Or that's yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, it's yeah. great, but that's just a point in time, and we're mm-hmm. all going to walk out of here and go play more pinball and have a good time. But yep. if you're going to spend so much time on a hobby, you want to make sure that you understand and give it the depth and the the coverage from end to end that it that it deserves. Because I don't want my time in this hobby just to be reflective of all the games that I've played, and that's it. There's more to it than there's is it way a table? more to it. Is it a yes. table or a machine? It's it's a table. Whatever. It yeah. is. No, it is. there's more to it. Yes. It is. Yeah. So, no, this. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, no, yeah, Moto. Thank, thank you, you very too. much. I'm Brent Griffith, and this is my co host of the Broken Token Classic Arcade Pinball Podcast, Whitney Roberts. Yeah. And yes, said, I said it all. You said it all, but we're only going to say it once. How about that? Okay. Yep. All right, fine. Yeah. If I'm limited, at least I got it out. You got okay. it out. Yeah, good job. And uh, this panel is a collector spotlight or a collector focus type panel. And we have as our guest, Miss Belle Wheeler. <laughs> and we're just going to speak with Belle a little bit about her, her collection or actually the collection that her and her husband have. So, which we maybe will get into that. How much of it's hers and how much of it's his? Ooh. We'll have to see. <laughs> Because she's definitely, unlike me, very opinionated on the positive side for some games. Yes. So. Yes. All right. So, Belle, where let's just let's just start out kind of with the basics. Um, name, rank, and serial number. No. <laughs> well, uh, so you, you what do you what do you all primarily have in your game room in terms of uh, arcade video? What, what do you all have? Definitely pinball. Um, we have you know most consoles really, but. Our major focus is pinball. Okay. So, so consoles. Inter- interesting point. So you didn't mention arcade games it, he there. Is such a console. We version. have uh, a yeah. homemade multicade. Okay. Yeah, and that kind of does it for us for that. Um, and and really, it's just because it's kind of beyond our expertise. Arcades. We've just never found one that we were 
so in love with that we had to buy and oh how do we do this by the way we'd be calling you guys yeah so. fair <laughs> enough fair enough you have to listen to 85 episodes because, <laughs> and, and we apologize for that in advance so just don't even bother with it. And, how and, about that and we hear that a lot from yeah. from folks that we interact with it, some people don't like the multi-cade and personally I, i'm kind of a fan of it if it's if it's a space thing if it fills the I, yeah. What what difference does it make? If right. it works for you, yeah. hey, that's great. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. consoles. Well, I, I don't want to make it console heavy, but it, yeah, definitely, definitely a fan on on the console side for sure. So how do how do you how do you guys bridge that as far as playing consoles, playing pinball? I mean, do you find yourself gravitating towards one or the other, or you, you split your time? I mean, how how does this how does that work? Me definitely pinball. Yeah. I've always been a huge pinball fanatic. Even when I was a kid, I've never walked past one and not played it just anywhere there was one so 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 tell us a bit how how this starts because in our podcast we are admittedly lacking uh lacking the fairer voice how about that so <laughs> this this is a great panel to get that perspective because well, right I, think now, I'm a, I think i'm kind of a nice person well, well you know what i'm saying here, Brent. <laughs> we've long established <laughs> yeah. it no exactly yeah i want to say it without saying it but you know what i'm saying Without sad. saying it, but um, but no, I'm kind of curious as to how how that starts. So you say you never walk past one without yeah. playing it. That's conviction and that's passion. Mm -hmm. Where does that start for you? Honestly, I I don't even remember. I mean, it was literally from childhood. If there was one in a movie theater, if there was one in a laundromat, if I knew where there was one. Uh -huh. I went and played it, even if it was broken. Yeah. Most and then mostly they were. You know? <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah. You know? Let's be honest. That's but, right. But uh, it was okay at that point. I have gotten pickier since I have my own and my own mechanic. It, there, there you, you go. go. <laughs> yes. So let let me ask. Obviously, we don't want to get super specific. I'm not asking for addresses or anything. But like, what part of the country do you all live in? We live in North Carolina in the mountains. Okay. okay. So maybe there are not as many there. And yeah. you know, it's not a. We don't live in a big city. So yeah. you know. Where I'm going with that is, is is that where you grew up? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Whitney and I have had the conversation before on the show. We live thirty minutes apart. Mm -hmm. I'm more city side. He was. I'm, uh, I'm very rural. Very rural. Yes. And our experience in, in the day of the arcade was very different because oh, yeah. of the locale. Yeah. It, it sounds like you had opportunity even in your area. Would you Would you characterize it as rural? Or is it more city? Well, you said the mountains. Very rural. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's it's kind of a tourist area. There okay. are a okay. lot of tourist destinations very seasonal, you know, things. So they, there maybe are a few more things as far as that, but as far as I know, there really are no other major collectors in the area. Oh. Um, so that, I don't, you think that maybe is what brought the pinball in because yes. of it? Okay. Maybe right. if I had had more access to an arcade. Yeah. Um, I, well, I don't know. I really like Well, yeah. even me, Whitney, you <laughs> didn't see pinball on location in the day, Oh, did you? no, no, no. I, I, I mean, I, I didn't really get into pinball in, until C-22, uh, seven, eight years ago, because I was a child of the arcades on the weekends. I'd go with my brother, and we'd just get to play. I grew up on a farm in a very rural area, so... I just got to play arcades in, in you know, once a week. Bell, you need that. a podcast. You've got yeah. more cred than we do. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think we've already established yeah, we've that already now. So, no, <laughs> All but, right, that's it, Whitney. We're out. Yeah, we're done. Yep. But no, it, it's one of those scenarios where I didn't have access to pinball at all mm -hmm. growing up. And so 
outside of outside of just playing it very sporadically, it I just it just wasn't it, it just wasn't available to me mm-hmm. until much much later in life. And then here I've I've been collecting arcade games for ten plus years, and now my collection is pivoting. It is it is definitely turning towards pinball, and I'm actively looking at all these arcade games and saying. Uh, that's not going to make the cut. That's not going to make the cut. That's not going to make the cut. Mm-hmm. I need a black knight. That's not going to make the cut. That's not going to make the cut. Well, you know, I'm, I'm glad ooh, ooh, sensitive subject. I'm glad someone's <laughs> going to buy. Yeah, so one of the two. I said of us, that on. Yeah. I just said that on purpose. But but anyway. But you know where I'm going with that. All right. So you you've got a long established history of playing them. What was the turning point of owning one? Was it a yeah. realization you could? Oh, I could have one of these at home, or was it to the point where you had? Well, it, it w- it's a really dumb story. Yeah, but, um, you don't so, even want to know how Whitney and I met. Go ex- ahead. Exactly. Hey, the thing is, we've got an hour. There's so no okay. dumb stories. Let, let it roll. Stories. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. We were in Gatlinburg, and there are some small arcade setups for pinball mm-hmm. there. Sean um, had never had you, had you ever played a pinball table? Uh, a little. Okay. Yeah. This is many years ago. Okay. And we found a Transformers set up. Somebody had put a bunch of credits on it. So I, of course, just started playing it. Um, Free games? Yeah, it was free games. No matter if broke, I won't play it. And so Sean comes over and he starts playing it. And we were walking on the street afterwards. There wasn't a whole lot of discussion. And he's like, uh, uh, you know... That that was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I really liked that. And and we were just kind of joking around laughing. And there was a girl walking ahead of us. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not trying to be mean at all, but her outfit was a little ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And uh, I pointed at her and I'm like, wow, you know, what would you buy me <laughs> if I don't wear that outfit? <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and the first pinball yeah. machine comes through. And I got a Dr. Dude, like, really quickly. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That's... <laughs> and so for people that aren't in the area, and I went there a lot, and I love it, and the kind of the joke is Gatlin. No, you said Gatlinburg. Yeah, it was Gatlinburg. All right, so Gatlinburg is um, it's a very touristy location. It's, it, you walk you, you walk the street up and down the hills. It's all small shops and craft shops. and Pancake houses yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. You get that. down into Pigeon Forge, which yeah. is the, the Redneck Riviera. You know, that's what we like to call it. I don't know if you've ever heard yes. that. Yeah. Which is Gatlinburg's and, and Pigeon Forge are awesome. But that, that's kind of the setting that you're in, experiencing this. Yeah. And shortly thereafter, you ended up with a doctor dude. Yes. So was it like ready to go? Did you have to jump in? As no, it was do? in great shape. It? No, it was in great shape. Um, we've we've kind of gotten half and half on that. Okay. We, it doesn't really affect our decision very much because we don't care to tear them down. I like that attitude. Don't care. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's another insight. <laughs> we can get into that later. All right. So and so you all get in and and work on them. Yeah, yeah, and and we've got ten right now, and okay. that's that's about all we can fit. So okay. we kind of, you know, we'll trade in and out. We're, we're probably going to get one coming up, so we'll have to sell something, yeah. and that's that's kind of. Yeah. So, so, so have you guys built like a game room uh, out of a portion of your house, or, yeah. or yeah. I mean, are they in the kitchen? How, how do or yes? How does that go? Um, we do have uh, an arcade room oh, in our excellent. basement. It's great. Yeah. It's got it's got the big screen with the consoles on it and the couches. Yeah. It's it's a nice game room. Yeah. And then my monster bash lives in the office because it's the monster bash and it can live wherever it wants. I, I got that. I got that. 
So what's what's the collection look like? Uh, give us an idea of, of the years and, and the systems that you span and, and stuff um, like that. Well, I've got Dr. Dude, Party uh-huh. Zone, The Shadow, Fun House, uh, Fire. Oh, you've got a fire. Yeah. Nice. It's a really, I lucked out on the fire. It's yes. a really nice fire. Oh, yes. Uh, Dracula, uh, Demolition Man, uh, Star Wars Episode One, and Monster Bash. Excellent. So it seems like you favor the... The nineties, early two thousand. Yeah, yeah titles definitely. And oh, and I have a Star Trek. I forgot the Star Trek. That's my only one that I've ever bought yeah. new in box. The oh, Stern so Star, Star Trek. Trek. Yeah, Star Trek. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Good choice, though. Everybody up here has a Star Trek, but me. Brit, <laughs> <laughs> you don't care. Oh my god! How do you feel about that? I feel. Actually, I feel really bad because I love that game. <laughs> Honestly, it is a great game. It's a great. We'll game. get into later. Off mic, well, I don't have one, but yeah. that's all. Yeah, <laughs> that's all other conversation. So, so with that, with that type of collection, you say you're you're at a point where some have got to go out before yeah. before another comes in. So, Monster Bash is leaving. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like that's a solid yeah, no yeah. on that. I, I leaned out, so out of our reach. When yeah. I said that, that. That's a good idea. So, so are are you all able to? Um, Connect with other folks in the community. I mean, that, that's a, that's a nice that, that's a nice size collection to potentially host folks or anything like that. But I, I didn't know if if there if there are enough people in the community that you guys can can play with at times, or or is it pretty much just fire up the game room on a Saturday night and go have fun with it? Or it, it's pretty much just us. We yeah. do have some friends that come over, but we don't really have any other collectors or people that are as fanatical as yeah. us about okay. it. So, um, gotcha. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, that's fine. So you mentioned you know, a lot of, not a lot of folks around, not a lot of collectors, sounds right. like you're a, a little off the beaten path. What's it like to get a new, a new game? And by new, I don't mean like a new Stern or a new whatever in box that you could potentially have brought to your door. Right. If, if, you're, if you're looking for a title, is it just a 200-mile radius? Is yeah, it, you, you is have that, to be willing to drive. Yeah. And, and I think at times when we have been selling tables, I think sometimes that's a little bit of a factor for us in our ability to sell things. Yeah. You know what I've learned? She's in the table faction. Exactly. This was a whole yeah. discussion earlier oh, no. this weekend, yeah. table versus machine, which was entirely new to me. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, it's kind of like when you're shopping for a car and all you see is that car. Now everyone has said table in the last 20 minutes. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. It's a right. machine that holds a table. I don't know. Yeah. I get off on these tangents. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> this is not about me. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you, if, are you, you know, like we, we can kind of, and I say we as I'm looking at it from Whitney and I's perspective. If we're looking at, we're thumbing through Facebook or if anybody still Craigslists anymore, we have a little bit of an opportunity. When you look for a game, is it more, okay, I want a game and I know a genre and then I've got to go out and search or deals can kind of cross us is where I I guess where I'm getting to. And it sounds like you're not in that boat. So how how do you all, what's your all's thought process on? We have used the, yes, we we have been using recently the uh, Pinside wish list. You know, if if we want a game, we put it on our wish list and then it notifies you if one comes up for sale. You know, Craigslist is not the thing anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, When we initially started, it was, Uh, but we've just been using Pinside for the most part. 
So, okay. and how long have you all been collecting? I can't really remember. It's been it's been several years. Um, long enough for back yeah. when it was Craigslist being a thing, right. you know. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's been out probably what three or four years at this point. Yeah, is not being a major yeah. source. Yeah, I would yeah. say maybe six, seven years is my guess. So with that, that with that amount of time in the hobby. Surely, the way that you approach playing the machines has changed. I mean, are, are are you all getting finding yourself getting further and further into rule sets of the games that you've got, and playing for completion, and playing for you know playing for modes, and, and playing for items like that, or is it just is it just fun kind of bat a ball, light and sound? I, I'm just I'm kind of curious as to where the years take somebody. In, in their pinball journey, because some people start at the at, you know bat a ball, chase the flashing light, and then they progress into oh man, there's a lot of modes, there's no, a lot I'm of rules. There, Fair I enough, I am yeah, too. Whatever, I am too. It's just now with newer machines, they're just prettier and more flashing. But anyway, I'm just kind of curious. He's I mean, so rough on me, Bill. It, it, he is. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's, just so, it's so passive aggressive <laughs> at times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, how 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 do you guys play? Um, I would say that initially, and and still now, we it, it's. <laughs> whereas he's just aggressive. Don't worry, I know the truth. Um, but no, it, really, the 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 thrill, the flash, all that. You know, that was initially sure. Um, I'm not sure how much I've changed. Um, I'm I'm better at doing the modes. Yeah. And things like that. So it's more of a thrill to get those modes. But I guess overall, I'm still more of a, a thrill player. Yeah. Um, and I like the faster tables, things like that. So, uh, but everyone I think plays a little differently. Yeah. It's, and it, it's it, all about it, your your game style. Yeah. And it's just what yeah. what pleases you is, is yes, really what, yeah. what it turns into. Yeah. Yeah. No. So you mentioned you 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 know having a machine that has issues isn't an issue that you you'll your your own mechanics and all that. Mm -hmm. So how far do you do you take things? Are are you modders? Do you decide I'm going to leave this stock? Do you do you change things to your liking? Do you just kind of stay with the bulletproof type stuff in Cliffy's? That has been by table for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. um, I have a Star Trek that we've we've done many many things too, and it just seems like a great table mm -hmm. yeah. to do that yeah. to it. I mean, it's, it's fun to do yes. that, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, is. it basically looks like a spaceship now. It's got yeah. the undercab lights, the trough light, mirror yeah. blades. It's yeah. very blinky. Did you? Yeah. It's very. <laughs> she was so yeah. excited. Like Did you say? That. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's passion right there. Yes. I love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> but and some of them we've just left them. Yeah. Um, I like to make them as clean and play as well as possible mm -hmm. but you know just certain tables are good with mods and some it's fine without you know that do you find that that dictates um not that it's, it's it sounds like that to have a, a machine you have to go really out of your way to get it because of your location but um for lack of a better term does the amount of love you show it kind of dictate where it is on the pecking order when it comes time to rotate because personally Th that that kind of hits home with me. Uh, that's yeah. kind of not that I don't like the machines that I've got. They're I'm space limited. We're all space limited. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But how much love I'm showing a machine, kind of you can figure out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Making order yes. where, where it's where it's time to that, start. Well, I mean, it, for nothing but financial reasons. I mean, I, I love pinball because I can always turn around and get my money back. Mm -hmm. It's it's that's what's nice about it to me. Mm -hmm. 
Um, with mods, that's not really going to happen. Yeah. So uh, that is a factor. Is this a table I'm going to keep? And it doesn't really matter. You know, I'm not worried about. So I think that's kind of a subconscious thing for me, maybe. But yeah, if it's a table I'm going to keep, I really don't care to put some mods on it. <laughs> yeah, you spare no expense. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Star Trek. Ex yeah, and, and it's it's a great one for that. I, it, well, all the later all the all the later games just seem to be mod just just mod mavens. You know, yeah. you can you can just go off the deep end on mods, and it takes an already expensive hobby and just makes it stupidly upside down, is what it does. So, uh, early games, LED or no LED? Depends on the game. Okay. Um, right. I have a doctor dude with LEDs. I think it's great on that. My shadow, I will not put LEDs in. And, and I know that's always a topic of debate. Certain tables, it just doesn't it doesn't look right to me. Yeah. Um, I, when I bought my Star Wars Episode One, I, I did put LEDs in it, and it looks so much better. Mm -hmm. I think it's by table. And some of them, uh, when the flashers go off, you will go blind if it's LEDs because oh, yeah, it was absolutely. not designed yeah. for that. Um, there's a couple of tables h here that are LEDs. It's like, you know, <laughs> I can only play one game on that. Yeah. So I don't really want that situation. Yeah, yeah. What is, uh, what is the competitive scene like for for your area if 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 any? Because I, I and the reason I ask is there's been some movement around. Um, the bells and chimes, and I, I, I don't know if you're—I I don't know if you're—if you've looked into that, or if, if that's something that that's ever come across your newsfeed or anything like that. But it seems like that's a that, that's a, a competitive organization for women playing pinball, getting into that scene. I was just kind of curious—is is, that—is that something that's available, or is there a chapter close close to you all that you that you hear any news about or anything like that? I haven't heard about them being around. Um, Within about an hour, Asheville is about an hour from us. Okay. There is right. a competitive pinball league there. Okay. Um, there are a couple of um, uh, arcades in Johnson City, Tennessee. Uh, that's about an hour from us. Okay. Uh, I think they might have some league play there, yeah. but um, it's it's limited. Yeah. Uh, Sean actually, when when one of the uh, Johnson City arcades opened up, they were offering a PlayStation Four for their first place prize for the tournament, you know, for opening and ours had just burnt out. Uh -huh. So Did Sean went it? and, yeah. <laughs> Did you see the look on her? It was almost as if she said, of course I do. Yeah, of course I do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. it wasn't me. No, I'm not. A oh, competitive. Oh, no, it was Sean. Oh, Sean. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's the ringer. <laughs> yes. Keep that, in, keep that in mind, Wendy. Keep that in mind. So how, exactly. how much pinball do you all play? Like on, um, on a weekly basis. I would like to play a lot more. It mm -hmm. just seems like our daily lives kind of interfere. Mm -hmm. It is more of a weekend thing. Yeah. Um, I, I would like to play a lot more than I do. Yeah. So what's what's the the travel like for for shows as far as uh, as far as the shows that you all make an effort to go to every year and and everything like that. So living in North Carolina, of course. This is reasonably close. Like mm -hmm. the Louisville, Kentucky show is reasonably close. Right. Probably Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta yeah. would be reasonably close. Uh, can you kind of take us through a year in the cycle uh, as as you all have uh, done the show circuits and and really what what you like and what brings you back and or what brings you out of North Carolina to to go? Uh, we do um, Atlanta, this one, and Louisville every year, and it's uh, anywhere from four and a half to six hour range for those. 
Um, and that's that's fine. That's great with us. I would actually like to do more, but they are a lot further. Um, I would yeah. love to do the one in Texas. Is that late TPF. March? TPF. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. late March. Yeah. TPF. Yeah. Yeah, but that's a flight, so that's you know a whole other thing. Yeah. Whitney, you just actually made it this year, and it, it's something that I've liked to do. Yeah. But it just it hasn't been in the cards yeah. to yeah. get down and experience it. Yeah. But hey, it's, you know, we got Louisville. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> And TPF was great. I mean, it's, it's, it's big. There's, there's no doubt about it. I was able to coincide a, another trip, so it made it easier to justify. Maybe we should all just plan a trip. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Just make it happen. Just, yes. just do it. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Just, just do it and go. So yeah, it was, it was fine. I, I certainly would, I certainly would go again. There's, there's no doubt about it. So what, go ahead, Whitney. I know we're, I know you want to know you're dying. What, what's your console gameplay like? What, so Mine, it sounds it, like, uh, would you say PS4? You just, was that is that was that in the mix? Did we what? have almost all of the consoles. They are, I would say, Sean's. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm I'm more of a of a Wii player. I like I like the the Wii. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and I like Nintendo in general. Yes. So. Well, so she's on the she's playing pinball. You're playing console. All right, that works out. Back and forth go, go a little bit. Forth, yeah. Okay, I understand that. We should have we Sean, we've almost got Sean up here. <laughs> we are drawing him in slowly, and eventually we're just going to slide a mic over. Yeah, that's what's yeah. going to end up happening. So, no, with um with, with with the whole I guess kind of dichotomy around you know, what, what do you play when you play and what do you focus your you know, the finances on and, and things like that. I, I mean. How, how do how do you guys how, how do you guys manage I, I guess what you go after and what you want and what's next on the list and and, and things like that I, I mean I know you said availability but what what would draw you to a new let's say a, a newer a newer title versus an older title or let's say diverting that money over to console to console acquisitions or something like that how, how does something win in, in your household just curious um, well the the pinball is largely by chance you know okay. the older tables it's okay one's popped up do we want this the newer ones we really have to love it we really have to and and have to have played it yeah, okay. normally oh, um, okay but the older ones because we've been to so many shows normally we've played them okay you know so uh and as far as consoles we're much more lightly into that so it's not as much into the financial do we have to worry about this um but i mean as far as budget or, or the commitment yeah, yeah. right yeah. right yeah yeah pinball tables are a commitment yes so that's are. kind of our our concern yeah so is there anything that you're eyeing now pinball wise i really like the new jurassic park i really do interesting so what what makes you say jurassic park <gasps> over and above just... everything else that, that's out there right now <laughs> I, I'm so afraid to speak in front of no, no, no. <laughs> and it, it, this, so for everyone that, that's listening, I, she's just looking at me. She's giving me the side eye, like sure. And, and we've talked about this a little bit on the show. Not this is about you, but so that everyone gets the joke or yeah. whatever it is. Personally, I just haven't been in a mindset for for new games lately. I've just been a little over it, all told. And the joke has been, don't care. <laughs> So, so, and I've played the Jurassic Park, and I, I've just, yeah, so I, I am a negativity right now on all of it for to a, to a certain degree. I mean, I, I'm enjoying the show. It's great to be out. I'm just not personally in a, in a place where I want to do anything with my collection. You know, I've, I've got enough, enough projects, enough stuff out there. So 
uh, my little rain cloud. I'm keeping it to myself. But no, Jurassic, yeah. Jurassic Park is is a blast. So that's what you all have been on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and I I have been where you're at. Uh, yes. Maybe not to that extreme. You seem pretty extreme right now. <laughs> it, it's, um, it's, well, it, it'll Bill, be, it's a passing Ask Ask Whitney when I do something, I do it. Yeah. I, I well, don't dabble. I, yeah. I mean, to that point, though, I think we all get yeah. yes. we, we all get yeah. to the point where we ebb and flow on enthusiasm. Sean, trade me seats. Come no, on, no. buddy. Come on. Yeah, I'm, trying pull, I'm trying to pull it back. No, <laughs> I'm in the middle. Yeah. I'm trapped. We all see the ebb and the flow around enthusiasm. There's no doubt because yeah. it, because this this hobby runs on fuel and the fuel is burning dollar bills, yes. you know, when it comes to that. So I, I get it. it, I, it can, I just personally, I've got bigger priorities right now. So I, and that, totally that's understand. Yeah. It's, there's so, nothing wrong with black Knight. There's nothing wrong with Jurassic yeah, Park. Yeah, yeah. You know, so is. have you, have you closed down spin Brent's money? Officially? No, no, oh, no. No, Whit no. Whitney no. has not. No. no. Oh, okay. No. I will never close that down because it it has to stay running just to keep it top of mind for him. Is I do it for him. Yeah, and all that's, the listeners that's as well. What, yeah. that, however you want to justify, whatever yeah. makes you, helps you sleep at night, Whitney. <laughs> fine. <laughs> no, but curious, curious. Just back to the question: what What is it about Jurassic Park that that, that pulls you? Because there's. There's Elvira, there's Black Knight, there's Batman out there, there's you know Deadpool, there's uh, the new Star Wars or Star Trek, and then and then there's a host of other new new er new ish machines out there. I'm just kind of curious as to why why Jurassic Park, why now? I, I really like the shots on the table. Okay. I can stand there and play it over and over and over, and I, I don't get this this feeling of oh I'm just going to go on and play something else. I I can just stand there and play it. And at risk of sounding like a five-year-old, yeah, I really like it when the head on the T-Rex picks up the ball and yeah, slings it, it around. It, it, it is That's a cool great. Mechanic. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. Oh, so in the premium, I've seen. Yeah, no, I've seen it spit the ball out. Oh yeah, like no, on it, a rank, it, on a wire form. No, well, it, it puts its mouth. Open, you know, it, it lays its head down, puts its mouth open. You shoot it in its mouth, oh, and then it picks the head okay. up and it slings it around, and then drops it. Drops it. Yeah, okay. it's really right. exciting. Yeah. You may have changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I start, I, starting I, to anyway. I've not got to really play, uh, but like one game on a premium, and, and I oh, didn't yeah. get to that point. So. Yeah. I'm glad they, and I understand why it's not in the pro because there's a lot to make yeah. something like that happen. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a lot of building mm -hmm. material. But, oh right yeah, there. absolutely. Yes, that's yes, cool. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> I'll buy that. I, I mean, there there are a lot of shots on that game. There's there's no doubt. And uh, I mean, Jim and I were were playing it last night, and he was taking me through some of the you know some of the the, the shot completion strategies and everything like that. It, it seems like there's a lot there to do, and a lot there to do time and time again. Whereas other shots or other tables that may have just more of a traditional kind of fan layout. It's like, Oh, just, you got seven shots, just go for it. You know, something like that. So yeah, I was just curious because it's such a personal, uh, it's such it a personal is, thing yeah. on who, on what do you like and why do you like it and what's going to justify uh, taking taking the wallet and getting that amount of cash yeah. out yeah. to, to make a move on it. Yeah. So I, I'm always curious as much about the answer as I am, or I'm sorry, as much about the psychology as I am about the answer, actually. Yeah. So. It's, it's a very five-year-old thing. That's okay. okay. That's There's right. no doubt about it. Yeah, That's absolutely fine. It's absolutely mm -hmm. fine. So when it comes time to move a game on, mm -hmm. it, have you been in a position where a game that you thought would never leave, all of a sudden it's like, sorry, time to break up. <laughs> Is 
I, I've but never, you know, I, I do I have, have some. Yeah, I, just, I do have some that I feel like will never leave. But for the most part, I always, I'm very content with. I've had this machine a few years, whatever. I'm good with it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've, I've enjoyed it. It's time for it to go on. I've cleaned it up. It's yeah. better now than it was when I got it. Yeah. And, and I, and I yeah. got the enjoyment out yeah. of it. In, yeah. At the same yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. So obviously, Monster Bash is never leaving. No. <laughs> so is so is that an original Monster Bash or is yeah, it a it's remake? A, it's an original. She's an did original. You see the, did you nice. see her? She shot Sean in the eye like, yeah, yeah it's never going. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, no, it's not going. So so what is it about that title that keeps it nailed to the floor? I, I mean, um, well, you know, I usually will not say this, but it's the theme. I absolutely love the theme, and it has great gameplay. Yeah. Um, but I love the theme. It's it's fun. I even have like a, a creature from the Black Lagoon on top of it, like the topper. Uh-huh. We haven't done the eyes yet, the glowing eyes, yeah. but that, that might be a project for the future. It's just, <laughs> it's a fun table. When okay. kids come over, they love to play it. It's one of those everyone wants to play that table. Yeah. Uh, so it's great for us. It's great for everybody else. I just feel like it's one of the better all around. Yeah. That that title in particular, have you spent a lot of time on a monster bash? Not not a not a significant amount because I didn't play it quote back in the day. Yep. So my exposure to it has been more along the the line of the remakes and it's I mean it's definitely definitely a good a good game to play. I just didn't have a lot of run with it. I neither and neither did I. No. And, the remakes no. Mm-hmm. We okay. we had had an opportunity to play one at a collector's house years ago, doing an, a, a session very similar to this. Yeah, and uh, that was it for years that I had seen it. Mm-hmm. And then recently, I had ac- I've had access to one for about the past year or so, and I get it. That it's a great game. And there's other games though that the, so this is where I'm going with this. Have you found anything that? That is, there's so much hype around it, and there's a couple games in that Monster Bash class of what people would, I guess, yeah. term an A title. Yeah, mm-hmm. Medieval Madness and, and stuff and like that. You just, you don't. I don't see it. Well, we had a Twilight Zone. I would, I would lump that is, into that category. Yeah. Oh, and really? It, really? Yeah. Why? Well, I meant, I meant the category of everybody uh, wants one. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and we had found a really good deal on Twilight Zone, and I think it's a great table. But we, we moved moved it on, you know, after two or three years. We were we just both kind of felt done with it. Really? Yeah. So yeah. so you think that was it the rule set or was it the complexity or or, or what? That it just well, that just causes it not to make the grade over time. That and it's so hard to keep running. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah and it was it's, it. It, there was a there's a lot in it. It was fun, but it always seemed like one of those and maybe we just didn't have the most stable table. Yeah. Um, but it was, you play a few games and it's like, oh man, is this going to break? Or did I get the ball stuck? I would get the ball stuck constantly. Oh, I see. I see. I'm really good at it. That's one of the things I see is so interesting about this hobby that, um, there is so much out there. There's something, there's literally something for everyone. And, uh, just because I don't enjoy it doesn't mean the next person doesn't enjoy it. And that's, that's, that's one of the cool aspects of it to me. Yeah. Yeah, for, for sure. Well, I mean, if if Twilight Zone is, I guess, kind of uh, 
put into that category, then, then what else hasn't made the grade o- over time? I, I'm curious because Twilight Zone is like fairly highly regarded. Oh, it is. It, it, no, and, and, and I'm not. And I'm not in any way. No. Kind of, well, it, it, it is personal. It is subjective. Oh, yeah. But yeah. but it did take me a little by surprise that well. you that you said that title. So I'm just kind of curious as to what else falls yeah, there. Don't don't back off. No, I mean, no, much, no. Don't back off. How much stuff have I even said on the show? It's like <laughs> whatever. Yeah. And it, but that's me. That's I don't. The flip side of that is, is things that I really like. Some titles I have, people, a lot of people are like, "Why do you have space dedicated to that?" Yeah. So it, yeah. Yeah. it's because it's mine. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I, it is. It's just this very personal thing, yeah. and I I don't know how I felt about Twilight Zone to start. I can't remember how many of those I had played before. Uh, maybe even just the digital version I had okay. played. Um, you don't see them as much, and, and my secret theory is because they're so hard to keep running. I mean, they they really are. I don't want to constantly have to, okay, we've got to take this apart and do mm-hmm. something to yeah. it. Um, yeah. So I, maybe that was the deciding factor, is it's the, the playability is okay, but the ball's going to get stuck constantly or... <laughs> It's going to break, or oh, there goes the clock again. Yeah, you know. I mean, <laughs> have you found any any like things that surprise you? Like you've come to a show, uh, you know, total total fictitious scenario, and you've played a game that maybe you've played very little and never seen, and then you decide you just clicked with it, yes. and that has caused you to go find that title. Yes, um, there's been several surprising tables, like World Cup Soccer. The little uh, game with the everybody. It seems like everybody loves that game. I love that game. That's, yeah. and that's that, the and one it surprised the, me that I would soccer ball. It's got the little dog. Yeah, it's got the little dog on okay. it. Yeah. Yeah. and and yeah, it's got the soccer ball that spins. Yep, I haven't, yeah. I haven't played one in a few years, but yeah, yeah those okay. are just great fun. Yeah, just and I I tend to go towards tables like that. They're not maybe you know oh this is great for every collector, but. But that's a table everyone wants to play. That's a table I want to play. So I want to go for playable. You know, this is fun rather yeah. than I can beat all the modes and it's very technical. And you know, I'm, yeah, I'm not as into that. I want yeah. to. It's fun. Yeah. No, no, I, I can completely understand that. I'm, I'm, so does your collection uh, partly, uh, is it resultant of that? I, I mean, you mentioned other titles like Fire and, and things yeah. like that. That And that's just. That's just a great, great yes, game. and that is a fun. It game. is a fun yeah, they, game. They mentioned to me that they had it. Now I, I lit. Did you? I lit oh, up on well, that. Well, yeah, yeah, and and Whitney had. Uh, I think a couple of years ago, I, we had mentioned to him that we had it, and yeah. he was like, "Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I make I make no no joke about it. I mean, that's that's a game that I've secretly wanted for years, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and because it's awesome. I, I've been <laughs> in game rooms and that bell rings. And it's like, oh, oh yes, yeah, yeah, there it is, yeah. there it is. Yeah. Yeah. I know when somebody's yeah. playing. That's yeah. like the communicator in Star Trek. Yeah. You can hear it cut yeah. through Absolutely. the room. Yes. Absolutely. It just makes you smile. Yeah. It just, yeah. and, it, and it just makes you smile. Yeah. Exactly. So so what's the story on the fire? How did you guys how, how'd you guys find it? How'd you get it? In, because they're not the easiest things no. to find. Uh, we, we lucked into that one. They had one at Asheville Pinball Museum. And, and I know TC pretty well, so... I had talked to him about it, and he just wasn't willing to do the price that I wanted, so I'd passed on that one, which I I was pretty happy about because one popped up in Knoxville not Mm -hmm. that long after. And I I have no idea the story behind this table, but it's absolutely perfect. There's not a scratch, not a Plastics are good and everything like that? Yes, and the man gave us an extra set of plastics that he had bought just in case any of those broke. He was like... 
the Uber collector. I was so yeah. he let us loose in his game room. Yeah, we were there for a while. He just left. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, but he he was a great collector. But um, it's it's absolutely perfect. Everything works. The play field's great. You know, the the little flame effect yeah. works yeah. perfectly. Everything. Yeah. So yeah, and I got it for a really reasonable price. So that Good. one, I'm just gonna say, was destiny. Yeah. Someday I might decide to sell it, but it will be to a collector who I think will take care of it and yeah. keep it in that condition. Well, before That's you good. ask, I've already asked them to put he me on the He asked me two years ago, so. by the way. Oh, did he? Yeah. So it, you're, you're going to have to fight over it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I, homed, I homed in early on that. <laughs> I hate you. It, but it was, so I'm actually crying. Yeah, it, it, was just, it, it was just the ask, you know, how, how it goes. <laughs> So, so uh, you know, when when we look at the, some of the other games that you mentioned, what are what's like one of your best acquisition stories, your best collection stories? I mean, you say you have to travel to go get the games yes, and stuff yeah. like that. I've had to travel to go get a lot of my games, and, and so there's there's some oddities that that pop up. But what's probably one of the most memorable you know, game get stories that you've got? Well. Um there was a spur of the moment one that we really lucked out on. Uh, my parents have a, a winter house in Florida. Okay. And uh, they said, oh, we have a neighbor that has a pinball table. We're not really sure what it is, but he wants to sell it. And this is a, a car collector. He has no idea what pinball is, really. He just had a table. And it won't work, so he just wants $1,000 for it. And it was a fishtails. And it was in great shape. There, there, the only how, thing wrong with it buy. was a $7 little plastic part. With uh, the, the, yeah. For the yeah. Butt, uh, up kicker for the... Oh, the, the catapult? Yeah. yeah so we, we did a, a long weekend, went down to my parents' house in Florida, picked up that fish tails, kept it for a while until I could not stand the sound of the topper going... Anymore. How did we go here? Okay. <laughs> and you have to do the that hand will, motion. That yes. will be that will be yeah. in one of our blooper reels. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, and it was great. And then we we sold it. Here, so I know when to pull it out. So I know when to pull it out. And then we sold it for full price a few years later. We we got our enjoyment out of it and yeah. really lucked out. And it, it was it was a pretty table. It was dirty. You know that the man yeah. hadn't done any maintenance but that yeah. we, we're kind of used to that so, yeah. sometimes as as weird as it sounds it once you get past a point it almost seems as if the dirt protects it yeah i felt that way about the twilight zone um it it had just been setting in this and that was kind of an interesting story too we went up to uh it, we had to drive i can't remember if it was two or three hours to virginia to get this table and uh, it, it was part of a deal. It was a really good deal. He was selling that and a Mario Andretti at the same time for a very reasonable price. So we went to get it. And we have a tendency to Google Earth mm -hmm. anything that we, you know. <laughs> yeah, see, we're going. Yeah. yeah, you just want to know. Yeah, because yeah. you never you're know. You're about to answer a question that was my next up. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, no, no. You're right there. You're right well, there. Well, I mean, overall, we've been lucky. And I'm okay. not saying we weren't. <laughs> but. Um, you know, um, we weren't lucky here. But it was interesting. Because we had Google Earth this place, and it was kind of one of those creepy buildings beside the road, like looks abandoned. Like and we're next like, to a river? Oh. <laughs> well, no, it was next to a coal mine. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're, we're kind of like, oh, this is weird. You know, but that's okay. It's okay. a really good deal on Twilight Zone. Yeah. That's all we were thinking. Yep. Yep. 
So we drive up there, pull up to this still creepy building, and when you're there, yeah. it didn't look any better. And this man comes out, and he is just draped in cobwebs, like over his hat. And I'm sure he didn't realize. I think in retrospect, he had just been under a table. Uh-huh. Didn't realize that he that came he out covered. draped in Cobwebs. Cobwebs. And his presentation was that of a serial killer. Yes, out of this creepy building. And so there was a moment there where we're like, wow, what what if we, is there actually a table here? It's like, this isn't worth it. We're gone. (laughs) Yeah. We did not. We did not. Are you doing the Are you doing the calculation on how many people the serial killer could draw in with a great deal on a on a Twilight Zone, a very niche thing? <laughs> and and this was Craigslist days. I oh, should yeah. mention oh, that. Yes, yeah, that's yes. that. It was not Pinside that we found yeah. this on. So and Craigslist were, adds to the creep factor, no doubt. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was, but everything was great. The guy was was really nice. Did not realize he was draped in cobwebs. So, you know. And so you walked out with the Twilight Zone? And, and a Mario Andretti. And a Mario we, Andretti. we ended up just kind of fixing it up and selling it. It had really, really been, um, they, they'd used some creative wiring mm. tactics. <laughs> and I was a little afraid of the fire hazard. So we fixed it to the best of our you know, ability and kind of sent that one on its way. But it was, it was just in order to get the Twilight Zone, we got that one. So, okay. so what was the building? And were they just stored in this old building? His grandfather had been a route guy. Oh, okay. And the, right. this was the remnants of his route. And he had not really had this Twilight Zone out on a route much probably because it was hard, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he had several different tables. Um, he had a lethal weapon that wasn't working, just things like that. Um, he, he just kept the ones that his kid wanted to play. So was it covered in, like, coal dust? Yes. Or? Okay. But, right. Coal dust. But yeah, she says about coal yeah, mine. That's crazy. The, the, yeah, but the table, the play field, everything was good. Maybe that was a little bit of the it was hard to keep running aspect. That's not going to be great on electronics. Yeah. It was fine as far as, like, after we cleaned it up, Yeah. Uh, the play field. But yeah. Do, yeah. do you not remember the games that I pulled years ago out of a gymnastics studio? Yes. Yeah, I and do. And they were, uh, one of them was a battle zone. And inside, you know, you've got to take half the thing apart to get to the monitor, which is mounted vertically. And it had this white dust all over it. And it was sticky. And I could, it, and I'm like, what in, and it was everywhere. And you, it's not like you could take an air compressor and blow it all out. It was the rosin they used. Oh, wow. And the, these games came from, it was a huge open floor. And the back of the building was like, uh, two stories, two level, and you could walk out like on the balcony and see down onto the, you know, where they exercise and they would do their d- gymnastics. So it was upstairs inside a glassed-in room, and it w- all of them were caked in rosin. So I could only imagine wow. at a building next to a coal mine, yes, what yeah. what you all had. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would think the rosin might be worth the worse. The coal comes right comes off. Out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, it shot backs right you, up. You, you yeah. look a little, little, like your hands are completely black after you that work. Well, yeah, yeah. Because you're digging in it. But Yes, yeah. But, well, it does, but it does clean up. It, it, yeah. it vacuums up. Cleaning out those games did not help my gymnastic ability at all. Really? No, no, no. It was kind of a shame, but whatever. It, it is I a could, shame. Got to go with it. It's definitely a shame. No, no doubt about so it. So is that the most sketch situation you found yourself in or seemingly sketch? Yeah, I think so. We've gotten really lucky. We've met a lot of great people. Um, you know and, us. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, buying stuff, we've, we've gotten really lucky. Yeah. 
Well, is, is have you found that the the money on the games uh, in your area and, and what you're you know, what you're going after today? I mean, have you found that that that, that money's continually gone up over time? Yes. I mean, you, you said that you've yes. you've been really lucky. Yeah. Part of that luck is is part of the money that's paid on the games versus finding a good deal and things like that. Other right. times you have to buy the good deal. Yeah. And, and the good yeah. deal is that you get a game for turnkey, but you have to pay for it, you know, yeah. things like that. Yeah. So, I mean, in North Carolina, how's, how's the past five or six years uh, kind of spread out as far as the economics of, of the games go? I'm just kind of curious. Because Maybe because many arcades have opened up in the past few years. It's, the popularity has gone off the charts, so it's easy yep. to sell one. But, I mean, you can look at the price on Penn side and mark it way, way up from there, pretty mm. much for North Carolina. Man, that's that, that makes it tough. It, it is. It's great to sell, tough to buy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah tough to yeah. buy. Well, the upside, it sounds like since you're all versed in doing your own repairs, mm -hmm. that barrier to, in, barrier to entry is gone. You don't necessarily mm -hmm. have to... Do you so do you are you I know that's the way I look. Do you find yourself doing the same? Okay, well I'm I'm willing to accept something I'm gonna have to put a little elbow grease in and come out. Yeah. We've almost always had to work yeah. on them. I mean the we've bought a couple from collectors that were in great shape. Yeah. And that's it, you know, because you, you go to any of the, the dealers that are selling one it, it you know, if it's a used machine we bought a Ripley's one time that was supposed to be 100% working. I think we worked more on that table than any yeah. other table. It's, it's interesting that the uh, the definition of 100% varies. Yeah, the entire, 100 of the the time. entire yeah. right side ramp was not functional. Like I, I wedged. Did the ball run up it? Uh, it was well, functional. it went in it, but you know it's supposed to kick it back out. Oh, I don't. I've in several it. modes, I've not. I've not. That's one gate. <laughs> that and I, and shadow. I know we've seen several shadows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen several. It shows, but it's been a couple years, and I have not had an opportunity to play one. I, I think there. It's a great playing table. It's really fun. It's very complicated. Mm -hmm. Lots of depth. Um, we have one, and that's the next table I'm going to sell. Yeah. Um, it's great. Uh, the theme I find a little irritating. In the end, I, I love the gameplay. The theme you find irritating? Yeah. Okay. Have you ever watched the movie? Is it, it's, it's Alec Baldwin, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's been years. Yeah, it's it's really not good. And then the the call out. The last time I cared about Alec Baldwin was Hunt for Red October. Um, I think it was Beetle, was like Beetlejuice. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. He was in, uh, Beetlejuice. Film. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. yeah, well, he's not really uh, he's the he's a, sort of a central character in that yeah but michael keaton steals that show there there's one call out that i really can't stand what is it um the sun is shining but the ice is slippery and it's like what, yeah. what, is, what does that even mean <laughs> yeah and I, i've even watched the movie and i, I still can't no yeah. it's like some sort of code thing. I say, it it's like some kind matter. of like but, 60s vintage movie yes, spy speak you know is. like like some of the yeah, james bond movies and it movies says have that, that yeah. and it's just kind of one of those things that when you get it it's like well that's stupid but <laughs> and and then it just uh, after the thousandth time it's like oh wow i really I'm, can't i'm so done yeah with that. Yeah. yeah yeah but yeah. The, the, the table is great we did do the alternate translate which is better it's not the huge alec baldwin head yeah um but 
That's one of those that the theme eventually has gotten to me. So do you think, I mean, if you could solve that, do you think it would have more longevity in, in the collection? Because the, the play the playability on it is is pretty unique. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. very unique. And, and ours has the working upper play field, which I know a lot of the ones that I've played, it shows the, the play field's not working. Yeah. And it is. It's great, fun. But really, I'm, I'm content to uh, just move on and we've had that one several years yeah so i got you i got you so uh, is pinside going to be the way that you the yes. way that you move that yeah. one on? okay yeah. all right fair enough so fair eventually enough. do you feel yourself getting to a point where it, you've got x amount of space but eventually you're going to fill all those holes with games that you don't want to move on you're just yeah. going to work your way through well we are planning on uh you know finishing out the entire basement Oh, so that's the solution. Add more, yes. add more space. Okay, yes. valid. And I, like that, I like yeah. that kind of gusto, make, man. Make the that's entire basement an arcade. The entire lower lower half of the house. Yes. <laughs> right. Well, on. you know, with a bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get that. Maybe, but maybe a small guest room. Fair enough. The, right now, the guests stay the in the machine. pinball room, and it's it's like, that's like their privilege. You're staying with my pinball tables. Yeah. So. Well, they can just sleep perpendicular under three machines yes. and call it and yes. it's job yeah. done. Is what yeah. they do. Yeah. So, like, if you have guests sleeping down there, do you have like a remote on, like for Christmas lights, and about three o'clock in the morning? That's that, how I think. That's a great suggestion, um, but no. <laughs> No, at the moment, no, no. I, I feel like I have some guests that would would react badly. Yeah. To oh, okay. That at All this right. time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Just a thought. you don't want to scare the pets or anything like that. Oh, my dogs! They're so used to it. They really don't pay any attention. Yeah, they're not not noise reactive at all. It's it's really been helpful, I think, maybe for them. So do they it's hang sleeping. out? Yeah. Do they yeah. hang out in the game room? They will get under the tables. Yeah. They're, yes. I was going to ask yeah. that. Do, mm -hmm. do your dogs get? No, mm -mm. Really? Okay. not right now. Uh -uh. My dog, she does that. She, yeah. if, if if I have uh, uh, people over yearly, I try to have a, a good sized party in December, and invariably with subs and everything, she goes sleep underneath the pinballs. Yeah, it's just it's the wildest thing. Yeah. She, yeah, ours do not care. They're very used to it. That's amazing. Huh. Okay, all right. I thought she was just, no, you know, like me, odd, but. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't sleep under the one I sleep under, but still. We're oh, well, no. you know, it, it, I hope you have it up on something because I, I happen to know there's not a lot of clearance and I have, you know, crawling under them, busted my legs on, oh, on yeah. the legs or, yeah, or yeah. came up a little. Too, yeah. yeah it, so uh, I hope for, for your every night purpose. For every night yeah. purpose. Yeah. yeah. Quick, quick, quick escape route. Yeah. And, and you must not have much of a mattress either. So. No, 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 no. You just no, get a pillow and yeah. you wad up your jacket and call oh, it, yeah. call it job done so are you all doing uh subs on your games and sounds we do or have one that has a, a a pretty big sub and that just came with it and and okay. that's cool i don't know that i would go through and add that uh we did put a speak like a, a speaker on the inside of star trek an additional speaker but we didn't cut like a space for it or anything like that yeah, I, the the sound quality on the new game just, it's just unbelievable. It's, it is amazing. It, it, yeah. it adds it adds so much. So, uh, real, one real quick question: how how I mean, how big can your collection get? If you I mean, if you take half that you know the lower half of the house, that's that's serious. I would like to reasonably limit myself to fifteen because how many can you play at one point? But you know, it's kind of I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe so, I'm not so good at limiting. I have five dogs. 
Oh. <laughs> we yeah. did have. Oh, you, yeah. All the listeners of the show know that we're dog. We need I, we're dog people. So. Oh, oh yes, dog people through and through. So yes, awesome. So fifteen games, huh? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. You know, you how many can you play at a time? One. One. But still, you know, if you've if you've got the opportunity and that's your passion. It, it kind of is what it is, yeah. you know. Yeah, it, it works. It works out well. I, I mean, is that um, is, is that something that you guys are you building the basement or kind of finishing the basement out around that plan? I mean, have you worked up a floor plan and stuff like that, or? Yeah, I mean, I, I have. Yeah, in my head, I have what I would like, and it is absolutely around. I, I don't think we would have ever even bothered yeah. finishing the basement because it's just us, you know, and the upstairs is enough space for us. Yeah, it's the pinball tables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, so how, they how are, do that. How are you all moving games? Is that made a decision like in how, in vehicles you purchase? And oh yeah, has we, it? we would not. She, oh, but, she's yeah. all in. She's like, of course it does. Did you see the look? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean. Uh, Sean has a Tacoma with the camper back on it, yeah. and we say that's a work expense, but really, it, it, <laughs> for it, tax purposes, yes. you may want to be quiet at this point. <laughs> exactly. I did not say for tax purposes, yeah. you did. Yeah. I said it's a work you expense. Just, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's all I said. Okay. All Nothing right. we have to yeah. strike from no, the show. No, so we're uh, good. But, but it does fit a pinball table perfectly, but yeah. Excellent. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Okay. And, and we call it his old man car, you know, so. Because it's a, a truck with a camper back, yeah. and he doesn't get tickets in it, so it's really useful. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It, it serves the purpose, doesn't it? And, and we found that a lot in the hobby, where uh, people that are, are, you know, they're buying games, they're in, they're deeply into it, but th for whatever reason, they can't cross that line and and you know acquire the equipment that comes along with what they're doing. Yeah. It's and, and I, I'm thinking of in, seriously, <laughs> I'm know, thinking of individuals that have. You know, multiple games that are constantly moving things around and they're constantly in the scramble mode, whether they're going to a show or they're acquiring or selling, and they're just not equipped for for the hobby they've chosen. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's kind of an interesting dichotomy when you when you kind of look at it from the outside. Yeah. Because three pinball machines do not cost what three pinball machines cost. Three pinball machines cost a truck, a trailer, a bunch of two, you know, toolboxes full of tools. Yeah, parts. Uh, yeah, many orders to Marco and Pinball Life. I yep. mean, three machines cost a lot more than three machines, it, it, and that's just that's just the economics of it. It's just the way it is. So Whitney actually asked me a question earlier. We were talking about uh, going through some games. When you all rebuild games, do you do you do standard rubber? Do you do silicone? What's your what, what's we talked a little bit about LEDs, which is a, such a personal preference, mm -hmm. and I, I get that. that. That's what's so interesting about segments like this. I really like the super bands for for most of the the tables. I, really? I, yeah, I do. Huh. I, I, I again, though, I like fast. Uh, I well, want it to play fast. Well, that'll add to it. Yes. There's no doubt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, we use those. Um, you know, when we get a table, unless we've gotten it from a collector, we've always torn it completely apart, cleaned every little bit, put mm -hmm. it back together, all new rubbers. Yeah. You know. That's kind of our, our standard. We always want to, when we sell it, we want it to be in better condition than when we got it. Yeah, yeah. Completely understand that. Yes, yeah, super bands, man. That's there's like a church on on super <laughs> oh, bands no. versus not. You know, it's interesting. I'm afraid to ask. How do you feel about that, Brent? About like, super bands. So <laughs> he doesn't care. <laughs> 
I I actually forgot yeah. that I don't care. <laughs> wow. Well, we have we have cured him of apathy. Yeah, so we have cured him of apathy. I, I have right. used now. Super bands come from is it Pinball Life? Who has the Super I have brand? I have gotten them. From oh no pinball no no. Life. There's there. Uh, they're not an exclusive brand like Pinball Life. No, you no, get them in, in, no. Okay. I, I didn't. I did uh, did acquire a few of them from Pinball Life years and years ago, and I I tried them. They were they were like so bouncy though. It, it's it's just I don't know. I just couldn't get into the vibe. You need with to them. play better pinball. Yeah, right, I, guess that's, can show, I, I guess that's the tricks. Case. Yeah. I just like chaos. Yeah. Chaos. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, chaos. Definitely, they definitely yes. they yes. add to that. Yes. There's no doubt. Um, I have had. Super bands, I've had, you know, a lot of times it's, it's of opportunity. Like if I'm going to order something from Pinball Life and if I'm going to do uh, standard rubber on a machine, which I tend to do on earlier solid states, I will always do some sort of silicone uh, uh, band on the flippers. Yeah. And just for wear, because that's good. To me, that's, that's the most impacted point. Yeah. Typically. So for longevity, that's what I'll tend to do. But if I'm going to do anything that's a whole game in that's in no rubber in it at all, I like Titan. So mm. I'll do a specific order out to Titan and I'll outfit the game. Yeah. And then I find myself in this rabbit hole of not only what sizes, but then I'm color matching mm -hmm. because yeah. it's just. Yeah. So it's, that, it's that's OCD. the way I go. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So when you do LEDs, do you do kits or do you do your own? No, we, we've always just done our own and decided, okay, we want this to be blue, yes. this to be green. Yeah. Um, we'll look up what other people have done and see what looks good, yeah. you know, and, and that's what we go off of. Because with LEDs, I, I feel like you're open to that because it's, it's not what the table came with anyway. So mm -hmm. I don't feel uh, as strict with it. Oh, I need to keep this, you know, it's not original anyway. Yeah. So we'll change the color, make it look better. So I have a, I think you do the same. I have a vendor of choice mm -hmm. and I've got a, a selection of the LEDs that mm -hmm. I prefer, of, yeah. keep you know, the line. Yeah. And then I've got, a, I've got one of every color of both bases. And then I will go through and I will test uh, do I want, like, say if it's a red insert, I'll try the various whites, you know, frosted, you know, non-frosted. I don't like warm, so, you know, it'll be, uh, it'd be a cool white. And if, say, if it's red, I'll do, I'll try red and orange in it to see what I like the best. And then I'll individually, is it, is, they're both looking at me like I'm nuts. So yeah. are you. No. I mean, I do mine the same way. Do you do the same? Or no, no, really, I, I with the last one that we did was Star Wars Episode One. We had found a scheme, kind of, yeah. you know, that we liked. Yeah. And again, maybe I'm just more chaos. Okay, yeah. that's fine. I yeah, mean, it's fine. it's like, oh, this works. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. Sean's yeah. like, this is just my deal with. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, for me, I've, I, I'll, I'll do probably something in the middle. I will always color match the inserts, but mm -hmm. then determine whether, you know, frosted or domed or something like that. It's going to give the best light dispersion. Yeah. But I tend to take liberty with the GI it, it, yeah. as far as do I want it cool white? Do I want it warm white? Do I want it really bright? Do I want it kind of subdued? But I've always found that my rule of thumb is color match, the, you know, color match the inserts and then work on the GI. That's that's kind of how I've, yeah. I've done it. So, yeah. yeah. Do you, are all of yours um, LEDs, have you changed all of them? Uh, all but one at this okay. point. Yeah, all but one. And mine will be changing. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've got a couple that I've wanted to tear down that to get back to. And yes, I it know, is. I know. Yeah, it is. It, it, is. it is. It is. Well, Bell, we really appreciate this. And I just looked down, and this hour has has zipped by. Yeah, it goes quick. So, does anybody in the in the audience have any questions for uh, Bell or? Yes, ma'am. Sure. So let, let me say that into the mic. So she she asked if there's a game uh, that when folks come over that we uh, uh, turn off and put like an out of order sign on it just to, I guess to kind of protect it a little bit. Absolutely. <laughs> I do. Yes. Uh, well, I've, I've got one and uh, she's uh, she's 14. And so she's grown up with it. And so I, you know, I've got pictures of her way, way young, you know, just playing and hanging around on, on the arcade games and stuff. So she, she's got a certain amount of reverence for it that, so, so there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of chaos not going on. Yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. There's just not a lot of, uh, rowdy activity going on there, but we have, uh, we, we've got a fairly big extended family and holidays and people come over and they just treat my stuff bad, you know, and, and that's just the way it goes. I, I try to police it, but I don't want to be so, I don't want to be so bad on it that it's like, well, Hey, these, these things are here for everybody to have fun. It's, it's, it, it's a balance. It's a balance, but I, I really, I really clean up really, really hard after yeah. everybody leaves. I'll say it, that it, in my case, in, in reality, um, I have no children. We have we have kids in the family, and, and I'll host a, ho a major holiday every year. And when they when the the kids were younger, I would shut all the pins off until the family got in and everything was kind of settled, and then we could kind of monitor the game room a little better. And w when they're younger, you know, they'll, they'll have a tendency to pull out a shooter rod and hang on it, or just double flip, which shouldn't hurt the machine at the end of the day it's there it's commercial equipment but it it's still kind of it's a little great it grates yeah. on you especially yeah. when you're in a, a smaller smaller space yeah so yeah i personally i have shut everything down and then when we can police the space come yeah. in and start turning stuff up and then um i i don't at all i encourage children to play I even have like the little stool underneath for them to stand on yeah. and yeah, I mean they could she hurt just, something. I just, could have to fix it. Yeah, but it's it's mainly I'm, I'm I think I'm trying to spread the whatever you, the love just, of the game. She just made us sound terrible. No, <laughs> she did. No, I, I I keep speaking about chaos. Really, I, maybe that's just more of me she's, than I realize. It's really okay. Aggressive. They they can play. Everybody can play, and that's yeah. totally okay. Well, you know, we got a small town. We got one traffic light in our town. Oh, this okay. guy built a rolling arcade uh, trailer. Oh, um, so a gentleman in your town built a rolling arcade trailer. Oh, oh that's cool. cool. Yeah, that's cool. To all events, um, like we have Eagle Fest and stuff like that. Um, and then if he does parties, he charges and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, the kids get to get in there, and, and he said it's... He can get all these machines for like twelve hundred bucks or this. He can make them. He, you know, stuff mm -hmm. like that. So, you know, I always wanted to own a laundry mat, but I didn't know how to fix a washer or dryer. <laughs> so, so, but if you know how to fix it, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, then it makes sense. And that yeah. makes I can see in his model that that's what he's doing. He's dedicating the time, and he realizes the stuff's gonna. I, I think, and I, I might be speaking for you, and I, and I definitely understand your point, Bell. Some some of it 
at least from my side, is a little self-preservation. I know in the back of my head it's commercial equipment. It can deal with it, absolutely. But also I know the time I've poured into it, and if I can lessen some of that maintenance when the party's over, I'll let it wait 45 minutes, and then I can be down there and just make sure everyone under, hey, this is how you play it, and just put all that to rest. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's, I mean, it's, it's a very fair question, though. Question? I was yes. just waiting for you to come in. Yeah. Uh, this is a question to Bell. Do you, have you done any changes to your overhead lighting to re reduce reflection on the, the radio glass? I haven't. Uh, normally, I just turn the lights off. And then uh, the ones that the back glass is a problem, I do have the, what are the little protectors? That little visor. Yeah, I it's think like they're a literally visor. called bent those are, yeah, yeah, those are pretty effective. Like at Pinball Life, is that? I'm not sure. There, there may be I mean, another manuf. Anyway. The, there are some of those that that's pretty effective for, but I just shut the lights off. It's in my basement. I can pull the curtain, shut the lights off, and I've always felt like it's better to play in the dark anyway. The reason I ask that question is that recently we have changed, we had standard fluorescent lighting in our game room, mm -hmm. and we recently changed this to LED tube retrofits, and it makes a dramatic difference as far as the reflectivity of the glass. Yes. There's a particular brand that I was just trying to look it up that works the best for us. Yeah. So. I mean, it's it's a real problem, though, because I, I know that uh, for me, when I play, I, I have a high degree of frustration with glare on the playfield glass because it knocks out the top third of the, of the table, and I can't even I can't even track the ball, and I get mad. And uh, I, I did I did give a try on the Invisiglass, and I'm, in no way, shape, or form am I going to shill for those products. But they work. They work. Oh, okay. well, they act from a glare reduction. Oh my gosh! Okay. Yes, right. yes. I mean, I can see. I, I don't have to look. I don't have to look over the glass now and try to find it, and try to find the, the ball and what's going on. I just look through, and you see it. So it works. Now, the only way that I could ever justify buying more of that is get it on a group buy because you, you, can't, you can't be throwing out that kind of money for pieces of glass. It's crazy, but I, it works. I guess I'm in a, yes. I guess I'm in a unique situation because the, the basic lighting in my basement is can light, mm -hmm. and it's offset enough from the wall that you don't get it directly down on the play field. Yeah. And so you get that ambient lighting, but you also get the lighting from the game. Yeah. So when it, it blends. Well, now when I shift over and I go full game room mode and I turn the black lights on, uh -huh. you would be surprised how much uh, will interact with the black light, whether yeah. you realize it's not, not, not like a stark fluoresce in your face, but things will interact with it. And, what I've actually done is I've taken black vinyl tape, just electrical tape, and I've put it on the tubes to block off portions of that, the radius of that tube, you know, to, to keep it off the games, directly off the games, to yeah. kind of strike a balance. Yeah, 
But I anyway. even I even noticed it walking through. I even noticed it walking through this through this game room at the expo here, and that's nothing. That's nothing about this expo. I notice it at our expo in Louisville. I notice it at uh, I notice it at TPF. I notice it at I notice it at every game game show that I go to. Is that there are just depending upon how the lights fall and where the game is, it's totally situational. I mean, it, it's two or three things that have to come into alignment in order for that to happen. But when it does, it just it's just frustrating. You know, and and you could walk. I can walk three three games down and not not see the problem. So it, it it's just one of those things. Like in, in my particular in my house in my game room, I fight it. I, I mean, I'll walk to every game and there's a block of glare, and it's just like, oh, it just it just wears me out. But yeah, I've got one more question before I let you go. When you play, and, and I'm focusing on because you know, Sean, I think Sean's along for the ride here. <laughs> Do you turn everything on or do you get in a mode where I'm going to play this title and that's the only thing you turn on and that becomes the center focus? When I'm playing, you know, just by myself, I just turn on one at a time. If people come over, I turn them all on. Yeah. Yep. I, I, how do you do that, Whitney? I, I turn on. I can control each game individually in my game room. Mm-hmm. I just turn on what I want to play because I, I I have got to be able to hear and listen to the focus game on. and focus on the game. And that is the the, the the auditory side of the game is just as important to me as the game as the other ang- aspects of the game. So that's how I do it. All right. Well, Bell. We really appreciate Thank the time you. today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I've had yeah, a great time. No, no worries. Ne- next time we're gonna wrangle. We're gonna do. Th- we can do this as a two parter. We need a lot of content out of this because we're gonna get Sean next time. And we'll do a joint thing. <laughs> Here the other he side. Know, you know, yeah. he knows how it works. Yeah. We'll totally change it up next time. Whitney, you've been away, and since you've been away, <laughs> your wallet doesn't scream any no, longer. I've, I've got to fix it. Got to fix it, to Brent. Keep it closed. Uh, oh, and uh, I'll be honest with you, knowing that you are coming back, I really started putting it through the motions. <laughs> well, I really considered duct taping it closed. Yeah, well, that doesn't work. No, that it doesn't work. It, no, because. I mean, you can just easily with a, you know a <laughs> box knife open the duct tape, and it, th- then I've ruined a money, wallet. Just woo, yeah, money, then I've, money just goes. The only thing I've accomplished is ruining ruining a nice wallet. Just ruining a good wallet. Yes. Yeah, no, it's all good. You know, the great thing about this month is that it benefits from the fact that. Uh, that I didn't, I, I didn't have all my wits about me, okay? Because because I wasn't able to <laughs> well, spend as much as I should have. Yeah, this first one is is kind of it's kind of a I'm going to even call it kind of a letdown, but not really because it is good. But it's, it's on it's budgetary, but it's but from a budget perspective, it's a letdown. Now this is something that I ran across, and I I am speaking from. Uh, from authority on this subject because I did purchase a couple of these because I have been looking for mobile parts, let's say storage and transport in cases. Okay. Okay. Ways that I could move like all my Nintendo hardware around without oh, schlepping it. Okay? Mobile as in like around your house. Around my house. Okay. Yeah. Not, it's like okay. pick it up and go from one room to another. Right. I've got all my Nintendo hardware with me. Okay. Or if I or if I'm at a show, I got Sky Skipper out and I need some nuts or bolts and, and all the Nintendo stuff is all the Nintendo stuff. I've got my collection of Nintendo hardware with me for whatever reason. So think of think of this. I'm I'm gonna have to describe this but when you see it, it'll be perfect. It'll be completely self-explanatory. This is essentially a plastic 
parts bin that is multiple it, parts bins that are in like a suitcase with a carry handle. That's exactly what I was going to say. It looks in, like an, an attache case. An attache case with a clear plastic cover that folds over and then two latches snap. And then you pick it up by the handle and you move all your little parts bins around. Now, th- these are very sturdy. Like I say, I've, I've already started using two of them. They're very sturdy, and I'm very satisfied with the purchase, $17 at Amazon. So from looking at this, it's got – once you open it up, there's little dividers or bins mm-hmm. in it. Do those bins – lift out they do okay yes they do so and you can totally move them around and, and reorganize to your heart's content so that's that's good in that if you're dig because it looks like it's kind of deep and if uh-huh. you're digging you can just pull the bin out and spill it into your hand bingo exactly okay. and then put it back so does it come with extra because i see two or no, i see three sizes of bins uh-huh. and obviously it, uh well obviously because i'm looking at it, it it looks like from a form factor perspective you can you can shift them around and you can put more larger bins here, smaller, but you, yeah. you can kind of, but do they come with extra bins? Like if you want to go with all smalls or no. all larges or no, no, okay. it, it just comes still- with, it just comes with, with what it comes with, it, meaning what fits inside the attache case. So that, that's it. D- does the top, it closes down, have a grid that locks into the bins so yes. stuff won't travel yes, across it bins. Does. Yes, oh, it does. There you go. And it has indentions in the top so that so that when it essentially when it shuts, there's like little bubble indentions that smack up against the bins and keep and it keeps like all the bins stable. So that you can you can rotate it, you can flip it around, you can even like twirl it a little bit, or you could toss it on the floor, and all the contents will smack up against the inside of the lid, but they will not bleed over from bin to bin. So something like this actually would be pretty handy even for me. I've got, in my shop, I've got an assortment of hardware, and I've got it in the... In the classic little like clear plastic snap cases. I've got plenty of those. And, you know, and, and this solves that problem. And what I don't like about it is is I I've got three or four of them and they're all different size and they're yeah. from different and this is the kind where they're all open long bins and you put the little slide in dividers in them. <laughs> yes. And, and if you turn you can't move things, turn things, you can't store them vertically because yeah. stuff will shift from shift. That's it. So do the I'm taking it. I've seen bins like this before, and they're made where they're also stackable, and they kind of interlock. These will do that. Okay. But but, then, but you don't want to store them vertically. You want to store them horizontally. horizontally. Yeah. But still, though, they're, they're, they don't get they don't teeter. They so don't to speak. teeter. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They'll lock together and stack up. Yes. Yes. So they won't like slide around on top of each other. They'll actually like sit and there's enough form on each one of them that they'll like sit on top of each other and not. They they won't like move around like sloppily or anything like 17 that. bucks, 17 bucks. I'll bring one over with okay. me next month and you take a look at it and see if it's something you'd be interested in. But I, I was, I was very, very happy with it. Well, and things like that, you know, you wonder it's so inexpensive and it's kind of silly how pricey just plastic is injection molded. Pla- <laughs> I know. You know not to say there isn't work in this, yeah. but at the end of the day, they're going to pump these things out by the tens of thousands. Uh-huh. And you walk into a, a big box store or something and you're like, look, I, I know they made 500,000 of these. Why is it $49? Exactly. And exactly. Because there's only $7 worth of effort here. Why I, is it 49? It's I've looked at some of the, the larger plastic multi-tier roll around toolboxes. And I'm just like, look, I understand that, 
that that there's some effort here again, but this thing shouldn't be $150. It's exactly right. But they're getting it for it. They're not getting it from me though, but $17, I could see that. Yeah, 17 bucks for the utility of it. You can pick it up and it's got a nice, it's got a really very, it's got a really substantial thick handle on it and the latches are, they seem like they're, they're okay. I would have preferred a metal latch, quite honestly. This is a plastic latch, but as long as you don't get all green on it, you know, go, go Hulk Evader on it. You you ought to be okay. (laughs) So, so there's that. Yeah, there's that. Your $17 parts box. And so far I'm a fan. Cool. All right. Well, I'm, I've actually got a little money to spend of yours. Ooh, yes. And I'm going to step up just a little bit from the $17. Here, I'm going to, this looks like a linky clicky is what yes. this looks like. All right. So this, I've actually just recently purchased one of these and this is a lit display frame. Ooh, touche. From yes. Pinball Life. Yeah, and that's, so here's what that's brought, a couple, that's a couple hundy strong. Yep. Okay. Sorry. Oh yeah. Uh, here's here's what brought me to this, and for listeners of the show, I've I've mentioned before that I don't have display space around here. Uh, my my ceiling is just high enough. I get games in here and all that fun stuff. And oh, and I forgot to mention during the updates, I found a place to hang my Run DMD clock that Whitney was so gracious to uh, arrange for me at Louisville Arcade Expo. Back in March of this year, and I had yeah. the perfect little spot. To, I say little because the clock is not little, but it's the, pretty huge. The perfect space to put it again on the on a wall right above my cabaret pack and to the left of my tempest. Yeah, awesome. And it fits in just like I had given uh, Dan. Help me here, Deboucher. Dan Deboucher. Sorry, yeah. Dan. Yeah, no problem. Dan Dimensions. <laughs> uh, that sounds like that sounds like a rock band. Dan Dimensions, <laughs> does, our, our yeah. new wave band yeah, it's from like the nineties. D- it's like Devo or something. Yeah. It's like Devo's second band. Dude, yeah. Dan Dimensions, their second album was yeah. so sweet. <laughs> it was so meta. <laughs> it was so meta. But uh, so so anyway, I I I'm, I don't really have a place to display a translight, and the reason I got this is is. Many, many shows ago, I'd mentioned that I had taken the sign translate out of my Ghostbusters and gifted it to my niece, who is a, excuse me, my Adams family, because she's a huge Adams family fan. And kind of as her leaving, it worked out, it was as as her eighth grade production, she played Morticia Adams in uh, in the Adams family production at at her grade school. She's in theater. So... We, we we wanted to display that. What we ended up doing is getting her one of these displays. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I wanted to comment on it. It When it showed up, I, I was very, very impressed. Okay. All right. All right. So the displays run 185 to, uh, or excuse me, 189.95 to 199.95. They've got four sizes at Pinball Life. We'll give you the uh, uh the link in the show notes and here's the quick description descriptions uh one is for jjp translites yeah they've got one for stern dmd translites they've got one for stern lcd translites and they've got one for wpc era bally um, williams translites all right and then they, when you get into the description they provide you the the dimensions because one, I'm sure that's a fail safe. I'm I bet that there are games that don't have the exact same dimensions in all of those categories. Yeah, yeah. So you may have something that may or may not fit. So anyway, this thing shows up. The box is huge. 
it's kind of hard to tell exactly how how the how big these are. In reality, it it comes double boxed with a lot of material to to keep it safe. The frame itself is just uh, unfortunately I don't have it here in front of me. The it's probably an inch and a half, maybe at most two inches. Okay. A, on all dimensions larger than your translite. So it's not huge. Thickness-wise, this thing is probably an inch and a half. How they make this thing work, I did not I didn't take it apart. It it, it it's beyond me. There's there's some mention in the description <laughs> as to how there's filters and how the uh, uh, there's filtering uh like plastic or uh, uh something well, I don't know, Whitney. Are you looking at it? Because I'm, yeah, I'm speaking. I I'm speaking from the hip here, yeah. and I'm doing a poor job at selling their product. That's why I do not work for Pinball Life. <laughs> but the, what they've got a diff, diffuser—that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. They've got diffuser panels that are in that that wafer thin stack that help to evenly distribute the lighting. And man, does it work? Mm. It looks. I looked at that and I was like, as thin as this is, how are they not going to get hot spots? How? I don't know, but they don't. They don't, yeah. I, I, and I don't. I don't care. Yeah, it 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 looks great. It, the the tagline says better illumination than the actual game. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that says it all. So the um, the only the only knock I had, and, and this may may have been a mistake with ours, and it's actually addressed if you look at the description on their site when you go to buy it. Is is I couldn't figure out how you get a translate in it. I thought you. I looked at the back, thinking like a picture frame, and you have to take. I, I didn't understand it. It's I made it too overly complicated. Okay. When you're looking at the frame edge on, I mean, excuse me, uh, head on, straight at the frame, as if you had the translate and you were looking at the translate in it. Yeah. You take each of the the sides of the frame and they they snap open. So you then you you snap all four sides out and open. You lay the translite in it. It comes with an overlay piece of plexiglass or or uh, not lucite. Um, Lexan. Lexan, yeah. whichever material it is. Yep. That goes on top. Snap, 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 snap. Closes it all up. Yeah. Or as our friends in the UK would say, perspex. 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 Yes, exactly. Yes. It, uh, like I said, I made it too complicated. And the the really cool thing about it is 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 RGB LED. However many bajillion colors you can get out of it <laughs> and it's not like one of that's a kentucky word yeah it's a lot of colors and it's not like your typical rgb led remote control so you've got it powers on i'm doing this from memory you've got buttons for the primary colors uh red green blue and then a white and then it, the the main part of the remote is like a color wheel, mm. and it's not a button; it's soft touch. And you put your finger on it, and it, whatever say you hover over a, a, an orange, well, it, it changes to that uh, that orange. Oh, nice. And as you okay. work your way around the wheel, it's it fades into the color that's represented oh, on the wheel. Yeah. So if you want a particular shade of blue, yeah, you just you just dial it in. And there it is. That's that's it's, sweet. It's really, really neat. So with that being said, could you justify buying 
two or three of them if you had the space. Oh yeah. Okay. Hey, it, that that's the endorsement I needed I, to hear. I I, I could I, okay. I could see it. All I right. Mean, okay. You're, you're paying up a little bit. It's like, well, you know, I I, I could take some wood. I can make a frame. I could. At the end of the day, I, I'm honest with you, Whitney. For the money, it's like, how are they making money off of this? Yeah, okay. I, I, I will say that. That's the endorsement that I want to hear right there. Because I have, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I buy on value, and I have no problem buying where the value is. There, there it is. I, would, I said it. I almost want to try to find a place... <laughs> Seriously. Here now, now I don't know what I don't know what translate I'd put in it. Whitney's well, I don't know. I'm pointing around. I'll find you a place. Whitney, well, you know, I could put it in the stairwell where I was originally yeah. thinking of of hanging the the clock, which the run DMD fits better there. Yeah, it just I, blends I will, with the game I will room. Agree. Yes. But I've got a wall here in the stairwell. Yes. And and I honestly I could even like for power, I could you could come through this. I could come through that wall and into the the, yeah. the back room. Now, there. now you want to know where it gets really tight. Where is when you stack three of them on top yeah. of each other. Oh, I could do oh, it there. And then it then it then it looks. It's like man, Uncle Brent. He he's done turned it up a notch. Now and if if you I know Whitney, you've talked about doing like a display with several. And oh, I, oh, I'm going to um, yes. There was... I'm a translate maven. That's yeah. a problem. And I've got a problem, and I freely admit it. Dude. Well, you know, I'd have to have one I'd want to hang. Like, I'd have to get... Like, I'd have to get another Jurassic... I'm looking at Jurassic Park. I'd have to get another, like, Adams... Yeah. ...and get it signed. But then I'm like, well, I'd put it in the game. Then I'd have to... Okay, is there something I'd... Re- I, I don't... I'd have to figure it out. Well, but, see, for, for my collection in the way that my personal tastes run... I'm going to want to get like a Deadpool and then I'm going to want to get uh, a, another Ghostbusters and because I like zombie Yeti stuff. And then I'll probably wind up getting like uh, a Guardians and maybe an Avengers and an Iron Man. Is oh, I've got that spare Iron Man because I, I like in like a Spider Man Vault Edition because mm-hmm. I like all the comic book oh, based I gotcha. stuff. Yeah. yeah, so I will I will th- I will do translates in a theme, and that's the reason why I want those Star Wars translates <laughs> because I'm the already, comic ones because I'm already planning for what I, for where I'm going to put them. So yeah, like I said, I don't at one ninety nine. Yeah, the, these to me don't look like they they're made. And they may very well be. They don't look like they're mass produced overseas. There, there's a little aspect to them that looks like they're handmade. Okay, you know they're not handmade. Isn't like maybe you know a hobbyist or someone that Pinball Life works with. They, they just don't look like they came, you know, out of a factory five hundred at a time. Yeah, and the, floated over. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. or five five thousand or fifty thousand at a time. Yeah. Where they look stamped. Yes, exactly. Yes. yes. And, and I, that's, again, get, I, I don't see, there doesn't look like there's an economy of scale here. And at 199 I, I'm honestly, I'm like, I couldn't make this. Uh-huh. And the parts are one thing. If I could find the, the parts to do that snapping, which I'm guessing that if you dig into it, there's probably something in some picture framing buried in some catalog somewhere for me to do the footwork. And, and I can't see it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's all you need to say. Me ever trying to do this. And like I said, it's, it's thin. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's really, really nice to, to do that in like wood 
you would have it four or five inches thick so that you could get the the distance from mm-hmm. your LED so you don't yeah. have hot spots yeah. and you have your district. This is this is none of that. This is none of that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's that's highly recommended. Well, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to seeing it because, like I say, I do have that one lit frame that I got from 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 Brad on Pinside, and I'm I'm looking forward to. um, In fact, I'll bring it with me next month, Brent. And that way, seeing as how you've handled the one from Pinball Life, it'd be interesting to get your perspective on the lit frame from Brad and just kind of do a side by side on them. So I will. Before I hang it up, I'll bring it over and let you take a look at it. Okay. Cool. So yeah, uh, and we'll have a link in the show notes. And like I said, uh, the one I've had. It, it it was enough to make me think. All right, well, maybe I should find a place to hang a trans light yeah, down here because yeah. this is yeah, this is this, this is, is pretty. It's legit. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. Well, All right. So now one up me. Well, well, I don't know about that. I just I just thought this was extremely interesting. This is this is an arcade product, and it's from uh, a gentleman uh, Riddle TV. He on Clove, and he makes a, a lot of let's say board adapters, jamma testers. Uh, he integrated the crafty mech into a into a JAMA adapter, just a, a, what I would consider very unique and fairly ingenious products. And this, uh, Brent, what we're going to spend your money on is what he calls the Easy Arcade. And essentially what this is, is this is a system that incorporates three different boards. It, you have got a eight-way switcher, kind of like a backplane board, and then you have got a uh, a cabinet interface board that can either be uh, you can order it as either JAMA, uh, Konami slash Stern, or we'll call it Bally Midway. And then you've got game board interfaces which connect to the eight-way switcher, the backplane board via a forty-pin ribbon cable connector. So essentially, you take the game board interface, plug it into your game board, let's say like a Burger Time board or any JAMA board. Then you run that into the eight-way switcher board, and then the switcher board outputs to the easy cabinet interface board, and that's that's what your arcade monitor, your control panel, and your power supply is all connected to and derives power from. And then what this allows you to do is run eight different boards of different standards inside the same cabinet that's successfully cool. and it's really cool and i you did can mix and match any way you want you can mix so and you, match any way you, you can want. take a jamma cab uh-huh. use this the jamma cabinet interface board to connect the to the back plane the eight-way switcher and then you can populate the eight ways any way you want with with the selection of interface boards. That's, it's got. that's exactly right. And they're not that expensive. No, no. This is $120 for the switcher. And then you're, you're looking anywhere I between. I don't even know how he does that. I, Just, I, I don't either. I it, mean, it, there's a part of me that wants to get it before he stops selling it. Because yeah. I'm looking at it. And, I, and, <laughs> no, this, and I'm to, not. I hate to say that, but it's true. And this is a small picture. And I'm just looking at it, and I see a little logic and oh, and banks of of what looks of of, re, of board mount relays. Yes, and that's what he's using yeah. to to move every. And that makes perfect sense. I, I don't understand at one hundred twenty dollars how he's getting the board made and populated and soldered. Neither do I. That's insane. And it's got logic in it. And you, you only you need the one. And you, you only need, need the one. And that's then after it. that, it's interface boards. And then after that, it's interface yeah. boards. You only need one eight-way and one cabinet interface. 
So the eight weighs 120 bucks, and then somewhere between 20 and 30, I think, depending upon whatever your cabinet interface is. So at most you're talking, and that's that's 120 free shipping. That's uh-huh. what it's. Yeah. So at most you're 150 bucks to get the 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 base back plane the, the base and plugged back plane into your going. cabinet. That's right. And then it's 25 to 40 bucks depending upon what you want your game board interfaces to be. And, and then if you had JAMA and a couple Bally Midway, I mean, it's just it's nuts. So right now he's got uh it looks like JAMA, Konami slash Stern, which is going to be like your Super Cobra, your Scramble, Scramble all those. Yeah, all the Frenzy, Berserk, all that. Uh, no, those are that's a completely different oh, deal. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, I they're they... all ribbon cable. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I you see slide it. out that Berserk thing, that that whole left inner wall oh, of it is all boards. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. I stand corrected yep. on that. Yep. So for sure. a little later, Stern. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and actually, Stern Konami, I think it's going to get you Moon Patrol too, or as well. Moon Patrol, there's a bunch of games in there. Yeah. Uh, Pac-Man, the Pac-Man standard, and then yeah. there, well, that should also get you Galaxian. Uh-huh. Galaga, and there's a few other games and, on Galaga. And Miss, and Miss Pac-Man. Oh, and Miss Pac-Man, yeah. yeah. And then the Burger Time standard, and I don't know what what else, if anything else is on that. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. But still, though. It's still going to be quite a bit. It, it, it's it's going to be more than you think it is because it'll yeah. be Super Pack. It'll be uh, what else? It'll be um, Bump and Jump. Mm. It would be probably Blueprint, maybe. Um, and let's so see. There's a lot. There's a lot in just these couple that he's got available. Bagman. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be quite a bit. And then. If you think if you think about this, there, there's value here, and I, I guess I've, I've used the word a few times this show. But there's value here because he's put in logic in this to only power the board that you're actively switched to. Oh, so, so you don't have to have some crazy no power plant no, running only, a diesel generator no, in the back of your cab. No, you only need a good switching arcade supply or uh, arcade power supply, like from arcade shop. Just buy a good switcher. And then this only runs the one that's active. I know so it actually powers up and boots the boards as you switch. I know that was an issue with some of the um, early JAMA switchers. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, it, it turns on all the boards. Yeah, and they all run off like one power yeah, supply. Yeah, so you have to have some crazy power supply to do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Correct. That is so, really cool. It's really cool. So I'm going to do some more reading on this, but when I when I dug into it, I was I was highly highly impressed. So yeah, let's say for under 200 bucks, it gets you. Well, I'm sorry, actually for under for 100 uh, 170 to 180, you, I mean you're you've got full ride to start, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is actually pretty strong. So well, there you, know, you go, Bram. That, you spent your money. That's good for somebody that is really space limited, but they want original games and yeah, original boards, or they've got a collection yep. of boards, or heck, they just want to test a bunch of stuff in like a, a single harness setup or mm-hmm. something yep, like that's that. That's true. You know, it would be handy there. All right, Brent. So as we get to the close of the show, um, we we spent your money. We've talked about we've talked about some very heartfelt topics on on this episode, and I appreciate appreciate the time and being able to do that. We've covered a lot of ground, but we would be remiss here before we close out the show if we didn't just cover off on just a little bit of, of I guess, recent happenings in industry news. The first one that I that I thought was very interesting, and I I had this on 
a couple of days ago. I'm, I'm we're several weeks out from this, but I had this on a couple of days ago while I was uh, while I was downstairs just cleaning up some stuff in my in my game. Uh, I'm sorry, in my workroom. Listen to the bulk of this. I'm probably two thirds into it. This is George Gomez talking to a group at the Chicago Ideas Week Festival, and you can think of this as kind of like a. I don't know. I'm going to assume this is kind of like a localized TED Talks type of type of scenario. And George uh, gives an essentially a 90 minute presentation on modern pinball design. And it was interesting to hear him just talk about how Stern approaches what they do, how he approaches what he does and how he manages a group of pinball designers. And the, the YouTube video, it's up on Jack Danger's YouTube channel. And I, uh, I mean, I was surprised because so much of the so much of the first part of the video is just shot with you watching George, and that's it, just one on one. It's like George is just talking to you. So that I was going to ask, you can you can listen to this. Yes. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to watch it. You can just listen to it. But the uh, but the presentation was filmed video. But then there's a, a probably about uh, somewhere between a third and two thirds of the uh, the way through the video, the camera pans out and changes angle, and you can see George talking to a room of probably twenty or twenty five people, and it was actually pretty cool. I had no idea that that many people were there listening to this. It's it's very educational and it's 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 insightful. So I I've been enjoying it. I'm not done with it, but so I, I take I've enjoyed it, it enough that I wanted to put it in. I take it that then there's some new things there. Some um, not that not that. George has given away like uh, secrets of Stern, but no, no, there, no, there's there's some new stuff there, some behind the scenes stuff that's interesting to the to the collector. Yeah, and, and he's just talking about how or the enthusiast to the enthusiast. I think that's the better the better demographic to use because he's just talking about what Stern looks for in, from a modern design perspective and how their design. I'll say they're, man, I hate to use this word, but I'm going to say it, methodologies, how their design methodologies have changed over the years and and really how they approach modern manufacturing uh, in, in today's age. So he, he he does cover a fair amount of ground. Okay. Well, yeah. cool. Yeah, it, it was cool. It was well, cool. And the reason I ask about giving it a listen is, for me, it's easier for me to consume content that's just, that I yeah. can listen to. I've got more time. Yes, Yes. I've got more time that I can just listen to something. Well, well so. I can multitask while I listen. Yeah. But for me to sit and watch a YouTube video, if, if I'm going to invest an hour and a half in it, then I got to sit there and invest an hour and a yeah. half. And that's an hour and a half that I could have done something else. I mean, I could be watching that. Yes. Uh, you know, yeah. any Rock Star Trek with Kirk in it. <laughs> <laughs> or Do you think, you think we were going to get through a show without that? <laughs> well, I, I, I will commend you on how you slipped that in. I'll, I'll say that. Jackie and I have actually started watching the Rockford Files as of late. Did you ever watch the Rockford Files? I did on and off. Yeah. 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 It's, I, it's it's better than I thought it would be. It's oh, pretty, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, I might have to circle back. Yeah, yeah. I, I've uh, I've been enjoying it. Jackie's got me on this whole kick of watching, you know, retro TV. Well, retro TV. Oh, older, older TV, older TV. Yep. And there's there's some merit there's there. A, there's a there's a channel. There's a channel on Pluto TV. If you've never heard of Pluto TV, you go out and read the Wikipedia page on it. Uh, it, it was started by a guy or a couple guys. Uh, from some other broadcast company, I, I can't remember their names, but they started this free TV service. Okay, and there's some there's I, I don't think there's any original content on it. There's a multitude of channels. Oh, there is some. Let me say that uh, not of their own, 
there's a multitude of channels and a lot of the channels are like a certain show just back to back to back. So there's one that's nothing but James Bond movies. Oh, I see. And okay. they, there's commercials in it, but they're tolerable yeah. and they're not super long. And there's one that's nothing but Adam's family, the old <laughs> oh, black and white Adam's family. Yeah. So there's, that's what I was thinking of when you were thinking of Rockford Files. That seems exactly like a Pluto TV. They could just do a whole channel. Of they Rockford could do a whole Files. channel of Rockford yeah. Files. Yeah. Because it was on for several, several years. Yeah. So. I, I've gotten addicted to the, the Minecraft channel and, yeah, oh I, wow! And, and here, here's why. So let me. I'll. Um, I'm going to grab the wheel and I'm going to pull us over to the side of the road real quick. Okay, all fair, right? fair enough. Because the way your eyes perked up, I, yeah, I, I, I was like that. That was unexpected. I just didn't expect that. Yeah, so, okay. So they've got a channel that is Minecraft, and I when I the the, the genesis of all this is is I I cut the cord. I got rid of all my cable and all that. And I just went to internet and streaming. So I I had slowly started to convert all my TVs over with Roku devices. Uh-huh. And for the channels that I, the cable channels that I want, they're actually available on Sling TV. So I just subscribed to Sling, and I knew that I was very interested in Disney Plus, which was on the horizon when I started this. Yeah. And then eventually, I will concede uh-huh. that Picard <laughs> will bring me over. <laughs> it, oh, it definitely will. To yeah. CBS All Access. Yes. Now, All right. have, have you just real quick? Have you been watching Disney Plus? No, I haven't gotten it yet. Okay, neither. And, have I. and I, I've stepped back. Um, I'm trying to avoid the Mandalorian mm-hmm. spoilers, uh-huh. but I, I just know I, right now I don't have that uh, time to. If I had it, I would be. Oh my gosh, I got to. I want to go see this. I want to yeah. watch the Apple Dumpling Gang, and I want. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, it's it's like our, the conversations you and I have had about trail mix. Yeah, <laughs> I can't avoid it. So. It, yes, it, I have an unnatural affinity for trail mix. We both do. Yes, yes, yes. So I, I've just decided I'm gonna I'm gonna get through the holidays. Uh, probably not to January. I'm gonna get at least into early December when I when I can put a couple of th- events to bed. Yeah, and then I'll probably get it because okay. I can take a breath and sit down. But so all right, back to so I've yeah, I've yeah. derailed the derail. Okay, fair enough. I I watched it, started watching it because I know my nephew plays Minecraft. And I didn't have much of a concept as to what you really did or could do in Minecraft. And I, I, so I started watching it and I started understanding and how the game works and how it is a game and not a game and how there's other games that are made from it. Yeah. And that just gives me a point of, of personal connection with my nephew. Okay, fair enough. Because I can sit down and I can say, have you done this? Oh, yeah. And about the... And, and I know the terms, yeah. and I know what he's talking about. Yeah, okay. And the the that the Minecraft channel on Pluto is basically the YouTube channel, the older videos of a content creator called Think Noodles. Okay, okay. And it's if you're if you're a, a parent, his YouTube channel is very clean. There's no cursing. There's, you know, he's, he, he walks people through things. It's kind of like, it's kind of like mine, our version of Minecraft. Oh, okay. You know, he talks about it. He, he builds a world. He does a thing. He sets out on a plan for the day. Kind of like we do the show. You yeah. know us a little bit. You know him a little bit. Yeah. Okay. And fair enough. So yeah, I've gotten addicted I, to watching. He's probably a pretty solid guy. He seemed, I, I would think that he is. Yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. He'll bring his wife in and his, him and his wife will do things. 
and they'll have a little contest. They'll they'll build something, and you know, and then the the listener or his viewers decide. And yeah, he has a segment where. Um, he has a, a, a gold noodle award. And this, this is his older content, <laughs> okay. honestly. It's yeah. only grown since then. And he does other... Check, check him out. Think Noodles on okay. YouTube. I, I will. He, he plays other games. But So uh, um, how did we get on... Oh, oh the Rockford Files. Yeah, sorry. So, yeah, so, yeah, I asked about Pl- the Rockford Pluto Files. Pluto has all these dedicated channels. <laughs> yeah. And, um, one of them that what was the old Robert Stack show Unsolved Mysteries. Unsolved Mysteries. That's one I've been mean, meaning to send over to old Adam and JP because they're Unsolved Mysteries fan. Yeah, they have a whole Unsolved Mysteries channel. It's ro- all the Robert Stack you can take twenty four by seven. Robert Stack, he's got a good voice. I'll give him that. He's got yeah. a good voice. Yeah. So anyway, all right. Uh, uh, look, take the wheel back. Uh, fair, fair enough. Uh, just a couple of items worth mentioning, and this is uh, this is some news courtesy of this week in pinball. So uh, Jeff Patterson and, and the fine folks over at TWIP, I was surprised that, we, <laughs> and I, I'm going to go ahead and say this, and it's probably not very complimentary. I was surprised that Deep Root actually showed something, and they have uh, they have shown a prototype of retro atomic zombie land adventure Raza. Uh, that that happened at the Houston Arcade Expo, and I've I've included a couple pictures, but this is nothing that you can't see by going over to uh, this weekend pinball, and the the whole the whole deep root, I guess I don't want to call it a saga, but the whole deep root story has uh, has been one that interests me because you you've got some fairly. Uh, opinionated and in loud, uh, loud slash boisterous folks within uh, within the four walls of that company, and then you've got just some some very very uh, well spoken down home folks like Steve Bowden that are just such great ambassadors for pinball, and then you've got uh, designers like John Papaduke that are that are on that are tapped and, and working there, and it just seems like a melting pot of personalities, and I'm I'm interested. So, what's Steve's relationship to Deep Root? He is uh, he's doing game design. Oh, and, he and, is. And code design. Yeah, game design and, and rule design. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So so Steve well, I didn't realize that that uh, that that he was I, I know Steve's an unbelievable player. Unbelievable player. Yeah, world okay. class player. Well, awesome. Yeah, but Steve, Steve's an employee there now. And so they've got this they've got this wide or this this mix of personalities and, and people and everything. And uh, Robert Mueller, uh, the owner, I'm just really interested in how he's approaching a pinball company because what we're watching is a pinball company start from the ground up that has that uh, that appears to have significant financing willing to dig out the the whole zidware customer base from Pop, from Papa Duke's uh, scenario and then they're bringing some of those titles to market and they're staffing up and and Mueller's made a lot of claims but up until now there's not really been anything to back up those claims so you know, we've heard him talk a lot, but just not really show much yet. So, anyway, the these these games, I think there were a couple that that were at the Houston uh, the Houston show, May, maybe more. I, I think I read that there were two, but uh, they're they're prototype games, so nothing's been finalized. But again, I, I feel like I'm kind of going on about it, but ultimately, I'm just I'm just curious to see where this whole story goes because. Robert talks about how they're, how he's going to produce pinball at a price point that is better than what we see today with 
with higher quality and so so do you and, know what, and it a it a faster release cadence and all of this and it's just I just don't see I don't see how this works. So I know John's name and obviously we know Steve. Steve's been yeah. on the show. Yep. Uh, now I don't know Robert Mueller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the uh, owner. Well, I mean, do, do you owner do you know, slash founder? Right. So do you know his background? Is I it... only know what I've read of him okay, from, from right. other from other interviews or listening to other podcasts. But have I spoke with him? No. No. Well, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't think you all had done yeah. lunch and were besties. No, but... no, not at all. <laughs> I just no, I'm just I'm just taking it from from other media that that has been that has been published with with him in it so all right yeah it's it's just interesting to watch this this thing start from start from scratch and and just have a very uh, a bit of a boisterous and a a, a bit of a loud kind of in your face kind of uh personality already assigned to it and uh no i I haven't followed it all and and just from the hip when i think boisterous and loud i think about the whole dutch pinball thing of a few years ago yeah and how it just like fizzled out yeah yeah and i i i would hope i would i would hope and wish the best for for this team i do too i do too it's it's just that they've they've had a very long talk track yeah without showing the anything thing is kind of a cloud the zidware thing's definitely a cloud yes yes and uh i know that uh i know that that uh robert and company has has address that so uh, you know hats off to hats off to making that situation right i just hope that they hope that they can that they can deliver on what they say they're going to deliver on and and then brent the in some other news i thought this this was just so odd and it just kind of caught me off guard but the uh, haggis pinball introduced a game called celts or Celts, Celts, uh, Celts. yeah, Celts. That's probably and I've better heard way of, to say that. I've heard that. of this on. Have I listened to Twip or what's the other show that you recommended? To oh, me? the Eclectic Gamers. Maybe podcast. it was on Eclectic yes, Gamers with, with with Dennis uh, Dennis Creasel, uh, Dennis Creasel, and uh, and Tony. His I, I'm glad, Tony. I mean, I'm glad I've got you because I am I'm terrible with names. Yeah, and uh, Den, I would not have Dennis and Tony. I would. Uh, you what you did that to me at Grand Old Game Room Expo. Oh, you, it was it was some name and I looked over like Oh, I was, I was pulling them out of here. How air. did you I, I was I looked at you and I was like, I think it was during that after dark special. I was like, yeah. how did you remember that? I, like, I just read the thing. Yeah. I've read it too. I did and you just played it off. <laughs> this is like I know things. So <laughs> I, yeah. I so, I don't get to use that term often, but I use so it. So do you know what a what a what a hoggis is? Um hoggis as I understand it. Is a food that I don't think I would like. Correct. <laughs> I'll just park that there. Yeah, and from it's uh, a food that I don't think I would like. From uh, uh, Wikipedia, yes. Uh, and it's one of the oddest names for a pinball company ever. Almost that, as odd as Deep Root. That's yeah. That yeah. Haggis is a is a savory pudding containing <laughs> sheep's. Pluck, P L U C K, and I understand and that to be the insides of heart, the, liver, and lungs. Yes, exactly. Minced, Thank you. Minced with onion, oatmeal. Uh, that should win you over. Suet and spice, spices and salt. Suet, suet. Yeah, exactly. That'd be great. Uh, mixed with stock, and I assume stock is like. Uh, like the boil, the leftover boilings from having boiled all of that stuff. Yeah, yes. essentially, essentially the um, the cooked the liquid and cooked while traditionally encased 
ready for this? Uh-huh. In a pie? In the animal's stomach. Okay, that's that's it. <laughs> yes. In the inside of the stomach. Yes. So that's that's haggis. Now, I, I can tell you that outside of the oatmeal, I've got no use for any of that. <laughs> and, and trust me, Whitney does love him some oatmeal. I mm-hmm. love oatmeal. I have it every single day. But... Haggis or haggis? Uh, I've I've always heard it as haggis. Oh, have you haggis? Yeah, haggis. Now that you, yep. Yeah, that's how I've always heard it. But uh, anyway, haggis pinball introduces the game Celts, and it looks like an interesting concept because it's going to be a single model where each individual uh, buyer gets to customize their game. But what an odd theme yeah. for a new <laughs> game! I just I do not understand. And it's it's like Celtic games, like I guess Caber Toss and Yes. You know yeah, Caber Toss, thank you. And, and yes. whatever else would fit into traditional that. Scottish Yes. Yeah. yeah. It will yeah, we'll, we'll toss some some trees and 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 uh, everything along those those lines. So that's probably all the news that's that's fit for mention. <laughs> I just uh, I, I just thought it interesting because we're looking at two brand new games from two quote unquote brand new companies, and I'm looking at Retroatomic Retroatomic Zombie Adventureland. That's, and, that's a mouthful. And Celts, which isn't which isn't, but Haggis is questionable uh, questionable <laughs> i'm, I'm going to say unilaterally disgusting but there there's that maybe and, they just got a great sense of humor may, you know something just, and, and may, maybe it's seasoned right you know yeah i, I, I don't, don't know. know but then i look at what stern or jjp or even Spooky's doing or american and or chicago and i'm like I, I i don't i don't i just don't see how this works but I, maybe there's maybe there's a market for that Maybe I just, there is. I don't want to be down on it. I oh just, no, no, I'm not trying to be down. I'm but, just, I'm just trying to call it like I see it. I, and I agree. To, to me, stepping back, I'm like, it's, it's pretty niche hobby. <laughs> yeah. And the, the non-collector market is generally dominated by Stern. Uh-huh. With some inroad to other dealers from yeah. JJP. But it's all fueled by license and, and theme. And, and we all know pinball is hard. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if they uh, more power, oh, to more them. power to them. I no, just no doubt. I, I'm not brave enough to step up and, and, no. and hang my hat on that. So yeah, more power to them. More power to them. I just wonder, does this does this eventually become a Suncoast level scenario? Because I mean, with a theme like Celts, I mean, really, who's your buyer? And and with Deep Root. I, I I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. Yeah. So anyway, I, I would welcome discussion on that. But uh, anyway, Brent, that's it. Uh, there is, unfortunately, uh, there's, uh, there's no, uh, there, there's no, let's say emails or anything like that, that, that came in from a, from a, uh, I guess a feedback perspective. I, I do thank everybody for the Facebook messages and the, and the text and everything. And uh, we'll, we'll pick back up on the, on the, uh, on the feedback and stuff next month. Everybody so. leave us some iTunes reviews. Oh yeah. That do, would be handy. Listening to s- some other shows that I listen to, it almost seems as if you, l- do you leave them on the show in general or at an episode level? No, on the show in general. Okay. Yeah. On the show in general. Cause I want to say that I, I've heard reference on some other shows like that, that do like regular giveaways to kind of elicit a little additional yeah. feedback. Yeah. It almost sounds like, you know, I, I've heard it said, well, this person leaves, a, a, f- 
a, a, a review at, at, at or after every show. So, oh, wow. Okay. So I don't know if a person can do multiple reviews. Maybe, maybe they can. I've never in tried. I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's tied to your iTunes account. Why don't every? Why doesn't everybody out there try and help us figure this out? <laughs> yeah, help everybody us. Everybody leave us an yeah. iTunes help review. Help a brother out. And then on 86, let's go and do it again. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, give it a shot. Give it a and, shot. And do, I, no matter what you think, it's five stars. Yeah, it, always. If, if we do it terribly, we do it five stars terribly. Five, five stars bad. Exactly. So, yes. I, it, iTunes reviews. Yeah. It, it's like Thai food. Five stars is hot. Doesn't matter if you like it or not. It's just hot. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All yes. right, Brent, where can everybody find us? Uh, we can be found, let's see, on iTunes, of course, uh, Stitcher Radio and Podcast, and uh, the Google Play Store. Yes, and uh, social media, we're on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash Broken Token, Twitter at Broken Token, and the website uh, brokentoken.com. Well, Whitney, I'm glad to see you back, buddy. Thank you. It is good to be back, and uh, I certainly I certainly miss sitting down and commiserating and catching up and, and spending your money and all the... Uh, I don't all, miss all that the, part. <laughs> all the things that come with it. Don't You know what? Don't care. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't care. But listen, all, all things being equal, uh, looking forward to the holidays and getting in some uh, some family time and everything like that. And we thank everybody for sticking with us. So we'll say we hope you enjoyed the panel uh, segments this month. We've got more coming up next month. And until then, we'll just say keep your quarters clean and game on. Congratulations, you made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Maybe next episode, they'll actually listen to me for a change. Just go easy on the guys. They don't have a lot to work with, but I know their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, raves, and otherwise, both good and bad. Drop us a line via email at podcast at brokentoken.com. You can also call us at 470-2-CALL-BT. That's 470-222-5528. And leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you, and we might play your message on air in the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broken Token and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Broken Token. Britton and Whitney are always posting content between the official episodes, and it's a great way to stay involved with the show between the shows. You can find our podcast on the iTunes store and on Stitcher Radio. Just search for Broken Token and subscribe to the show. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving us a review on the iTunes store and on our Stitcher Radio page as the reviews help out the show. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, direct show downloads, and expanded show notes for this and every episode. Once again, thanks for listening. The Broken Token Podcast would like to thank the only person on staff who has actual vocal talent, Miss Christy Litzy. And that's me. <laughs> Music for the Broken Token podcast is graciously provided by Mr. Scott Denisi. For more information about his music and the projects that he works on, visit his website at www.scottdenisi.com. Go Team Fiero. Let's launch this ship. <laughs> Here we go. Any more? How did we go here? Okay. <laughs>